Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing? Good, I hope. Um, I know you guys are going to be hearing this in a little bit. So I'm going to get ahead of the curve and wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's November. Everybody's, you know what I call the home stretch of the year. Like, you know, before you know it, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and it's going to be 2020. 2020. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was thinking, you know, I remember when the year 2000 was going to come up. And everybody was worried that there was going to be a collapse because computers didn't know how to handle the year 2000. And I remember, the, and of course, all the crazy movies that came out, uh, you know, doomsday kind of movies. But back then, believe it or not, there was a lot of rumors running around that uh, the economies were going to fail because uh, all these computers that ran banking and all these other uh, structures or, you know, within companies, everywhere, um, just wouldn't know how to handle it. They wouldn't know how to tick over. And uh, and it, it, believe it or not, this was not like a weird fringe thing. There was a solid belief or like a be careful because you never know. And now it's, I want to say, it's 20 years later. It's like, what happened? Uh, 20 years have gone by since that moment and uh, as, as a matter of fact and then in what was it 2016 we had the end of the the, the date of the mind calendar believe which was supposed to be also apocalyptic mm, nothing happened so you know and here we are but anyway let's get to the good stuff uh i am very happy very pleased to bring back a guest which you all thought was great and which i think is great and this is a gentleman by the name of Alan Pacheco. Now, Alan, uh, he's a native of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he's worn many hats. He's a renowned paranormal investigator. He's a journalist, a lecturer, 
a screenwriter and a SAG after actor and an inventor of auto tools. Now, he has a love for baffling yarns and his experience has led him to write about odd historical events and the metaphysical. And he has several books and as a matter of fact, he also has a uh, tour company that provides tours, which I believe is for the last, either the last 30 or 35 years in Santa Fe. Uh, he, if you go to his website, which I visited, you will see so many wonderful testimonials uh, about his tours, about pictures, uh, the ghost tours of, you know, weird, you know, that, that aha picture everybody wants to capture when they go on ghost tours. I mean, just, just to go on that website alone convinces you that he provides such a great tour and so many people uh, find it enjoyable. But anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Let me bring him on. How are you doing today, Alan? Hello, hello, Marlene. I'm doing fine, and thank you for such a nice introduction. And first of all, uh, let me just say to everybody on out there, uh, wishing everybody a upcoming wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, yes. and uh, everybody drive safe. And uh, I'm doing wonderful, Marlene, and I'm glad to be back on your show. Uh, I really enjoyed the last time here. Uh, your questions were were razor sharp. Your input was, oh. was terrific. You're a fantastic host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and no, on the contrary, I, I, I looked forward to having you back as a guest because you definitely, and, and I tried to get him to do his own bio introduction because he's done so many things um, in interesting fields. I mean, besides what we were talking about, the tours as far as paranormal investigations and, and all these different areas because uh, Alan like me, doesn't just consider the paranormal strictly ghost. The paranormal falls under the umbrella of cryptids, uh, UFOs. I mean, that there's a lot of fields that fall under that paranormal thing. But anyway, um, I know that I, I want to let you out because we could go, I could go in so many directions with you. First of all, let me ask you, has anything happened interesting on any of your tours recently, which I know you've been doing them for several years. And I know the last time you know I mean, you, you yourself, you, I remember you mentioned that your family has deep roots there in Santa Fe, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm uh, my, my pedigree, as you would say, <laughs> and this can be, uh, how to say, uh, documented with DNA evidence. Right. It's not going to be like, uh, you know, the phony <laughs> stuff of uh, Senator Warren. Yeah, why well, it really steams me. No, I'm yeah. roughly... Uh, I'm, I'm roughly uh, three-fourths Spaniard, and that side of the family's been here since uh, the 1500s. And on the other side, I'm an American Indian, and uh, they've been here since uh, time immemorial. Exactly. And, and uh, with these two lineages here in Santa Fe, uh, I'm going to, I mean, when you go on my tours, you're going to... Uh, get the skinny, no propaganda. In other words, uh, right. you're going to get stories that've been passed on there. And as far as American Indian, you know, there's going to be you know where we come from, etc. on over here. Uh that's looks like it's going to be Apache and uh again, you know, we, you say, well, which one are you going to be uh well, Chiricahua. Chiricahua, uh, okay. Not Hikaria, not Mescalero. That's yeah. who uh, I mean, that's you know, the, you uh, say, the well, tribe well, that are you from? You are you is that exactly. Yeah, Mangas Colorado, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Geronimo or Geronimo. Yes, yes. Yes. And uh, 
Yeah, yeah. So you know, when people say, "Well, you know, I'm from the UK. Well, are you from Ireland, Scotland? We'll just right. say UK, but you've got a little bit more in, input on me. So I mean, information on me. So yeah, on my tours, uh, we uh, I do ghost tours, uh, history tours. Of course, these are private tours. So uh, if you have a ghost app, a ghost meter, bring it along. I do them during the day mm-hmm. and at night, and I try to tack the tour towards. Uh, the person's interest. In other words, on these tours, there's not going to be any obnoxious strangers. It's your private tour by yourself or with your group, etc. Mm-hmm. And we uh, traipse through Santa Fe. And uh, yes, odd things have happened on my tours and on an investigation since last time we talked. And, uh, uh, you know, Santa Fe or this area, mm-hmm. uh, for many, many reasons, uh, is a vortex for paranormal, for odd history. Uh, for example, uh, uh, here during World War II, uh, this is where history changed as far as the world goes. This is where Soviet spies were able to pick Uncle Sam's pockets clean with the secrets of the A-bomb. So this is hallowed wow. ground for the KGB. Uh, yeah, and of course with uh, the other things that have happened here as far as ghosts here, you have things that are just... Uh, uh, you know, that even Rod Serling would not have been able to invent. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, when you mentioned that area, I mean, they have a lot of, from what I understand, a lot of areas like, you know, you know, with the, the, the Cocopelli and the Gilfs and the, all these drawings and some of these ancient caves are found in that yeah. area, right? I mean, right. this has a, a very long history, that area where Santa Fe is, is situated in. Uh, right, right. And then, of course, you know, historically, like you said, you know, when the Spaniards came in and, you know, in more modern times. But th- there's a very, very deep history there. And I guess that maybe once, every once, because everybody sometimes thinks of paranormal or ghost as more modern, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, gold miners or something like that. And people sometimes forget that these areas uh, there was a lot going on in the land even before then. Exactly. And well, this is one of these, for example, uh, you know, people say, well, Santa Fe, uh, well, it's at the crossroads uh, with all these trails coming on in uh, to this area, and that's what made Santa Fe with all the very best the very worst come to you want to go you know pre-columbian and you want to say well santa fe uh well for example we have this phenomena and and there's these we're on the how to say we're a mile high in elevation even though high desert we got pinon trees and rattlesnakes here uh, we have also uh well on the dorsal fin of the rocky mountains so we get snow as a matter of fact as I'm talking to you, it's snowing outside, and it's roughly about 31 degrees. Wow. And uh, up in the mountains to the east of Santa Fe, these are, we're already a mile high, but even farther on up, you have the Sangre de Cristos. These mountains, I said, is an offshoot of the Rocky Mountain spine there. Mm-hmm. And during the winter time there, the reason they're called the Sangre de Cristos, the Blood of Christ Mountains, is because... Around dusk, uh, with the way that the atmosphere is, the mountains, the mountaintops, have a reddish hue to them. This is as far as the world goes. In other words, it's going to be like something out of Edgar Rice 
Burroughs or, or H.G. Wells uh, right. book of uh, the Martian, uh, how do you say, foliage there in wrecked London of 1898. You have this right. red hue on the mountains, on the snow, on the trees on up there. It's, it's, it's a magnificent uh, look. And you have all of this, I mean, uh, you know, to the south, you can talk about the 33rd degree uh, uh, line that cuts through New Mexico, all this kind of stuff that makes for Santa Fe to be, how do you say, this, uh, you know, vortex for crackpot history, for bizarre paranormal. Uh, yeah, it's it's the light, the ground, the people, uh, you name it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a paranormal deluxe. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that the Santa Fe Trail obviously the Santa Fe Trail, which which is where a lot of people like would trek out west when they were going to California to the gold. I mean, there was a lot of human traffic. It's not only people that settled there, but there was a lot of human activity that went through that area. Um, you know, as far as... Uh, 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 right. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, you went well, on out there. Can right, that, yes, Alenia? yes, yeah. No, Alenia? I thought I had lost you. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, perfect. Anyway, no, what I was going to say is that, you know, sometimes people don't realize that areas like, like let, let's say, Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Trail went through there, which was one of these routes that a lot of settlers or gold miners or, you know, gunmen, whatever, would take on the way out to California because of course and you know when they discovered gold in 1849 in California everybody went out there to make their fortune or to make money from those trying to make their fortune and that kind of activity also a lot of times will spawn uh, is a source for active hauntings uh, and I mean that's why I'm saying as far as the area where you're, it exactly. is so rich in history Yeah. Well, we had the trail, the Santa Fe Trail. We also got the railroad. Mm -hmm. I remember the, you know, the 1930s cowboy films, the Action Topeka Santa Fe, yes. and other trails that come into Santa Fe, mm -hmm. and this became a uh, a place where fast money was made. You had very yes. good people, very bad people, mm -hmm. and at one time Santa Fe was such a okay, no limits town. It had the nickname during Wild West days as the Sodom and Gomorrah of the West. And uh, you had uh, Santa Fe, a mafia here that mm -hmm. ran the area. So if you ever see the movie Young Guns or Young Guns 2, yeah. uh, that's a movie featuring the exploits of Billy the Kid and the Regulators. Right. Yeah, those bad guys that are going down to central New Mexico to rub out Billy and the Regulators, uh -huh. those are hitmen uh, from the Santa Fe Ring or Stooges that worked for the Dolan Murphy gang, which is, you know, bowed the knee to the Santa Fe Ring. Uh -huh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Santa Fe has, you know, gangsters during Wild West days. We've had uh, uh, UFOs of modern time. We've had ghosts from all eras, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, mayhem, be it murder, uh, yeah, brujas. Uh, yes. You, yes, like I say, Santa Fe, it's, it's a cornucopia of, 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 of the oddest of history and, and, and the strangest of the metaphysical. Well, one of, one of the things that I like is that, you know, sometimes, 
you know, you could go and I've and I've gone to on different tours. You know, basically the the person giving the tour will give you information that you could, for lack of a better word, you could Google. But like you said, you know, because I remember we talked about this the last time. You know the real true story that sometimes is only somebody that's a native really knows the background, the the, the backstory to the story that might be out there as to who, what did what, you know, things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, on my tours, and I'll just I'll say, you know, go to Santa Fe Ghost and History Tours dot com, mm-hmm. or you can just say Al Pacheco uh, Santa Fe Tours or Al Pacheco Ghost Tours, whatever, and you'll get to me on Yahoo or Google, etc., mm-hmm. and you'll see all the information there. But on my tours, uh, yeah, you're just not going to get here is the story of where the ghost of Jane X was seen. Uh, yeah. You'll get the historical background of this locale, and of mm-hmm. course, this is going to link to the ghost story that this is where a massacre happened, or this is right. where this gunfight happened, etc., or this is where the oh, Brujas, the witches, the curanderas were. Uh, and yeah. then uh, you'll also get uh, information from my investigations at those locales, and at certain right. places on the tour, I will show you uh, Xerox copies that have been taken, or Xerox copies of pictures that mm-hmm. have been taken through the decades uh, on my investigations or even on tours, because believe it or not, sometimes on my tours at certain places, and this is rare, but it does happen, mm-hmm. and there's proof of that on the website, uh, that uh, people do get pictures of ghosts, of energies. Uh, sometimes uh, at certain places, uh, the batteries will drain in a apparatus, and then we right. leave the area, they'll come back to life. Sometimes they won't. And uh, even at a couple of places, like this, uh, people have been shoved, uh, people have had a hard time uh, breathing. They feel as if they're uh, being not choked, but in other words, having a very hard time swallowing, like something's interfering with their uh, neck area. Mm-hmm. And these are in areas where uh, uh, tradition says that uh, this happened. History says that this happened. And on, yeah, on my investigations, yeah, there is, <laughs> right. I have proof that something happened, has happened there. Yeah. Right, because you've been able to go so many times, like I said. <clears throat> Some places, maybe you're lucky and the first couple of times you'll get something, but sometimes it's being able to go back continuously under different, on different days that you finally re- either see a pattern or just there to catch it. To witness right. it, to experience, which, which you obviously have been able to do. So, um, as far as because uh, I know that uh, I'm sure because I, I see I, you know, I've done tours and you know the majority of people usually are they enjoy it, but you know there's always a skeptic in those groups. There's always somebody there that was dragged along by you know. Have you ever had an experience with one of these diehard skeptics? Something happened to them, and they kind well, of wigged out on you. Well, they didn't wig out on me, but I, well, I mean, uh, okay, well, here's a classic example. I mean, this is, uh, okay, uh, there's, there was this one guy, he was a good guy, but he was a skeptic. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went into this place, this haunted uh, uh, mansion. It's, it's a hotel now. It's called the La Posada Resort, mm-hmm. and that's in Santa Fe. It's an exquisite resort. And I'll give you a little bit of background on it. This, this, Resort has been in existence since what the mid 1930s. Prior to that, it was the mansion, uh, or the the of uh, the Al Capone of uh, Wild West days. This is the man by the name of Abraham Staub, 
and the place is haunted. And uh, the main building is the old mansion, and there's other buildings there that have been remodeled, etc. There. And uh, one of the girl ladies on the tour was staying there at the hotel, and we're doing this uh, tour, and we were able to get on up into the murder room. In other words, Abraham Staub's wife was dispatched upstairs in the Staub suite. Now, the partisans of the Staub family Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 that's not what happened. She just dropped dead or she suicided. In other words, Abraham Staub, his M.O., he's got the hitmen. His fingerprints are all over the Colfax County War, the Lincoln County War. That's when Billy the Kid. And if you talk to any of the old, they're not going to have very nice things to say about Abraham Staub and the Santa Fe Ring. Well, point being is we go on up there into this into this room there. And this room, uh, Julia was imprisoned on up there for five years. Wow. And it's not, it really like, kind of like Jane Eyre, except Jane Eyre was in the cellar. But this upstairs where she was imprisoned by her husband, uh, this... Uh, you know, his captains were able to go up and bring her food every day and clothing. It wasn't Devil's Island. In other words, you have hot and cold, uh, running water, big bedroom, big foyer, etc. But nevertheless, she's up there for five years. But I won't get into why she was isolated and all the shenanigans of that. But she's on up there, and then in uh, May of 1896, you know, it's it's curtains for her. Okay, so we go on up there, and I'm okay. showing this group, this this room, and I'm saying this is where this happened, this and that and that. So I'm always, I've always done my best to be nice to the ghost of Julian up there. Okay. You know, before they went corporate, you know, go on up there, say hello. And, you know, she likes roses. Uh, you know, bring, uh, you know, uh, a vase with a rose on up there. Leave it on the mantle of the fireplace, etc. Well, anyway, so I'm. Oh, I go on in there, I announce myself, etc., and uh, we finish with the tour in this room after, I don't know how many, 20 minutes in there, whatever it was, and uh, I'm on my way on out, and I say goodbye to Julia, and I just blow a kiss into the one of the rooms there, and, you know, nope, I don't see anything, I say goodbye, Julia, and I close the door behind us, and then that man tells the other person, uh, this, this, late, this other lady in the group there, and she said, did you hear that? Uh, no. And after Alan said, uh, goodbye, Julia, there was a female voice that said, goodbye. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, yeah. yeah so that's the most skeptical one yeah, of, of the bunch. And, and, and it, uh, it happens to him. So that's, yeah. you know, I would say, uh, 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 an audio type of confirmation. I've had other yeah. types of uh, uh, situations where uh, people have just gotten very unnerved. I can't believe this. Or, or other people, like in this one area that's close to a property that used to belong to the Santa Fe Ring, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, where uh, stories are that good guys and bad guys, you know, were uh, became fertilizer. You know, they were buried in the six-acre area during Wild West days. This one guy is, uh, uh, you know, he's having a very hard time breathing there. And I said, well, that happens to other people every now and then in this area. Uh, yeah, so I. Uh, other people have taken pictures, and uh, you know, back in the old days of 35 millimeter before digital. Right. I can't believe it. Let me show you this picture here, Alan. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm send a copy of it, and then with computers, people sometimes are able to say, "Well, that wasn't there." Uh, take a look at this in the right. in the in the viewer here, Alan. Look at this. And I said, "Well, we're in a haunted area." 
Exactly. And isn't it for the people that don't know ahead of time? Like, well, you, because you have, you know, you've been through it. So, you know, with due to the spots, but when people come and tell you and you say, I've heard this before, you know, so you know that they're, they're having some type of repetitive experience uh, as, you know, especially when you don't tell them ahead of time. Is what I'm saying, you know, that they tell you, I'm, I'm like that guy, I'm having a hard time breathing or I feel a pressure and you're like, okay, what are the chances that after a while X amount of people are going to describe the same feeling? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't happen. I mean, this would be like, you know, hitting the lottery five right. times in a row or something to that effect. So on, on different places, I, I know a haunted location. I, I won't say anything because I do not want to influence a person and yes. somebody say, well, you know what, that's power of the mind and that's how come this is happening here. So uh, in, in some areas, uh, I'll give you you know, a heads on up and I'll say, okay, you know, con cuidado, you know, and right. I will uh, uh, tell them this is what happens here. And in other areas, I won't. And then something happens and I'll tell them and I say, well, yes. okay, now that this has happened to you, let me show you a photo here that was yes. taken X amount of years ago. And you'll see what I'm talking about in that area where you experience this, this is what happened. Or then, you know, this is what happened, uh, uh, you know, just last year, etc., and just tell them an experience of what happened. So, yeah, uh, on on my tours, this is no, how do you say, uh, you know, uh, surfing the pier area. Mm -hmm. We surf the big waves. So, you know, yeah. bring out your your elephant gun and the <laughs> board and out we go. Yeah. Let me ask you, and and, and I, you know, I, as far as the, the herb, some people call it a ghost story slash urban legend, which is La Llorona. Okay, and I know that it's it's along the same lines as, you know, the Hitchhiker Ghost or Resurrection Mary, where everybody has some version of it. Have you had any experiences with that urban myth as far as any sightings or people talk, telling you that they've had an experience like that? Uh, yes, yes, yes. And, and let me just say, you know, the uh, first of all, Resurrection Mary, uh, that's legit. Uh, right. Now, there's going to be some stories, uh, and for those that don't know about it, that's going to be on uh, uh, Archer Way. That's a town, uh, a roadway mm -hmm. in Chicago, and it's about this uh, ghost that has been seeing since, what, the late 1920s uh, on this road. And uh, there's a cemetery next to this road, Archer. And um, oddly enough, on this here, Marlena, is that the sightings of her have gone down since they've uh, redone, resurfaced, redone the the road. Really? So it's nowhere near as many. Yeah, and uh, so the energy is not, how do you say, as uh, prevalent as what it was with this uh, ghost there. But getting back to La Llorona, mm -hmm. here in this area, uh, that's a confirmation. Uh, La Llorona, for those that don't speak Spanish, uh, that means the crying woman. Mm -hmm. And uh, we could, you know, do hours and hours on this. I'll try to give the, the, the short synopsis on this or try to, uh, but uh, it's a ghost that has been seen here mm -hmm. And there's different versions of her, but this is the legit story of where okay. it happened. And uh, it, it, the, the genesis of this is here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Really? And, uh, yeah, and to uh, the thing about this, it's going to be like Paula Yates of Houston, Texas. In other words, yes. this woman uh, ended on up uh, drowning her children in this water ditch, this water canal here in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's... Uh, off of Canyon Road. That's a road uh, 
east of in the eastern part of Santa Fe. Uh, the, specifically, the place, uh, the, can, the water ditch, the canal is called the Asequia Madre, the Mother Ditch, and uh, sometimes she's known as the Ditch Witch. Now, this ghost has been seen from uh, the headwaters of the Rio Grande, which is southern Colorado, mm-hmm. through New Mexico, Mexico, Texas, where the Rio Grande uh, meanders into the Gulf of Mexico. Right. And ghosts do not have that kind of travel radius. What does have that kind of travel? Well, well, let me back on up. I'm gonna, and this is where I get into a lot of flack with some of the books that I've done or other radio shows that I've done. Uh, this is not a ghost. It's a misidentified energy. I think it's a jinn. Uh, a jinn, you're going to find those in the Mohammedan literature, in the Koran, etc. In other words, it's a shapeshifter. Right. And that is what has been seen. And these shapeshifters are not uh, humanity's yes. friends. They're out to destroy humanity. Mm-hmm. And this shapeshifter, La Llorona, uh, the crying woman, when she, uh, she, at a distance she's uh, very, very beautiful up close. Uh, she's, uh, you know, gosh, sin and death warmed on over, uh, right. a terrible hag from hell. And that's the story of La Llorona here. Yeah, so I've, on my, uh, here, I've done all kinds of, uh, I'd say, investigations on that. And that's how I say there's, it's a, it's a gin and been misidentified. And as far as, uh, every now and then, some people have seen her, heard her. Other people that, you know, they say have disappeared. Right. It was not UFO abduction. It was this shapeshifter, the uh, jinn. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it's, uh, yeah, this is, this is point X. This is bullseye for as far as okay. La Llorona goes, yeah. I didn't know. I did not know that the origins of the Llorona story was there out of Santa Fe. I mean, yeah, I knew it was in the, the southwest. Days. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it goes back to the days of the conquistadors, and okay. uh, yeah, I can, you know, on the tour, I've got many different tours. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I do history tours, I do ghost tours, I do lectures, etc. But I, I get a uh, do a little bit of La Llorona, and sometimes I go into more depth into it, and mm-hmm. uh, other times I'll just uh, let it go. But I'll just say one thing. You see here. Uh, again, too, and this is going off onto a tangent, but you know we're we're surfing the big waves. I, I maintain that there is a stargate, a uh, portal, you know, los los, los portales, uh, mm-hmm. doorways, or, or uh, up uh, or a doorway that moves, that is hidden, that uh, is to the east of Santa Fe in that slang area, uh, the Pecos Triangle, where all these people disappear, right. and this type of uh, doorway that moves around out there in the Pecos Triangle. In other words, it's uh, a takeoff of the Bermuda Triangle, that type of mystery where UFO or craft have been seen, shades. I say that this is like a, uh, the equivalent of the 1966 William Shatner Star Trek uh, wormhole type of thing. In other words, through this doorway that opens and closes, that's where uh, craft can come through, uh, physical craft, also dimensional beings, uh, gosh, you name it. In other words, it's a galactic highway of a doorway. And this goes back to what some of the Mohammedans, or some of the uh, uh, Mohammedan books talk about these doorways that move around in the Middle East uh, where uh, the jinn can come through. 
And that's what I'm saying where the doorway is. And that's how come Santa Fe has so much UFO activity on uh, – yeah, yeah, and again, too. <laughs> we're, we're, right. we're going up and all over the oh, map. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. Keep going. Yeah. It's interesting. I love it. I love it. Um, and because I mean, there is um, there, and, and it's, it's it's really weird because almost one thing ties into the other. Yeah. Um, you know, when you start looking at the, the 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 source of it or where it could go, and sometimes it's like you said, it's not the expected stuff of like like what you said about. That the Yorona is in fact a shapeshifter, because you know most people think of the Yorona, the Yorona as an urban myth where sometimes she, like you said, she takes people or she's like a kind of like in a way a banshee. Like if you see her, it's like she's saying you know somebody's gonna die. You know, there's there's always, but very few ever refer to her that I know of as a shapeshifter, right? Like right, you yeah. did. Which, which would also explain, like you said, well, that, that, how she's seen all over such a wide area. Right, yeah, and the thing about that is, you know, uh, shapeshifter. Uh, again, too, uh, some of the things that are, how you say, I uh, that other people. Well, okay, for example, I, I, you know, that movie that came on out that made a ton of money, La Llorona. Well, okay, mm-hmm. that's um, okay, yeah. that's. They did it in such a way, but there's really no, how do you say, uh, uh, gosh, they did it for chills and thrills. There's really right. no, uh, actually, historical background in how they did that movie. And I've yet to see something that really does, how do you say, go into depth about the story and about what has been reported here. For example, uh, all right, uh, The World According to Alan, and there's a few other people that agree with me on this, uh, uh other things that are identified as that this is a physical being or this is a ghost. It's not a ghost. Again, it's a shapeshifter. Right. For example, uh, and I've changed my mind on this. For example, the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. that is not a being. That is another shapeshifter that comes through. And uh, uh, another thing is also the Skinwalkers. And we have a number right. of those sightings there in northwest New Mexico. And right. I don't know if we went into this last time, and you mm-hmm. can cut me on off and say, no, no Alan, this no, is... Okay, for example, uh, there in northwest New Mexico with the Navajos, mm-hmm. uh, they were, uh, when they ended up getting uh, conquered by the uh, U.S. Army, in other words, these uh, the Navajos were the best slavers around. I mean, they, they had all kinds of uh, uh Slaves for be it you know nomadic Indians that they would right. sell uh, these sold Spaniards Mexicans Americans you name it and that's what got them in trouble and okay. uh, they're very they're very good capitalists now they went from one <laughs> one one form of of, of, of capitalism to another one right it with, with their beautiful rugs yeah and uh, so uh, when they were finally conquered in 1864 uh, some of the chiefs there said hey you know what leaves our medicine men behind here because there is uh, doorway, doorway, portaleses, door, doorways that uh, that move around on over here and open, and this is where we get the uh, skinwalkers coming in on there. We don't want to have any more of these on in here. Okay. And he said, nope, everybody is going down to Fort Sumner, and you are going to become Americanized. So they were sent down there, and that's the Trail of Tears, and then uh, a few years uh Later, uh, they were sent on back. And then you're saying to yourself, well, how come I'm on up here, uh, you know, with, with my tribe because of the slave? There was Indians enslaved other Indians, and that's how come right. I ended on up on over here as being one of the, or my ancestor being liberated, etc. So, uh, uh, 
uh, we get back there, and the story is into the Four Corners area, since those uh, Navajo medicine men were gone, mm-hmm. that all of these uh, skinwalkers have uh, are now roaming about. So now they've been having a heck of a time since that time to send them on back or try to, how do you say, keep them in check. But that's one of the reasons why you have uh, the phenomena and uh, evil tidings up in that area. For Let me example, ask you this, from, from what I understand in that that uh, among the uh, the Indians in that area, you, they don't even want to talk about skinwalkers. Like it's like you get the stink eye if you bring up that subject. Like I'm not talking about that because right, they're because so afraid of it. Yeah, because they're saying to yourself, well, you know what? I could end on up how do you say ringing the dinner bell uh, mm-hmm. for this because. And again, too, you say so. Why is that? Because of. Uh, all the negative things that are happening on up there that are happened on up there mm-hmm. and uh, you say to yourself well gosh the murders the alcoholism this kind of stuff why even try to how do you say uh, get, uh, give fear or give that emotion that may perhaps these things can pick on up on to come on over to a person's right. house and cause more mayhem and and for example I was where I was going on this how is this for coincidence and again, okay. too, you know, the, the old line is, uh, is there such a thing as coincidence? I don't believe in coincidence. Well, the, of all the roads to build that what went north of Gallup into Utah, into the Four Corners area, into the heart of Skinwalker territory, right. was old U.S. 666. <laughs> right, because yeah, this is a matter of fact, the Skinwalker ranch is up, up there in the, the Utah Basin. It was called that, w- that was labeled and you go to the old atlases you know Rand mcnally and that was highway 666 and people would see things what was that and uh, was that a skinwalker what there's been terrible car accidents uh, yes. all kinds of things on up there so yeah that's uh, uh that just goes to show you a little bit about how to say the energy of these things of uh, uh well what they can bring if they cross your path you know what, for, for those people that think that thing about the 666, whether it's, you want to call it superstition, back in the 1980s, I worked for a major corporation who happened to have a huge building numerically as 666. And everybody would refer to it after a while, it's a 666 building. Guess what? After a while, they petitioned the county to change the number of their building. And this was a big corporation that you think, okay, right. why would they care one way or the other? You know, you can accuse people of being superstitious as far as, you know, what does that mean? But, yeah, uh, I want to say like in the 1990s, they went to the county and said, we, you know, I, we need you to alter the, you know, the plans or whatever. You know, they, they're the ones that assign, you know, numeral, you know, the, the numbers to a building. Uh, give us something else, not the 666. Thing. Right. And they did. They changed it. Uh, so I understand completely what you're talking about when you say that that highway, uh, it's weird, but you have all the highways, that one. And to go into an area that has had, you know, through the centuries, all kind of mayhem, and you're just adding more to it. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the, the joke is, 
uh, or bad joke, but I find it kind of humorous, is that's where uh, you see that uh, the hitchhiker, you know, from the Twilight Zone, uh, going my way. Uh, right. If you ever see him on old Route 66, uh, right. you know, wanting to go up to Highway 666, don't stop and don't give him a ride. Right. And that, that, that uh, Twilight Zone episode with, gosh, what was her name? Uh, the character's name was Nan something or other from Philadelphia. Uh, Orson Welles did the original one mm-hmm. uh, on a suspense theater back in the 1940s. And, right. of course, that uh, the hitchhiker uh, is seen on old Route 66. But nevertheless, when you get to Gallup, uh, you had the choice there of, you know, taking... Route 666 or continue on with a double six to get to uh, Los Angeles. And, and yeah. you know something else, Marlena, on, on that there, too, just show you about, a little bit about this area here. And we're talking about the strange things, you know, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and all of this is uh, also the number 33. And again, too, uh, this area has so much, how do you say, uh, stuff doing to it, how do you say, uh, sinister numbers or right. sacred geometry. For example, the number 33, and I really don't understand this, and I've been try- studying this to, for uh, not as much as I, I don't have time to really do that anymore, and unfortunately the guy that uh, uh, knew a lot about this, he died about 25 years ago, and I was only able to talk to him for a little bit, but uh, number 33, for example, okay, um, okay uh, to clarify this, for example, with the uh, Masons, mm-hmm. the top of the line of the pyramid is going to be the 33rd level. Right. And with that 33rd level, you don't get to that level or into that club by uh, deeds, like you know, being a good Shriner and helping out at a burnt ward yeah, no, uh, no. in a hospital. or something. You, you got, it's, it's, you're picked to get on up there. People right. say, it's old boys network, whatever. Okay, yeah. well, anyway, there is something about that number 33. And, of course, with the Meridian and how it comes on into the USA, that's going to go through, what, Charleston, South Carolina, and that's mm-hmm. going to be where the first Masonic temple was. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that uh, the Masons do a lot of good. Right. Uh, you know, the first, the 32, uh, from number one to number 32 level, 33rd level, I, it's so, so top secret. Who knows what goes on there, good mm-hmm. and bad, or bad and good, on and on. But the thing about that is is that uh, secrecy, I'm always... Uh, uh, suspicious about. Anyway, yes. getting back to this meridian, so we go through the 33rd, and as it, you can have X amount of, you know, on the 33rd, you can be X amount of seconds to the north of the 33rd, X amount of minutes to the north of the 33rd, or to the south of it, etc., but you're on the 33rd meridian. Well, yes. where does the 33rd meridian go through? Okay, Dallas, Texas, Dealey Plaza. Okay, that's where uh, the USA uh, had the coup d'etat when JFK was assassinated. Exactly. A lot of people really don't uh, put too much stock into that, no. but that's where everything went smash as far as the uh, secret society, the invisible hand, uh, right. taking on over the U.S. government. Yes. And what happened in Dealey Plaza? That's where you have the three highways coming on in, you know, uh, through Dealey Plaza. Okay, wow. that was the shock to the American uh conscience. Yes. Uh, in other words, there, there's a, like a living, breathing American spirit yes. that people, that, uh, okay, and you keep on going, going to New Mexico. Okay, remember I told you uh, X amount of seconds, minutes, you're still on the 33rd meridian. What does the 33rd meridian go through? Okay, Trinity, New Mexico. Oh, and what happened at Trinity, New Mexico in July of 1945? That's where the first atomic bomb went off. 
bang. Wow. And then that's going to change, how do you say, the uh, outcome of world history, right? And what does Trinity mean? Trinidad, the, you know, the yeah. three, right? Three, exactly. You know, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, right? That's what we got there. Now they say the Holy Spirit. Okay, what's also on the 33rd? Hang on to yourself, Marlena. Roswell. Wow. Walker Air Force Base. Yeah, 1947, July 3rd, July 4th, depending on which, if it was 11.30 at night or 1.30 in the morning, that's where a UFO went down. It was either, you know, crashed or got shot down or who knows what, but it went down at, oh, you know, there on the 33rd. And uh, then keep on going and go across the Pacific. And I didn't realize this when I was in Japan, but uh, uh, the 33rd, well, flanking the 33rd meridian is Hiroshima and Nagasaki, wow. the two cities that got taken on out by the atomic bomb on the 6th and 9th of August, 1945. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and, and here's, here's something else, too, about the 33rd. You know, the only club in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, that you're able to uh, drink liquor, you know, booze, you know, wine, mm-hmm. whiskey, whatever, beer, that's the top secret Club 33 in Disneyland, and you, and you can only get into it by, uh, it's a private club, uh, you can only get into it, you know, by invitation. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, and it makes you wonder what are the qualifiers, right? Yeah, yeah, and then of course you know you go into more of this kind of stuff about uh, Disney uh, being yes. taken on over by black ops after World War II, so it became yes. this propaganda machine, and how yes. it's twisted Americans' morality since the uh, mid '70s onward. Yeah, all, all this kind of stuff. But uh, it's yes. amazing. We're talking about the numbers and the power of numbers, and we and again too what we've got here in New Mexico. We're talking about Santa Fe, and uh, I thought throwing the six 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 and the and, yes. and the double three. Well, no, and also when you said that. Um... That Route 666 that heads into Utah, that's where the Skinwalker Ranch up there in the Ute Basin is out right. of up there where they've had, well, now that it's they've kind of tamped down on people going in there, but some of the phenomena that they described that was going on there was pretty extreme. Right. And that kind of extreme phenomena has happened um, not only up there at uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, which Bigelow bought, mm-hmm. uh, but also the... Uh, uh, in and around Santa Fe. For example, uh, let me just say something here about, again, too, putting more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle onto the table here. And again, you know, if anybody has any information about this, go to my website, SantaFeGhostInHistoryTours.com, and you'll find a link so you can email me. But again, mm-hmm. uh, Bi- uh, what's his name? Bob Bigelow, uh, he bought that ranch. And you know right. that Bob Bigelow is one of the main men who is, how to say, private contractor to NASA. In other words, yes. he is uh, doing all kinds of things with the satellites and yeah. other types of things. And you say to yourself, well, okay, this guy, uh, what's going on there at the ranch that he bought? Exactly. Was there some type of uh, Stargate portal? Who knows what? And he wants you know, more inside information on this. So, uh, yeah. again, too, again, too, that's not coincidence. He wanted that. He oh, no, no, that's, study it. that's the thing. He didn't open it up for... Like to on the contrary, from what I understand, they have very heavy security surrounding yeah. the area. Uh, mm-hmm. Like from what I understand, extreme security, like no trespassing, and so it wasn't like oh, I purchased this to like run tours. For example, I'm gonna make it a money making thing. No, he's cleared. He doesn't want anybody on there. He's got tight security. Nobody's even allowed to come close to it. 
And I, from what I understand, I don't know how accurate this is, part of it was because some of the phenomena had diminished. Right. And I guess yeah. he was hoping that by making everybody, no people or very little people, they would be able to have it come back. And again, which leads to what you were saying, there's something there that he wants to have access to only only for himself, in other words. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you know, he's being a good businessman. He's also being a good, uh, the man who would be king type of uh, yes. stuff there. And again, too, I, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's better that he has it rather than pull hot, you know, the dictator of Cambodia or somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but uh, you say to yourself again, too, he's linked to uh, uh, NASA. And, you know, and then again, there's other stories, too, about just how much did Howard Hughes, uh, how much was he linked to NASA, too, with some of the stuff, be it the intergratron and other types of things that uh, his... Uh, personal pilot ended on up uh, the property, him buying there, uh, what is it, west of Zizix, there with the uh, Intergratron there in, in uh, Mojave. Uh, but yeah, but there, there's these places where uh, it can be very, very hot as far as energy mm -hmm. goes, and uh, it can still be hot, or it goes completely dormant, or it's sporadic, yes. and what hits these tripwires, who knows what. Like one place that was, how do you say, uh, had incredible phenomena as far as the missing goes, uh, that would be the, and then it went cold, would have been the Bennington area, the Bennington Triangle in the late 40s, early 1950s. And now that place is, is dormant. Uh, and, yeah, so, yeah. Where, where, where does places, that uh, uh, Bennington Triangle like, lie, Alan? Where is that? What, I'm sorry. What, what, are the points on the, what, what are the points on that Bennington Triangle? Well, uh, they're going to... Okay, it's going to be outside of Bennington, Vermont. That's a, mm -hmm. a, a town where they have that tr tremendous uh, uh, revolutionary uh, pillar, right. magnificent thing there. And there's going to be the long trail that it encompasses, and it's going to be going out past the Somerset, Somerset Reservoir. Uh, I don't have the ex Okay, right. it's going to include Glastonbury Mountain. I... I don't have the exact geography on it, but if for those people in the Northeast or those people listening, you know, okay, go to uh, uh, go to the Rand McNally and find the Glastonbury Mountain, the Somerset uh, uh, Hill Mountain uh, Reservoir, the uh, Long Trail, and that's the area that I'm talking about. And uh, for example, uh, the vanishings are just as, as, as unique as what's happened. Or, or as perplexing as what's happened up in the Pecos Triangle. Uh, for example, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the woman's name uh, who, she came from a very, very wealthy family, uh, and this is in 1946, and she was a student there at the university there in uh, uh, Bennington, and mm -hmm. she just walked up that trail on December the 6th, 1946 and she just disappeared and her body was never found uh, no bones no clothing and uh, the thing about this is that uh, her father had a tremendous amount of money uh, I think her, her name was right. Weldon uh, was it Jane Weldon uh, anyway her, her father uh, no Apollo Weldon I think Jane Weldon is from the go goes right the, the 19 well you know also what i thought it was interesting is that you know that 
back in the 1930s, Lovecraft set a lot of his stories out of that, in, in, in that area of Vermont. Well, were, you're absolutely right. Sister, I do not know what that guy was channeling. <laughs> he he, he got something there, yeah. And, 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 and Lovecraft, I mean, that guy, yeah. he was out there, and he had some good stuff. I mean, I, I still, I think Edgar Allan Poe is my... Uh, is the best. He's my fav as far as that goes. But uh-huh. Lovecraft, he's he's on up well, there. But he was yeah, but, talking but, about that disappearances in Vermont and how these towns or people, weird people, and also strange disappearances. And he had this whole thing going on long before. You know what I'm saying? Even though it, supposedly right. he made it up in his you know in his mind, but it's almost like what is it that they call you know life imitating art, uh, kind of thing. No, I. Uh, Art imitating life, in his case. Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. Uh, was he, yeah. Yeah, not to say something about, you know, uh, Paula Weldon. Her father was a, a, a industrialist. I mean, he made a ton of money during World War II. And I don't think they had this, uh, the, the state police were not been formed in, in Vermont mm-hmm. back then. And um, anyway, she disappeared. And this guy was so powerful that he was able to uh, get the FBI to investigate this disappearance. And again, right. too, I mean, uh, the FBI, and, well, I, I say, a, you know, uh, the FBI, you know, has got a slack wire record since 1963, I mean, because, you know, with Hoover and them saying that it's Oswald was a loading gunman, I mean, you know, gotta, right, you know come right, on, give me a break. Right. But back then, 1946, these were the guys that uh, sure. were uh, trying to uh, keep uh, industrial bases safe from Nazi saboteurs in the mm-hmm. East Coast area. So, you, you know, for these guys to not even become clueless and, and not come up with any evidence of what happened uh, to Paula Weldon, uh, that speaks volumes. I mean, the, you know, the, the, uh, you've got an area, let's comb it, uh, we're going to come up with some type of information. And it's not like, how do you say, like with, you know, Dallas 63, where they come up with a bunch of information, but right. then it gets squelched. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, that, that place is, is, is uh, say, a uh, had all kinds of uh, weird phenomena for, what am I going to say, for what, for eight, nine years, etc. Right, and because it was it only like dormant. a certain, it was only like certain years that all these things happened, like mostly, right? It was like, it wasn't like a history, it was like certain years only that, that they had the disappearances. Right. Uh, 46, I think, through uh, 53. Okay. And I think the last, uh, gosh, the last... Uh, Disappearance was with, uh, gosh, what was her name? Frida, gosh, what was her name? Um, Frida Langer. And I, Frida Langer was, uh, this was another one, I mean, another beyond belief type of story. Mm -hmm. So she and her husband, and I guess it's her brother-in-law or whoever it was, they go camping, and uh, the husband ends on up building a camp there, and this is October of, I missed, I think, like, 53, and uh, the brother-in-law and the Frida go for a, ha- a hike up this trail, so they're coming, they're, they start to go on up the uh, this trail, she slips, gets her, her 
gets a little bit wet in this in this brook, mm-hmm. so she's going to uh, walk back to the trail there. So I think it was the brother-in-law walks her like within 200 yards. Okay, I can sign off. Yeah, you know, you're right there, just around right. the corner. There's the campsite. So he takes back on off on up the trails. So when he comes back, what is it? Maybe at dusk. Uh, where's Frida? Well, I thought she was with you. You mean my wife's not with you? No. Well, did she come back to the camp? No. So uh, they have uh, they go to the authorities, and I, both of them what passed their lie detector, well, whatever primitive detector test right, they had back right. in those days, and they have a, a search there, and they search and they search and they search, and no Frida, no nothing, and then six months later, in a place that they've already searched. Uh, somebody finds Frida's decomposing uh, body there in, in, in right. this one area. In other words, how could this place that had been searched and uh, searched right. and searched and searched, and then they find her body in a you know it was you know like got beamed down again or something, and right. uh, one of her hands was missing, etc. And uh, people say, well, that could have been an animal or whatever. But now, I mean, uh, yeah, that's the, the type of thing that they had there. For example, this one other guy. And I'm going to say this like in 48. His name was Middy's River. He was mm-hmm. a guide. and He was in his 70s. And uh, he's leading this group down this trail uh, to, gosh, the Bennington area. And uh, I, guess it's, I guess it's the long trail. And eventually this trail goes all the way out up to uh, Canada. Uh, but uh, he's ahead of the group there, and uh, he, he doesn't – what happened to him? And uh, – all they find on that trail is a bullet that could have, you know, dropped from his uh, belt, uh-huh. uh, but nothing there. And they've never ever found, again, body, clothing, right. bone uh, of this guy. And they said, well, he had, he knew the trail. He was a backwoodsman, and of course, yes. skeptics. Well, he had a heart attack, and he ran on off into the del- uh, with in delirium and. Uh, fell into a uh, well. You know, well, that's really kind of... Uh, yeah, it's far-fetched, uh, isn't it? Yeah, far-fetched. I mean, all these people disappearing on, on up there. And that's kind of like the equivalent of what happens over here in the Pecos Triangle uh, east of Santa Fe. And again, too, uh, you know, what is it? It's a combination of a lot of things. Of a doorway opening on up, you've got mm-hmm. gin, you've got ghosts, you've got dimensional beings, you've got right. E.T., uh, yeah, you name it. Right. Is it one of those things that was it intentional that they were taken, or was it one of those things, wrong place, wrong time, when an or- well, portal know, opens and there you, you know, are? Gosh, yeah, one of the things about that was, you know, I, I heard this back in, what, in the 1960s, and it always stayed in my mind, was that there was this rock that moved around on up there in the Bennington Triangle. It looked like a, oh, it, was a, it wasn't a rock. In other words, it's uh, the rock, the best way that the, Indians of that area, I, I forget what tribe it was going to be, but they're going to be an offshoot of the Algonquin, mm-hmm. would say that, uh, uh, you know, the rock would absorb you. So is this kind of like, how do you say, the way that you would say, like, it's going to be a mirror, a doorway, a portal, a portal, mm-hmm. uh, and, you, you know, if you lean on it, you fall on into it, or does right. something come on out of it and get you, or that kind of thing. In other words, this... It's going to look just like a regular door, but it's, uh, right. you know, and I always, that always, uh, it always, that always stayed in my mind. Uh, I said, you know, even, again, once again, you know, Rod Serling uh, couldn't come up with that one there about something that moves around that's going to, yeah. you know, absorb you or take you from there. Right. Perfect.
camouflage of a door. Right, and and the timing sometimes I mean, is, is important. You know that 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 it has to be under maybe at a certain date or certain situations for that to happen. That's why you'll have people well, yeah, that will go through the, the area and they, yeah. they're fine. Right. For example, with when uh, Jane Weldon, not Jane Weldon, I got the go-go's on my mind, you know, uh, our, <laughs> our sealed holiday uh, vacation song. Yeah. Okay. The thing about that was uh, she was going on up this trail and the story goes that there was some hikers a couple hundred yards behind her. And this is the long trail outside of Bennington. And uh, she goes behind this big rock where the trail goes, and of course, when those two hikers, the man the, and the woman, the husband and wife, turn around the corner, they should be able to see her you know, a couple hundred yards still ahead of them, or, and she's not there. So well, that was really strange. Where did, that ha- where did she go? And again, too, I mean, you, know, just, uh, uh, you have this uh, person who uh, you should be able to see, and uh, in that X amount of what? minute or so, whatever it was, or a couple of minutes exactly. of them uh, going those couple hundred yards, or 200 yards at the most, and she's gone. And that's kind of like what it is with a UFO. You see them, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, gosh, like in two seconds, they just get a, a shot straight on up into the stratosphere, and they're gone. You can see one, and then bang, they're gone, and right. just go straight on up. Or if you sometimes, if you see a ghost, uh, well, where did it just go? It just it just blinked on out. It just well, vanished. Um, you know, David Politis, he's done a lot of this number crunching uh, as far as data is concerned for all these disappearances. And, you know, uh, and I know he, and, and he's very specific about saying I excluded, you know, people that were suicidal or predation of animals. So, and one of the last things I had heard, because on and off, I've heard, you know, different interviews that he found that a large majority of people that were had disappeared were of german extraction and i was like what is that you know that's so weird but sometimes you look at these common denominators and they don't make sense it's like how would i mean what are the odds that you're gonna have first of all these disappearances like exactly like what you described people that are lost from sight just for seconds and then once you start collecting the data that you find this pattern and German extraction, it's like, that's weird. That is really weird. Okay. Well, let me say something about, and I'm going to throw some shade here. Go right um, ahead. <laughs> uh, Pilates, uh, or Pilates, how do you say? I, you know, that guy, okay, uh, some of the stuff that he gets is, is, is right on. But, uh, you know, he... Uh, for example, um, when he wrote about the missing on up here, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I contacted him, and you know, very you know, snarky. Well, maybe you know some things that I don't know, and okay. I was giving some information about this one specific miss uh, happening that happened up up here, what 1948, 47, whatever it was, right? Uh, up in, and 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 then again to uh, uh, the guy. Okay, some of his, for example, he did, uh, he did something about Mel Natal, and he did something about another mis- uh, person missing, or other missing on up here. So okay. I said, well, you know, I, I do all kinds of research on up there. Uh, you can and go onto my website, and you can see this, Marlena. You're going to see me doing for searches, for okay. uh, uh, investigations, etc. on up there, and with equipment and stuff like this. So he just kind of, how do you say, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
well, he wasn't, yeah, snarky about things. And uh, uh, some of his information is, is, is good. Others is really slack wire. And said, no, you didn't get this. Here's, here's the, and I'm not, this was not, this was to help him. I said, do you have any information? Maybe, you know, uh, uh, here's this, here's that. And uh, anyway, so he, if he's right about German extraction, then wow, because that's one of the things that I was always trying to uh, calculate with my figures about is there any authenticity? Is it a uh, special type of uh, uh, blood? Uh, you know, right, right, you right. Know, was, uh, there, what, what, was there a physical something? Yeah, uh, you know, is it something rare, uh, AB negative, what was the, you know, the, uh, right. the uh, O, pot, whatever it was, and uh, is uh, it's time of the year, and mm -hmm. all kinds of, of stuff that, and, yeah. and, and I couldn't come on up with. So if he says it's going to be German extraction, uh, I kind of don't, I, I'm, I'm going to say, well, if he's, you know, I'll be if he's if he's correct, then hoorah. But I so far I have not come on up with uh, in, in in my research that that's a, a fact. Now, one of the things about uh, German extraction, and again mm -hmm. too with some of these things, and this is very very interesting. Right. And this goes back to der Volk, the you know uh, the the German word you know for the people, and mm -hmm. about uh, fool society, and that they are uh, a different type of people, and. Uh, uh, well, that's there may be something to that as far as if you really go into their mythology and some people say, oh, that's just a bunch of lies. But if you right. go back into how the Germans are, uh, the Teutonic, uh, they are a completely different people uh, as compared to the rest of Europe. You say, well, that can you can apply that to the right. Italians, to the Spaniards. No, as far as who the Germans are and how they've retained their uniqueness, and it doesn't matter if. Uh, who, uh, through their history, be it with the Romans trying to conquer them or the Romans right. conquering part of them, they were always der Volk, the Germans, and the way that they have this uh, work ethic and their logic. Now, their logic at times can go to extremes. For example, in, with their race cars in the 1960s, right. I mean, they're trying to make their cars lighter, and you get to the point with the uh, suspension and the springs, well, you know, this plastic's not going to work. You're going to need steel. That's how come your, yes, your, your, right. your, your, your wish bones are breaking on the car. Right, you're here. sacrificing one thing that you can't sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's, it goes back to like the World War II technology. Okay, that you have fantastic quality on the tank, but you don't need to be this over-engineered. Uh, you're going to need uh, quantity. But, but you know, uh, thank God that they were not able to uh, get that idea and produce, mass-produce the Tiger tanks, like, because uh, uh, these were, I mean, they were just fantastic machines. But uh, the point being about that is the Germans are, 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 are unique, and there's a lot of people here in the United States that do have uh, German names. A lot of brave farm right. boys from Germany immigrated on over oh, to yeah, the U.S. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were masses. Uh, they, they, there were waves of certain groups of um, of immigrants, and Germany had definitely, you, there's a lot of states that were populated by certain groups, among them Germans, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not really too sold on that idea well, about that. And... Uh, this and again, is the too, thing. going back to some of the things that I've uncovered and the way that he was with, you know, how I tried to contact him and tell him a few things and the way that he responded. And then on another uh, something about the book there, uh, the guy, uh, uh, maybe I just got him on a couple of, well, I don't know. Well, no, I'm not going to 
let him off the hook. I'm going to say, okay, I've got a jaundiced eye to that idea. Okay. Well, let's. Well, and, and this is the thing, you know, because he was. Uh, he's done a lot of, you know, he's. I mean, he's done several books, and you know, of course, it went just beyond simple. To, he's got. He's done some on hunters, and people have disappeared, and you know, and and like I said, I'm sure that gathering this information is very time consuming. But when I heard this thing about the Germans, I was like, how does how could he determine that? Because, you know, unless it's a very recent disappearance, I mean, I've done research myself, newspapers back in the 40s and 50s and what, and you could go, you know, where are you assuming that this person is of German extraction because of a surname? You know, right. that's maybe the closest you're going to get as far as information about this disappearance they'll have the names of the parents or the family but still that's you might not be on the right track in other words what's the qualifier i mean how much could you say of all these people that you could say the bulk of them seem to be of german extraction how right did, how did you find yeah, that and then you know yeah yeah and then the thing about that yeah and that's again you know the slack wire research on on, on you know saying well Gosh, you know, like this one guy, you know, uh, 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 down south in Dixie, it gets hot. Well, I mean, you just, you just, you know, down south in Dixie, right. yeah, you know, you, and and what he's gonna, and my point being about this is, he was gonna say, well, okay, Germanic name, well, okay, Anglo, Anglo-Saxon yeah. or Anglo-Saxon, that's gonna be an offshoot of of, of a German of, of of Nordic name, okay, because right. English names. Uh, the Angles are, 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 were a German tribe. The, the yeah. Saxons uh, were a German tribe, and they ended on up in England. That's where you get the term Anglo-Saxon. Right. Uh, and the thing about this is you can say, well, the name Weldon, that's German. Well, yeah, but this, this was an English Weldon. But, okay, right. it's going to the same thing with uh, the name of, uh, gosh, uh, Jepson or, yes. uh, okay, well, maybe uh, – uh, Tedford. Well, I mean, okay, those are again could be Anglo-Saxon names, but uh, again, too, then that's going to be uh, linked towards the um, uh, uh, German uh, stock. Now, Eisner, you know, that is uh, Der Reich. That's a name from the Reich, and that was a person that uh, disappeared up there. All these na- names right. I just gave you were people that disappeared up in the Bennington Triangle. So, with that, um, I, I gosh, I, I've heard some people say, well, you know, it's it's this authenticity or that authenticity, and so so far I have not no. uh, uh, been able to uh, you know become Sherlock Holmes and say aha. Uh-huh, well, or, you know, or Archimedes Eureka. For example, like he, he says that a lot of the children that are stolen have some disability. Well, I'm saying stolen, disappeared, whatever. And I could say, okay, you know, I could see how that would be. You could verify that because most newspapers would mention something if a child had some type of disability, especially. When they were in the searching phase, like this child, okay, I could see how after you collect all this information, you go, wow, guess what? Most all these children had some type of disability. Okay, because that's usually mentioned. But the the lineage, uh, that's the part I don't see how he was able to gather that information. Right. And, and I'll say one thing on that that just, uh, and again, too, uh, if anybody has any information on this, mm-hmm. uh, let me know. And I'm going to give my website again, SantaFeGhostInHistoryTours.com. You can email me. But one of the things that we're talking about, uh, you know, trying to uh, make, how do you say, kind of like a blanket statement that's going to uh, uh, 
last, it's going to hold on up, mm-hmm. is about UFOs as far as the cigar-shaped type of craft. Right. Now, the past 20 years, the classic cigar-shaped craft have been uh, redesigned, or, or, or maybe it's a new alien race, right. but it's more of, how do you say, like a uh, flattened mm-hmm. uh uh, way, uh, like uh, wafer, uh, oblong wafer type of craft with, uh, with some uh, structures like on the right-hand side of the craft there. Now, uh, the classic cigar shape, th- those are very rare. I mean, the last that we've really seen of them was well, like about 20 years ago. But the thing about that is uh, about the cigar type of craft, be it the, the oblong wafer or the uh, uh, old classic cigar craft, is that they would be seen like over major highways, uh, vehicle arteries, or overpopulated areas. Uh, And you say to yourself, well, why why is that are are they looking for something or right. uh, is, is is you know how is that come it's over, out over old route 66 is that out over this uh, small town in new mexico uh why is are, are these craft uh, seen versus other craft that are seen you know geez, out in the middle of nowhere or something or over the ocean or who knows what but as compared to these craft there. So that, that's just one thing that kind of, how do you say, I jump to as far as we're talking about uh, broad uh, uh, ideas about it just being uh, Germanic uh, type of people. But th- then again, too, I'll say something about uh, the Germans and, again, full society and some of the stuff that happened before and during World War II. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible that the Germans, through their magic, and a lot of people modern uh, history books will just reject this but if you go deep into this right. uh, with the occultism of the Nazis yes. Yes. that they were channeling something that they had linked into something that right. maybe gave them some tips about rocketry and about some right. of their technology uh, World War II because if you get into uh, the mythology the ethos the, the, the religion of Nazism yeah. and the, the black sun the swastika in other words they're trying to into something right right and, uh, and, and a lot of people I know think well they just have a lot of smart scientists I'm not gonna say no but yes but they were just as as much as they were into science they were very very uh, deep into occultism and n- discovering stuff that was I mean from ancient times forward exactly yes yes and one of the things too about that is you get into the occultism and uh, the branches of Luciferian mm-hmm. that sparked the, uh, uh, that was the bedrock of, of, of Nazism. Yes. In other words, I'm trying to think of the guy who was, in other words, who uh, financed uh, Nazism and ended up getting this other guy to be like the handler of uh, Adolf Hitler and got Hitler going. And right. the thing about this is, for example, uh, Aleister Crowley, the most sinister man uh, to, or one of the most sinister men to walk the world. He was a witch, a Luciferian is, uh, Luciferian. Uh, Yeah, he had, he was there, uh, you know, back and forth or on the edges of these other uh, groups there in uh, Germany before uh, everything went smash. And, and, uh, and on this, you know, about what were they channeling, what did they get, you know, and some of the things that uh, von Braun, the father of rocketry for the mm-hmm. Nazis, said and about uh, some of the uh, 
you know, supposedly help that he got from right. parts unknown. Uh, I always found this very, very fascinating. And, uh, for example, Crowley, uh, you know, he was his own publishing company with all the stuff that he's, he's written right. or wrote, I should say. And in one of his books, and I forget the title of it, he says that when he was doing one of his seances there in Long Island, New York, and I'm going to say this is like in 1913 or maybe 1917 or something of that effect, right. he, uh, he opened on up this portal through demonic sex magic or whatever, and don't anybody do that. I'm not you know, right. you're just dooming yourself. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, and this creature, he saw this creature, and this creature communicated with him, and the creature's name was Lamb. You know, like like uh, Mary had a little lamb, mm-hmm. lamb. And the way that he describes it, it was going to be, a, well, a gray, you know, a gray alien. Wow. And this was on up there by, uh, gosh, what's the name of that place up there? Uh, I would have studied up on this if I would know that we were going to be going to this area here <laughs> on the show. But uh, the, uh, it's up there by, uh, it's Montauk. Uh, Long Island. Okay. And here's something that's very, very interesting about Montauk. Okay, so then, uh, later on, after all of this, uh, the government, Uncle Sam, bought uh, up northern Montauk area and had a uh, military base on up there. It's exactly. called Camp Hero. Yeah, and Camp Hero closed down in 1969. And some of the area, you still can't get into it. It's fenced off. Other areas become part of a federal park there. And the thing about that was, this is you know where where Crowley is 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 doing his his uh, you know his all his weird summoning. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the thing, and here's a, here's another link, another part of the jigsaw puzzle here. So in 1940, what is it? Late 42, for for sure 1943, there in the Philadelphia Naval Yards, that's where they're doing the Philadelphia experiment, experiment. trying to get a craft to become invisible because uh, the U-boats are just taking too much of a toll on Allied shipping crossing the Atlantic. So supposedly, fact, lie, Half truths, etc. Well, exactly, uh, the, and 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 I mean, this um, people don't realize that even you would think of Aleister Crowley as being a very adept magician or whatever you want to call him, but even he himself, when he had that house on the shores of uh, of, of the, the Loch Ness monster scene, yeah, like Inverness, yeah, yeah, uh, Bolskine House, I believe it is. I don't know. I, I believe that's the name of it. Yeah. Supposedly, he left. He summoned stuff, and he left it open. He, in other words, right. he didn't bother to close it down, and people don't realize that. And you would think somebody like him would know what he was doing. And well, that's what I'm getting at with that's what I'm getting at with the story on over here about about Montauk here. Mm-hmm. Uh, great minds think alike here, Marlena. Okay, because you see, with that there, uh, suppose okay again too. You know the facts, the lies, what people have said, the half truths, etc. Uh-huh. The Philadelphia experiment. Where did it get moved on out of after 1943 Operation Rainbow? It got moved on up to Camp Hero. Uh, uh, there where uh, the crust was thin, uh, like my late brother would always say, you know, the, <laughs> the, the veil is thinning. Yeah. Uh, you know, God bless Patrick. And, but uh, he'd say that, and that's where the 
veil was thinning, and that's how come Alistair Crowley was able to open on up that and see where uh, uh, this this being from another dimension. And supposedly, right. with the Philadelphia experiment and one of the, the what was it, the second time that the ship vanished. This time, it what vanished for 15 to 20 minutes, according to uh, the the stories of the crew there. It was at the the ship was not gone for 15 to 20 minutes. It was gone, like, what, three months and another void, wow. another dimension, where there was these praying mantis intelligent creatures there that were the en- enemies of humanity, and that's where the, what was it called, uh, uh, the destroyer escort, uh, I was going to say the Sheffield, but the Sheffield was a ship that got hit in the uh, Malvinas, the Falklands. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. uh, but... Yeah, where it went there. And then again, to, uh, you know, yeah, so you're talking about a doorway opening on up, and then again, to uh, who ended on up in Aleister Crowley's mansion there at Inverness, or there on the lot. Yeah, they, they had uh, a lot of weird stuff uh, going on. Led there. Zeppelin's uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, band member, who, uh, what was his name? Was it, uh, uh, who was the guy who ended on up? Right. But yeah, so again, too, uh, getting that kind of contact and what are they channeling? And again, too, it goes into the music business of a lot of things that are going on with some of the. Yeah, they had they had a fire there like yeah. uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago. They were, they, the the house suffered like a big fire. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but yeah, I've heard of a lot of people. That have you know gone legend tripping around it, having really bad experiences even after they left the area. Uh, a lot of weird, weird stuff. Really right. unusual things going on with that place. Yeah, and Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy Page, wasn't he the one who choked on his uh, vomit there? And he was the one who owned that mansion there that had been Aleister Crowley's. And if you look at, again, too, Aleister Crowley, uh, the Golden Dawn, Luciferianism, Mm -hmm. uh, and then also with the... who Led Zeppelin was attached to, and then again to yes. with uh, Kenneth Anger and the uh, uh, another Luciferian who he's right out in the open about that. He must be in his nineties in Hollywood, and right. uh, with uh, what was it the other work that he did for that Mick Jagger satanic film that what was made in '69. I mean, a lot of this stuff uh, it, it, it is link to in other words you know what they're channeling is not going to be positive you know it may have a good beat and you can dance to it as they say on the whole Uh, dick clark show but yeah this stuff is danger danger will robinson well you know what and everybody forgets when alistair crowley passed away he passed away in poverty uh he had an addiction i believe it was uh morphine he was uh you know for like you know this is what you got for all your troubles of invocation you know, yeah. no riches, no fame, no, yeah, nothing. You know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that throughout his lifetime, he outraged. He got run out of town a few times. He was, uh, there's a lot of places that did not want him, a lot of cities that he was not so, welcome. Anyway, Alan, about, about, um, that, we, Alistair Crowley, everybody, you know, everybody always thinks of, you know, he was so notorious and he was supposed to be the most evil man, but people don't realize he, he didn't end up like you would think, okay, uh, he ended up in poverty. Uh, I think he didn't have any money. His health was horrible. He had an addiction. Uh, 
I mean, he must—he might have been, you know, what you know what they say, walked on the wild side, but didn't help him much, you know, into old age. He was dependent, I believe, on several people to help him financially, or he would have been destitute on the street. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't, don't well, he realize was, yeah, that. Yeah, I did not know about him in poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I do know that he lived. Uh, I, I did think that he did leave, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, a life of luxury even to the end because there was other people that would finance and that were into the dark arts, and he was able to do that. He may not have had money to his name, and he may have gone through all of his inheritance. Right. From a wealthy family, but uh, as far as uh, him, you know, living like a third world Cambodian refugee, I don't think that that's what happened to him. But again, too, you know, they're going to. Well, you know what? Take care I, of each other. Uh, for example, uh, you know, and, 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 and yeah, again, too. Go ahead. No, well, you know what everybody thinks of, and, and I know what you're saying, that, you know, during his life, he basically, from what I understand, he either had sycophants or the women he were with, there was always somebody there that would basically bail him out, um, you know, monetarily. But you would think that for all his, you know, black magic stuff it was like okay so you're gonna tell me that at the end of your life when you know maybe you just need he, he, he didn't die in luxury he didn't die well off he didn't die um uh, where he he had just a few people come in and for like a better word I, I know that sounds weird uh kind of like uh feel sorry for him in the sense of in other words if it wasn't for these people stepping up and giving him and giving some money, he would have been okay. on the streets. Okay, I, uh, you cut on out there, Marlena. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. No, but what I was saying is okay, you're that... Cutting on... Okay, let me see. Okay, okay. I couldn't button. hear you. I couldn't hear you. How about now? Can you hear me okay? Yes? You can hear me? Yeah, it's kind of strange talking about Crowley and all that happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. Here I am bad-mouthing Crowley. <laughs> and, you know, hey, 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 you know what? He didn't end up yeah. in a good place after all this black magic stuff and we're cutting out. <laughs> Paranormal sabotage. But, uh, yeah. it, 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 but my point being <laughs> that you would think somebody like him that had all this he would have died. He would have died in the lap of luxury, uh, very well attended to, and he didn't. He, and, and people don't realize that, especially back then when he was, even when he was younger, he was. Uh, there was a lot of places and cities that did not welcome him, did not want him around because he was so notorious for the wrong reasons that uh, he that he was restricted. Sometimes some some yeah. cities did not welcome him at all, at all, and. Um, yeah, he was he was way out there, right? But and and getting back to what you were yeah, saying well, as far know, as that things that, about, you know, these that he picked certain places. In other words, like you said in Montauk, it wasn't like oh, you know, I'll just drop a pin there. There was a reason why he used certain locations be, beforehand. There was a reason, right? Uh, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, and and uh, certain areas in this world. Uh, uh, like again, too, the the veil is thinning in certain areas, and that's how come we get the mojo here in Santa Fe. Or also, for example, 
the mastermind of evil, for example. Here, here's something that's going to be kind of interesting. And again, too, again, and this is just how bad mainstream media and CNN and the like are, mm-hmm. is they will, or, or Hollywood is, and I'm just coming from a sag after actor, right. is, for example, uh, with the awards, you got people like Meryl Streep and Selma mm-hmm. Hayek applauding Polanski. And here's Polanski, oh, who uh, raped a 13-year-old, uh, had all kinds of things have yeah. come on out about other women that he's raped and drugged. Yes. Uh, he claimed that he was a, how do you say, uh, survived uh, the World War II horrors of a concentration camp, but he never, he never struck me as that, and I've met some people that, that have. He never struck me as one of those type of people that, that did. Maybe, you know, he survived it because, uh, you know, his, his father, whoever it was, was, you know, friend of the commandant or whatever it was, right. but, uh, and he survived in luxury. But the point being about this is here's Polanski, and mm-hmm. evil, evil guy, and he is in uh, being protected by other people with power that yes. have no moral compass. And also, for example, look at the movies that he's been attached to, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yes, and, The uh, yeah, also, his, you know, they say about his poor wife, Sharon Tate. Right, you know, what well, a coincidence. Know, Sharon... He's in Europe <laughs> at the time that the whole household gets decimated very... Well, you know brutally. what? Sharon Tate was a Satanist, and that ne- never ever comes on out. Uh, she ended on up doing this movie, of, in other words, it's you know, Eye of the Needle, and it hardly had any release here in the... USA, and it talks about sacrifice and about satanic themes, and uh, she ended on up, uh, you know, throwing her lot in with uh, uh, Luciferians. Yeah, a lot of those type of people that do I that. Did, and, I had never heard that. That's very interesting, yeah, Alan. I did not yeah, know yeah. that. And, and then again, too, uh, for example, uh, okay, uh, one of the guys that's that got killed inside the mansion there with uh, Sharon Tate. You know, they're not uh, 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 lily white innocent, uh, uh, mm-hmm. these people there. For example, I'm going to say his name was Freitag, but when it wasn't Freitag, it was one of Polanski's uh, uh, pals. He okay. was the conduit, he was the drug dealer uh, uh, bringing in drugs right. into the USA. And yeah. J.C. Bring, another guy who ended up getting yes. knifed to death in the mansion, he was the candy man to the stars. He's the one who's giving, he's the guy who came with the Sebring haircut. And he right, was the right, one that he was a hairdresser, right? That he was, right. yeah. 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 So uh, you look at this, and then again, Abigail Folger with her family's connection to uh, the uh, MK Ultra, uh, and then again to the couple nights later, uh, the Lobiancas. You know that Rosemary Lobianca, and this is extraordinary. In 1969, I mean, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, a lot of money back then. She had six million dollars in her bank account. Explain that one to me. What? Yeah. You remember Rosemary and Leo LaBianca? They're yes. the ones that end up yes. getting murdered. Yes. Uh, after, yeah. And they, uh, they say it's a you know, there's copycat, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, type of murder there. Right. They're the ones in Los Feliz there. Right. I mean, there's so many things uh, uh, linked that uh, Satanism, drug dealing, and right. what is going and And, and it... Uh, that that's how this is all came together on this as as a hit, and they're trying to say, okay, it all has to do with just this evil, evil man right. and uh, Charlie Manson. No, it's much more complicated than that. And as far as 
uh, Lobiancas go, or Labiancas, uh, with uh, Rosemary. She's the second wife of Leo, and mm-hmm. she was, you know, many years younger than, than this guy. I don't know, what, 20-some years, whatever it was. Right. You know, we could say Leo was looking for... No, he was a sugar daddy, whatever, but uh, right. the thing about that was she was had a, a wig uh, business. Okay. And how were they bringing drugs on into the USA? Smuggled in with the wigs, because wigs used to be big business back in the 1960s. And uh, You know what? I remember, uh, you know, that was the time that women would wear those hairdos up. Because I remember my yeah. mom had a wig. I remember from the 60s, you know, the, that it was like that. Not a bouffant, but you know where it was like, it was that yeah, style yeah. where you're absolutely right. Yeah. I remember wigs were a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So all of this, you know, is, is linked together. And when you, like you're saying about, uh, okay, uh, it does not muster the test. There's more to it. And right. Yeah. You know, and, and where we're going about, you know, we've gone from Luciferianism and, and the link there and what they're channeling to what we got with uh, modern day media with Polanski and well, and Sharon Tate. And you know, there's some, you know, again too, you know, the the Temple of Set, yes. uh, all these. And if you look at Hollywood now today with what we got, you got a lot of people with no moral compass who just want to get on the bandwagon. They want to be like on the winning team. Right. And the more, how do you say, obnoxious and liberal that they can get, yeah. the more, how do you say, points they're going to get as far as being able to get uh, this TV gig or that t- or movie gig, etc. on over here. And nobody, is. Uh, there's very few people that have gone into the, how do you say, the... Uh, uh, the nuts and bolts of, of, of what really happened there in 69. And yes. I'll, I'll just give me a plug for my tours, and I want to finish on up on, on, on the nuts and bolts of uh, 1969 here of, of uh, uh, Charlie Manson. Uh, you see, on my tours, on my lectures, uh, you will get, how do you say, see, that's uh, what I like. a, a Ph.D.-level type of stuff. If you want some right. information about that, and every now and then I do get a group that is up to Ph.D. level, mm-hmm. and they ask some fantastic questions. So my tours aren't going to be, how do you say, uh, McDonald's type of drive-in. Right. You're going to get the true story about this ghost or right. what happened here in Santa Fe here. But, you know, with Charlie Manson there in Vacaville, okay, uh, for example, there where he was in prison, and, and I find this just to be so damn fascinating that, you know, don't believe in coincidence, there in mm-hmm. that cell block area, uh, okay, Charlie Manson's the perfect uh, guy to, how do you say, be experimented on by Blackhawks, MK Ultra. Yes. In other words, getting somebody who has no family, uh, all by himself, nobody's going to protect him. He's been a ward of the state since age 8 or 13, etc. Yeah. And uh, program him to do this, to do that. But Charlie was too smart, and he ended up breaking his leash. And in that... Uh, area. In other words, MK Ultra is going to be like somebody like Sirhan Sirhan to be the right. patsy. In other words, to get somebody to do something that they were, regularly wouldn't do. Right. And this is through drugs, brainwashing, etc. There in that cell block area on that row, that's where Donald DeFreeze came from. Donald DeFreeze was an inmate there. And what happened when Donald DeFreeze came on out? He started the SLA, the Sibonese Liberation Army. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, and, and there has been some records released that, yeah, that the CIA was messing around with some of the prisoners uh, there in this, uh, that, you know, nobody's going to protect and they're going to become their, how do you say, you know, uh, uh, their little r- robot. You do what we tell right. you. Uh, and, 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 and you know that, that movie, The Manchurian Candidate, that when it came out, I think well, it was in the 60s, right? 63. 63. And it seemed like a, 
it was like more like a conspiracy fictional kind of like you know thing and it was like now we're realizing man that was pretty accurate right you know and and the thing about that here's some some <laughs> some really eerie stuff about this here and i mean this is just how you say uh gosh uh, uh Creepy type stuff. Let's see, I'm, as far as I'm concerned here, but uh, yeah, Frankenheimer's uh, film was so so good. Or I, I, I thought it's 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 a masterpiece. The new film, forget about it. And yeah. I like Denzel. I think he's a very very good uh, actor. One of the the best. He could break the color barrier no matter what era he was in. He's that good actor, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. But when that movie came out in '63, and then after the JFK assassination, yes. it was pulled. Yes. And then it was going to be re-released in 68, and then what happened? Bobby Kennedy gets it. So it finally uh, saw the, how do you say, the uh, uh, light of day on, what, NBC, I'm going to say in 72 or 73 on a Saturday night movie. Right. But the thing about this is, is John Frankenheimer, who made that film... And Frankenheimer, he made some masterpieces like Grand Prix, The Manchurian Candidate, etc. here. He made... Uh, uh, he was he was he was believed in RFK and uh, I mean uh, that RFK was going to become the next Abraham Lincoln right. and uh, he made uh, some commercials for the RFK campaign oh, really? and the night before or, or yeah and the night of RFK's assassination there on June fifth, nineteen sixty eight and I can remember this like it was yesterday the the, the what happened in there was that. Uh, RFK, after you know the results are coming on in, he has dinner there at Frankenheimer's mansion, and then he goes to the ambassador to uh, have uh, to greet the people that mm-hmm. now it's on to Illinois, let's on to Chicago, let's win the nomination there because right. he won the California primary, and then outside. Manchurian candidate Sirhan Sirhan and the conspiracy, and uh, poor RFK gets murdered. And yes. again, too, you know all this hogwash that they're doing nowadays on TV about, you know, the Ukrainian quote, if they really want to do something, I say, where there is evidence, check into the JFK assassination, the RFK assassination. I mean, that, uh, but again, the mainstream media doesn't want to do anything hard, and they want to be part of the ruling elite's uh, uh, government. No, no, you know what? I think that for a long time, a lot of people were under the impression that uh, if not the media journalists, true investigative journalists, would look at the facts strictly, you know, fall whoever had to fall, that was it. But we it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems even now, recently, certain stories are squashed, and then others are basically massaged with kind of quasi, you know, not good sources, and it's like. Okay, so how long has this been going on? You know, was Walter Cronkite in on this? Was he also... Because remember back then, what people don't realize, there was, what, three main channels or right. outlets that people got. So when people listened to this stuff, they took it as gospel. Uh, you know, it was like, that's absolutely the truth. Especially if you had, let's say, like, you know, like a Walter Cronkite who was so serious and had been doing this for a long time. And it makes you think, is this the way it's always been? Where... Certain things are suppressed and others are highlighted. 
Yeah, well, I think within Cronkite's case, I mean, Cronkite, I, I like the guy a lot. I used to just love his, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, him doing the moonshot uh, yeah. type of stuff. I mean, because I could, he was better than Mr. Science because he'd explain, you know, okay, this is yes. how the lunar module is going to uh, dock with the Apollo 11 uh, uh, capsule. Yeah, I mean, he was great stuff. I mean, I, I and, uh, but as far as his conclusions about 63, Dallas said, well, Walter, you just don't know about ballistics. But the, what I really liked about him was in 68 after the Tet Offensive, in essence, he came on TV and he was in Saigon, and his conclusion was, in essence, was, what the hell are we doing here in Vietnam? It's yeah. time to get on out, find an honorable peace. And I thought to myself, that, that's wonderful. That goes against everything that the yeah. uh, I say, uh, networks want. And, right. But, yeah, so... Uh, but uh, as far as, I mean, nowadays, they're even more in the pocket of, right. how to say, the uh, invisible hand, and uh, they want globalism, and right. uh, you have uh, uh, people with great power that are just, how to say, like uh, Joseph Goebbels with an ego. Now, now you, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're Cubana, and, yes. and, and there's this one Cubano who's a disgrace to the Cubanos, and, and I forgot his last name, on, oh, and he does these terrible uh, 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 questions to inflate his ego at, in, the, in the press uh Core. What's that guy's name? Who's he work for? Uh, uh, CNN. Oh my God! What's his? I know who you're talking about. Uh, I didn't even know he was Cuban. Um, yeah, the guy that thinks it's all about him. Well, yeah, and, and, okay, and, and then you got uh, Soledad O'Brien. I think you know Soledad. Yeah. The reason that your parents came on over here from Cuba was yeah. because it was it was it was bad stuff. And you want to go against the Second Amendment? You want to do this? You want to do that? Yes. I mean, if it's so damn great, then you go back to Soledad, and you're not going to make me a $1 million, uh, well, maybe she would, because she's that type of person, and she would ingrate herself into right. the Castro regime, and she'd live like a princess, I mean, because that's the way, she, yeah, I mean, I just cannot stand these people right. who are going to say everything is bad about the USA, and no, Fidel I don't and the rest I don't, are, are I don't wonderful. understand that, because, you know what, <clears throat> uh, if anything, the Cubans understand very well what it's like to live under communism. I mean, this is this yeah. was not like second or third hand. Uh, you experienced it firsthand, and you know, contrary to what a lot of people say, you know, my family was middle class. Nobody was rich. It wasn't like oh, everybody, okay. And I mean, I was born here in Miami, but my family, a lot of my family fled, and we were very lucky that in the early '60s they got out. But you know, you hear a lot of stories, and people don't realize in those what social socialism slash communism which i believe the socialism is just not to scare people they come and they take mm-hmm. over and they'll tell you because they did it with my father's family they had like a they had like a land agriculture and they said all of this now belongs to the people we will allow you to keep this house as in not keep it it's not yours but we'll allow you to live here but from now on all these fields this is what you will grow here and that's it. You forfeit. You have the government owns everything, and they will even come and take inventory yeah. inside your house and say that you know because they say this belongs to the people. And um, I heard a lot of stories of uh, during the like during the sixties, you know, that you had to apply to get out of Cuba. They would come and they would take inventory to make sure that you had left the people's things. They would torture basically mentally once it became known that you were due to leave into the. That you were going to be able to get to the United States, they they they, they called these people worms, gusanos. This is what they would call them. Uh, so what I'm saying is that's one of that's like that's there's a lot of stories. 
that are much more horrible. So it's exactly what you're saying, Alan. When you hear these people here saying socialism and, and blah, blah, and Che Guevara, it's like, are you, you, you guys are out of touch with reality. Truly, they are out of exactly. touch with reality. And if these people in the late 70s, early 80s are going to get a, a, a windsurfing uh, device and brave the sharks, brave the waves yes. to sail to get to Miami, mm -hmm. then that tells you, you know what, uh, you know, socialism, communism well, uh, doesn't going to work. You know, the only time socialism, communism works is when you have a disaster and you've got to have, you well, know, government coming on in to help with a hurricane and yeah. you're going to be giving food to everybody yeah. or stuff like this or to, yeah, uh, you That's know. It. Uh, That's yeah. it. It's a, it's a, and when things are so great, why would you need to prohibit your population from leaving? Yeah, Let me tell you exactly. Something. You want to leave the, right now. You want to say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go live in Guatemala. I think I'm going to go live in Chile and France. And, yeah, bye. See ya. Hey, I'm going to go and live as an expat in uh, the Philippines. Bye. Nobody's yeah. ever stopping you. In Cuba, you cannot come and go as you please. You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. And you know, I think about Bernie. And I, yeah. You know, Bernie... I mean, you know, you're you're channeling Joe Stalin. Well, not Joe Stalin. You got you're channeling uh, who's he? I don't know who he's channeling. But in other words, because he uh, he'd be like uh, Berea, more sneaky. Uh, 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 yeah, and that's I say to myself, you know what? Uh, what you're trying to do is 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 kill the the, the goose that lays the right. golden egg here by going socialism and communism, and that's just how bad right. uh, our media has become. It's and I. How we got into that, I, I don't know. I know, but we're, <laughs> we're talking about Sherrod Tate Manson. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so there's a heck of a lot more uh, uh, to the story about what happened. And again, too, you have all of these roots of evil, of Luciferianism going on into the Hollywood system and uh, secret societies. And uh, well, you know what? And maybe this is how we got started. You know, all these things happened in the decade of the 60s. Like between uh -huh. 1960 to 1970. And it makes you wonder, is it now that, for, what, 50, 60 years that finally things are coming to light about what was really going on behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things about that is, you know, is, is, is uh, uh, for example, and she goes to you about Tarantino. I mean, this guy has... You know, uh, as a kingpin in Hollywood, and he could have made a heck of a lot better movie to really show what's going on uh, there with uh, uh, the shenanigans, uh, with right. uh, what was going on the the Tate household, Polanski, mm -hmm. uh, the drug deals, etc. Here, but right. he goes for the for the fluff, and yeah, and, and now with how do you say the internet, and they're trying to censor that. Uh, there's more and more truth coming anyway, out. Alan, okay. What you were saying about uh, as uh, talk something? Yeah, go ahead. About yeah, about uh, the facts, the lies, the what's you know the USA propaganda. Yeah. For example, a lot of people will cite the Bujalosi book as being mm -hmm. gospel. That is just a fantastic novel, right. and uh, about what really happened there with uh, uh, the Tate LaBianca murders. Right. And again, Bujalosi was again a mouthpiece. He saw he's kind of be like a, uh, what's her name, Joy Bahar. Right. I mean, you know, she sold on out. She wants to be part of uh, make good money, live a comfortable life. So she'll right. give the company line, and that's the same thing that happened with Bujalosi. He says, "Okay, I can do this, and mm -hmm. I can make Charlie Manson the poster boy right. for everything evil." And then again, he tried to, with a terrible book, tried to make it later on that Oswald was a lone shooter. And again, too, it just doesn't stand on up to uh, evidence. And for example, when Jesse Ventura. Uh, uh, 
got him on the, you know, said, let me debate this to you. Uh, you know, if, well, Bujalosi would keep on saying, cut, let me not have any, oh, we're not going to uh, post this on uh, on TV or on video here. And mind you, uh, Jesse Ventura, he, I, I don't agree with everything that he says, but mm-hmm. at least he has an open mind, right. and he's uh, in the same camp that I am about uh, uh, the conspiracies of uh, Oswald and uh, maybe right. well, RFK. And, and, and that's the thing. When all like when you said when he wrote these books, let's say about the Manson murders, people took it at face value. I yeah. want to say Americans, all in all, were very innocent. We were very, we believed this stuff. If this if this person had a certain standing, an attorney, and he wrote a book, everybody thought, of course, it's the truth. You know, in other words, people didn't think there is a reason for pushing this version out. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right, and that just occurred to me now. I mean, the gullibility of Americans. I mm-hmm. mean, you talk about the sheeple, and again, yes. too, I mean, I'm sure you being Cuban, you're going to feel the same way I am when Bernie praises socialism or Warren or something to this effect. Right. I mean, it just turns my stomach. Yes. That's not what made this country. No, absolutely not. It's not. It's not, like I said, and, and, and you know, contrary to them, you know, the, 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 they have all these things, and, you know, when you're listening there, you're like, you know what? I know so much suffering that's occurred because of what you guys are proposing and you want to put this on the Amer- on Americans. It's like, I can't believe you guys are doing that. I mean, talk as far as I'm concerned, that's a deep betrayal. Uh, I don't care how much they want to say it's for good reasons. It's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and you know what? This is, this is one of those things that they talk about. You know, the internet, the flip side of the internet, it's brought about its bad things. But the good part is that it, alternative information is disseminated, right. which right. I think it's the way it should be, that Americans should be allowed to make up their mind. You know, hear all versions. I'm not into suppressing one and letting another one. Put it all out there and let the Americans make up their mind what's right or what they want to support or what they want to believe. But this thing of like, no, we're going to squash that and this other one, that that's what I have a real big problem with. And, yeah, so do um, I. You know, and, and it's a shame. I, I'm seeing stuff, you know, and I and, and I take it, it's only if you're, you've lived a certain amount of time, you know, uh, that you are like surprised, like, Mike, let me pinch myself. Is this really going on? What? What's, what is this? You know, uh, as far as, you know, um, so much, uh, what, what do you want to call it? Um, that the, basically they're, they're, you know, I, I'm always thinking, wait, the United States has always been known as the place for free speech. You know, it was right. like, uh, yeah, sometimes you would be very uncomfortable with what you would hear because you were totally against it. But that was what came with having a country that allowed free speech. <laughs> it was like, okay, you know, but no, some of the stuff it's like, man, how did we get here? It's, it's been a real yeah. wake up call for a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, I, I'm, you know, right in step with you on this. And one of the bad things about this is, again, too, with the, how to say, uh, the educational system and yes. how it has become, uh, how to say, a brainwashing tool yes. to get people to become the sheeple. And there's this terrible book that they used to make you read in high school, and it was called 1984. Mm-hmm. But by gosh, I mean, that guy sure... Yeah, exactly. It was one of those books like... what's going on with Big Brother. Yes. 
And it was yeah. just, it was like and a dystopian, says, like, uh, that's everybody... never going to happen kind of thing. Like, yeah, right. That's... Yeah. And they want everybody to uh, not have a, a single individual thought and to just go along me... with uh, globalists. Let me ask you and, something, uh, you Alan. Know, no matter how bad it is. Yeah. Especially since you're, you know, into, you, you have so much information about Hollywood. And I'm going to say, I, I, I was kind of like late on the, that I'm realizing that a lot of movies that were being produced were done in such a way that they would be accepted by China to be shown shown in China, and I was like, "What?" Right. I didn't. But at the beginning, it was like, and I remember, and I'm going to tell you what. I, when, when you mentioned Tarantino, that's why I remember a few years back, Tarantino was producing all of these Chinese, like, but ancient Chinese, like people that fly through the air when they're fighting. And I was like, how'd you go from Pulp Fiction to this? Like, wh wh how, what? You know? And then I didn't get it, but I was like, okay, well, maybe he's, this is his. And now I'm hearing where all of so many movies were being made, but done a certain way so that they, the Chinese government would say, okay, we will allow you, you know, we're going to allow this movie to be shown, which of course meant a lot of money for, you know, whoever, I guess, the, the production company, everybody. And it was like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Well, okay, with, uh, I say, the greening of China and yeah. with more money in the pockets there, that unfortunately, you know, uh, that's where our industry went to because of, you know, the uh, what the Clintons, the Bushes did with their mm -hmm. treaties there to uh, uh, strip America and ship all the industry on over there well now you got all these people in china that can buy movie tickets and yeah. okay with the big brother there they're gonna say well we don't want you to know right. that mao was uh, worse than adolf or joe stalin and we don't want this we don't want that in the movie and uh, we're signing the checks here to yeah. and giving you the x amount of millions for your salary so you do it our way yes. and these people uh, say yeah okay you know what i've got a good life and I'm going to uh, uh, go ahead and uh, do it like you want. And that's uh, one of the things about uh, Red China, you know, the Chai Coms, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them, uh, yeah. uh, the People's Democratic, whatever it's called, China. Uh, yeah, they do control and they have a big sway on yes. over uh, uh, the uh, industry. Now, for example, uh, gosh, I had a small part uh, in uh, a TV series called Breaking Bad. Yes, and I remember that uh, the story was, well, all you guys, you know, uh, you got to get checked on out by the uh, uh, the Oriental faction, the Chinese here, and we'll see if you, if, if you qualify. Okay, so it doesn't matter if, if, if I won this uh, uh, casting call and I, right. I, I'm... I've got to go through this to see if these people from uh, the mainland are going to uh, like what uh, uh, they see and uh, go from there. So yeah, the weren't have, you surprised uh, though when they when you heard this as an actor, Alan? Weren't you like, huh? Who's got a what? What? You know? I, no, at, at, at that point, no, because I was seeing how things were going, and I thought to myself, you know what? Uh, there's still a few creative people on out there, and I like working for them. Right. But these other companies, I can see how it is. Is okay if uh, if I'm going to be doing uh, having that kind of uh, mindset of being how do you say uh, uh, anti-American and being mm -hmm. a leftist, then I'm going to be in like Flynn with this group, or if I'm going to be doing drugs with them, or uh, being a perv with them. Or 
or whatever it is, right. uh, then I'll, I'll be okay with them. But, uh, yeah, so I, that did not, I, I, I saw so many things going on with different films, and be it from A grade to Z grade that mm-hmm. was uh, coming on out that uh, I thought to myself, okay, that does not surprise me. But what did surprise me was that a lot of the gatekeepers right. uh, uh, were, how do you say, so incompetent. And again, too, they had gotten their jobs, and, and they didn't know anything about film, or uh, right. say, okay, well, we got to cast this person. And if you say, well, okay, do you want me to do it like, uh, like uh, and I say, like Michael Parks did it, and then came Bronson, do you want this? Or, you know, or are we going to do a Frankenheimer type of shot with, with the screen test here? What, what? Uh, you know, and again, too, you know, they, they don't know what you're talking about. And uh, uh, just, just do it your own way. And I'm, I'm trying to get some type of, how do you say, uh, 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 compass reading on how you want this. This is where I thought, okay. So in other words, you can see the garbage that comes on out, and you can see it, it well, again, too, it leads to the gatekeepers. There's a few good gatekeepers, uh, casting directors, but the vast majority of it is they don't know their film history. And, uh, again, too, the most creative are uh, small-timers and uh, people that are going to uh, uh, be, how to say, at a, uh, either being indies or at a great right. distance from the Hollywood corporations. And you get yeah. some Australian companies that are doing very, very well, too, as far yeah. as creativity. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely can see what you're saying as far as indie films. You know, they usually... They would be like the, the, it would have to be extraordinarily good to get attention. I see that they're going to be the leaders because people are like, I think people have caught on to like, yeah. Uh, And I think that's why even now a lot of the movies are not doing that well. Like some of these superhero movies and uh, block, supposed blockbusters don't do much because I think people are kind of caught on to what's going on. Yeah, you know, for example, one of the big things here is, uh, you know, like with uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Now, I was, you know, in, in the automotive tool business and racing for a long, long time. And I could, you know, tell you about Ken Miles. I could, you know, the true story about Holman Moody and building those engines so they last at Le Mans. I mean, the stuff that, the, the, the stuff that goes on that gets green-lighted for stories, right. I mean, uh, is, 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 you know, just gobbledygook. And the good stuff, I mean, uh, uh, again, you got a bunch of hacks. Well, yeah, that, I mean, what was it the other day? What did? Oh, as a matter of fact, I went to see that movie, the the Joker, the one, the last one that came out uh-huh. with Joaquin Phoenix. Wow! Let me tell you something. That guy basically transformed himself. I was like, I hadn't seen him in the film for a long time, and it's kind of like disturbing. The movie's kind of disturbing because you always think of the Joker as he's portrayed in all these different Batman or movies. And the, he just, his portrayal was like jaw-dropping. My husband left and he was like, this is really depressing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like, stuff like that is like, you don't see that that often because... Well, I tell you what, he's channeling. I mean, you know, you know Joaquin, the, the, you know, his yeah. family yeah, I know. Uh, came I... from a sex cult there yeah. in... Uh, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're very unusual people. <laughs> That's to put it nicely. I didn't know it was yeah. a sex cult, though. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact, you know, they're, uh, they're passing around kids, and Joaquin's brother and Joaquin and the rest of them were, are, you know, uh, boy toys to uh, that group. And that. uh, they were, that's how come they were out of the country there in, what was it, Venezuela or so Guyana? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so what he's doing is he'll, you know, just channel that, 
energy from when that's not acting. That, Let me tell you something. I mean, well, and it's really funny because the premise of the movie towards the end, and spoiler alert, anybody that is, hasn't seen it, you know, at the beginning, of course, you know, and, and everybody knows the premise of the movie is that you have somebody that appears to have some type of mental illness and the system, blah, 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 blah. But then as the movie goes along, you discover that in reality, there was a history of physical and sexual abuse when he was a kid. That, yeah. you know, it was like, huh? That, yeah, it was a very disturbing movie. And of course, yeah. um, and, 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 and it kind of frames, you know, the you know how they always have these backstories to these villains? Uh -huh. You know, it kind of gives it a different slant as to how he's embraced and becomes the yeah. Joker, the villain. Uh, but yeah, it was like, and I was looking at the movie, I was like, whoa, man, this is dark, really dark, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but what I'm saying is, you don't see that, uh, like I said, a lot of the movies, people just don't go see them anymore, outside something like this, that, because they're like, it's like, I've seen this version of the superhero, how many times am I gonna, you know, see this? Um, like, like you were saying, it's that as far as indie films, it's like, okay, you're going to hope that indie films are going to save the day as far as interesting original stories, not a remake from 1960 or 1970, uh, redone a la 2000-something. Because right. they, 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 they kind of like switch the message around or the portrayal of the characters. And it's like, you're spoiling the movie. Why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, it, almost like what you said when we talked about the Manchurian Candidate. I thought the original movie was great, and it's like, okay, let leave that alone. Oh, it was fantastic, and the, and the yeah, the new one you cannot uh, uh, top it. And uh, yeah, I mean Angela Lansbury, uh, uh, gosh, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, uh, and you say to yourself, wow, Frank, he he did. I mean. I never thought he was that good as Maggio and From Here to Eternity, but in, in that movie, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. From James Gregory, or not, uh, uh, to, uh, gosh, all, everything in the direction, uh, the panning. I mean, that is, uh, gosh, what, uh, brilliant. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, that one scene of the TV interview with... Uh, Perks, that, that's fantastic. The, the blood splattering uh, on the... Uh, a picture of that, you know, you have Mao and, and, and Stalin and uh, right. just all kinds of things in that movie that are, are fantastic. And then you look at the modern stuff of what they're trying to do. Well, if right. you had a little bit more creativity uh, and with that kind of budget, I mean, geez, Louise, I, you give me that budget, give okay. me 120th of it, I'm, and I can uh, do better than that. I'm going to ask you something, and it's something that, as an actor, maybe you could tell me. I've seen some, when you talk about CG, I, I, I've seen some films, you know, that basically they're using the same technology that they do for these games, you know, for these high-end games, where it's, it's the, they're so human-like. The, human, the, the film, it almost looks like you're really looking at a real person, not a CGI. And I was like, man, this is this is is this where we're gonna head to, where we don't have actors anymore, or just their voices, in other words, and it's only gonna be a CGI construct. Well, you know that.
okay, and let's get to Santa Fe again and to Epstein. You know, Epstein's Lolita Ranch was here in Santa Fe, right? I didn't know that. You know, uh, Epstein, the one that was uh, yeah, 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 yeah. murdered. No. You remember that, all the oh, okay. underage That's right, uh, right. women, uh, Prince yes. Andrew? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they were all, their, their big thing about that is to uh, the next leap into uh, uh, evolution, to be man merging with machine. Right. And. Uh, you being a godlike and you mm-hmm. can live forever and with this you're going to have this virtual reality type of uh, existence right uh, you will have there'll be you know what x amount millions of slaves to but it's not going to be you know 7 billion people on earth to uh run their uh, you know grow their food etc Oh, what was going on here with some of the meetings uh, here in Santa Fe uh, was about the next uh, leap as far as where humanity is going. Right. Seed the human race uh, was another one of his uh, pipes. Yeah, I heard that. He and, was... of course, he was involved with... Yeah, okay, well, this is going back to what you're talking about, uh, uh, green screen and uh, right. uh, non-reality type of stuff of us. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's the next step into uh, technology of what you're going to be seeing and as far as are you going to be able to fake out the people and saying that this is reality when it's not, when it's just special effects, be it from TV or seeing something in the sky. Uh, or Yeah, there's all kinds of things that can be done. And, again, too, it's all part of that. Yeah, that- Deep fake, uh, what they deep fakes. What's that? That's what they call those deep fakes. The one, you know, well, they, you know, when yeah. they use that, you know, that you, they have actors, like yeah. let's say Star Wars, where they'll make them younger. You know, they'll do like mm-hmm. a flashback, and then, and, and that, right. that's fine, that's great, you know. But now that that they call deep fakes, like how far does this deep fake go? Where right. uh, all of a sudden. You could make somebody appear to be. I mean, the, the the possibilities are endless and sometimes scary when you think about it. But yeah, I, and look, yeah, and look at what we're able to do, like in the nineteen thirties, with uh, with for uh, pictures from the Kremlin with the Politburo, uh, different people being uh, snipped on out, or, or from nineteen uh, twenty. 1920- pictures of Trotsky being snipped on out, and it's just Lenin and Stalin, or right. snipping out Berea. Yeah, what, that's the thing about this, is about singularity and about uh, oh. the next thing. And then Epstein was just the tip of the iceberg, oh, yes. and uh, he had to be silenced. But oh, again, yes. to getting back to Santa Fe and all these weird things again, too, here, you know, give it a few more years. Just say, wow, this is almost how to say uh, as as mind shattering about a new type of how to say life forms uh, cyborg of what they're trying to do yes. with uh, what they're discussing here at the uh, Lolita Ranch uh, outside of Santa Fe here in Santa Fe County. Right, right, right. That that you would always have at your disposal a young, healthy body, but your consciousness would always be the same. Your self awareness, and uh, they basically, you know, like the idea of these people that supposedly had themselves frozen. Well, don't worry about it. We'll keep mm-hmm. your awareness, your brain, whatever. If, if we could put your, let's say, your brain, your memories, who you are in a chip, and all we have to do is insert it into either a biomechanical, totally biomechanical body or totally mechanical transhumanism. Yeah, it may, it's kind of scary when you think about it. And, of course, absolutely, you know that the only ones that were going to have that type of privilege would be elites. You know, if you were... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and if you look at, you talked about transhumanism on over here, and about what little we do know about uh, history before the Egyptians, etc., before the Babylonians. Remember the Chimeres or the Chimeres. Mm-hmm. And again, too, about uh, you have uh, the body of a lion, the head yes. of a man, the wings. You've yes. got... Uh, uh, you know, Anubis human form with the mm-hmm. jackal's head, or etc. And uh, you know, if you look at some of those tablets or some of those paintings, it looks like is, you know, is that is, is that a a leash or is that uh, s- stitch marks? I mean, of where you've got yes. this and that attached to uh, this animal, and that's what they're uh, doing. And, and you know, again, to going back to. Uh, uh, Camp Hero out there at Montauk, uh, we know what is across the strait at at uh, from old Camp Hero. Right. You, do, do you know what's what's what's, what's there, Marlena? What? Plum Island. Plum Island. I was Plum. about to say Plum Island. Yes. yes. And, and, and tell the audience about Plum Island, about what goes on there. And again, too, this has to with what are they channeling? What demonic energy? What what evil things are they channeling? Giving us this kind of technology, and that's what's going on at Plum Island. Go ahead and tell the audience well, about Plum Island. Well, as a matter Island of fact, of... It, you remember in Silence of the Lambs when yeah. uh, Hannibal Lecter they're trying to bribe him into cooperating, uh-huh. and she's telling him, "We will allow you to go to this island, and you will have free run of the place." And one of the eyes, it was either Plum Island or one that was adjacent to it. Uh, and he I, was said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Yes. Okay, okay, because I, I, I got so angry at that movie because it just didn't... I thought it was really overrated. But, but, but anyway, uh, the, the, but the Plum Island, ladies and gentlemen, that is a top-secret yes. uh, government base, and that's where they're doing all kinds of, how do you say, uh, mutations with animals. Yes, and, and, it's, uh, and you can't go on there. It's words, like you, know, you, you, cannot, you cannot go there. That, that place is like, uh, it's, it's you know, fenced off. It's, nobody's allowed there. Uh, animal I'm yeah, and animal diseases by, uh, and stuff like that. That's what they were studying yeah. supposedly. And and it's uh yeah. And it's patrolled by uh 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 Coast Guard, naval, uh uh fast boats with weaponry and uh it's fenced off. So you're doing all kinds of stuff and every now and then something washes on up and you say, What is this? and they'll find right. that on Long Island. And it's like a combination type of animal. And again too, what were we talking about there? With the opening of the doorway mm-hmm. by accident with the uh, Philadelphia experiment that was transferred to Camp Hero, then across you have the Plum Island. It's still top secret area at Plum Island. Right, it's, and it's, then it's, again it's owned with, by the United States. There's like there's no private ownership of anything right, on and, there. Yeah, and then you have in that mansion there, uh, Camp Hero will no longer exist. Is where Crowley was opening on up that dimensional doorway, and what was he channeling? Lamb, this, yeah. So you see what it, you're talking about. These, the elite, uh, and this goes into you know aspects of the Illuminati and other types of ruling families. Just exactly what have they been able to tap on into, and why do they have control centuries after centuries? And how come they keep on? I say, uh, uh, they're. Iron Hand keeps on closing and closing in trying to control us more so. And now there's the big fight with the freedom of people to say, hey, there's something going on here that is not right. And we do not want these uh, uh, politicians from generations to be part of the ruling class anymore. Yeah. And again, 
goes back to Santa Fe. I mean, of all the places, we talked about all the ghostly activity, uh, A-bomb secrets being stolen here in Santa Fe, all the strange uh, sacred geometry of, of the area, and then we got Epstein and the Lolita Ranch on over here and all these I didn't know it was that close to Santa here. Fe. I knew that that ranch was out there. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I heard from what I understand that, you know, since when he lived out there, you know, he was a registered sex offender because of what he happened here in Florida. But since he was saying, I right. live, you know, that the law is you have to register where you live. So even though he was out yeah. there, he would say, I live in the Virgin Islands. So in other words, that's why he was not forced to register locally there as an offender, because supposedly, technically, he didn't live there. So that's how he got around that one. Well, yeah, there's some truth to that, and there's also something on else inside connection there. But, yeah, one of the things about, like, for example, with the film business here is they'll say, well, okay, you know, you're getting a tax break, and uh, oh, yeah. we want some New Mexicans on the film set here. But then you got people from New York or California who have a P.O. box here and say, well, I'm a New Mexico exactly. resident. And, of course, they know that they're not the higher on-ups, but you've gone through that loop there, and we can hire you, and it's the old buddy network. Of but course. as far as Epstein there, with his connections with ex-President Clinton, who can, or Hillary, who's going to be running for president again, uh, you know, she can pull the chain, be it with, you know, the constabulary. And then, of course, he was uh, friends with uh, uh, Bill Richardson, the governor of New Mexico. All these powerful people on over here, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, get away with not being uh, registered as a sex offender here so yeah right. i mean uh, yeah it's, it's, so it's, there's i mean taste it but again i want to come back to i'm going to say con considering everything with the internet i think a lot of this would have remained unknown if it wasn't for the internet as far as disseminating exactly. information Exactly, and that's what's very dangerous about what they're trying to do mm -hmm. is trying to uh, censor this and say, okay, oh, yeah. you know what, that's going to upset somebody, that's hate speech. Oh, hey, no, yeah. this is facts. Oh, right, no. And it's like, wait, we've been doing this for the last quite a few decades. We want to consider, we want it to continue, and it, it's slipping from our control. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's you know, that, that, that every, everybody was, you know, was everybody was hypnotized, like, oh, okay. You know, okay, well, that person said it, and they're an expert, or they're, you know, they've got a rank, or, you know, and everybody just followed along because we didn't know any better. And it turned out, and a lot of people now are waking up going, huh? What? They what? <laughs> I said, like, yeah, I think there's a lot of Americans having rude awakenings, uh, maybe in the last five years, especially. Uh, yeah. That uh, kind of like, yeah, an unpleasant awakening anyway. But anyway, Alan, I want to <laughs> I could keep talking to you forever. I want to thank you so much. You have been such a wonderful, wonderful guest. And I hope you're going to come back because I think we could talk all about a lot of other things. And it's, it's, it's just been great. It's been it's been wonderful. Likewise, and uh, we were all over the map. I really yes. enjoyed it, and yes. that's what makes this uh, program so sweet and so good. And uh, yeah, I wish you a wonderful holiday, Likewise. and uh, all the people listening on out there, drive safe. And uh, I just want to say one thing, you know, uh, before we go here, sure. to those people that you know are experiencing. Uh, our, our, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction for the holidays, etc. 
get help, be it AA or wherever yes. you got to go, get help. Don't do anything stupid. Yes. Your, your life is too precious. you got too much more to, to do in this world and to help other people. Yes. And just get help, and there's always going to be a, a tomorrow. And uh, just do the right thing and go and get help. Yes. And with that, everybody have a wonderful holiday. And I guess what uh, I'll talk to you again come next year. So have a wonderful end of 2019. And uh, lastly, uh, I want to say a few things to you off of the air sure. when we uh, so stay on the line and I'll okay. talk to you afterwards. All right, okay. hold on, hold on. Let, we'll, let, okay, guys, I'm gonna bug out for just a second. I'm back. Okay, yeah, it's a, I, I needed to talk to. Well, we you know, like sometimes people want to talk about certain things, and I understand, you know, that we, we wanted to talk privately because not everything is meant to be uh, on air. I love talking to Alan. I could probably do a 24-hour Alan Pacheco interview marathon. But yeah, as you can tell, he is well-rounded. He's, he's, I'm telling you, I, I've looked at his website as far as his tours. He's been doing it like 30, 30 or 35 years, a really long time. And you could tell the testimonials, the pictures that people send him. You could tell that people love his tours and he's got great feedback. Uh, so check out his website, which by the way, I will have a link to it. Uh, on the credits of the show and, and I'm sure if people that are listening to the podcast you heard him mention what it is and also if his email if you've got anything along what he's looking for um, and, I mean we went all over the map but that's why I like talking to him because so many interesting stuff so many things out there and um, like I said you know sometimes and, and God knows that's one of the things I do sometimes when I go traveling I take these different tours whether history tours or ghost tours and I've gone on some that they were okay. And even the presenter was okay, but it was like, you know, I've heard this information. I would, you know, you pulled this off Google, right? And it's like, it's okay. But you know what? What I like when I go on tours is like, you're going to give me what I don't see on Google. You're going to give me this behind the scene, the backstory to the backstory about what happened here. You know, like, oh, you know, this place is supposed to be haunted by this lady, whatever. So supposedly blah, blah, blah. But the real story is that's what I like. And that's what Alan gives because, of course, when you live in a certain place for that length of time, especially if you've been doing tours, you get the, uh, you get the real story. And I don't know if a lot of, uh, you know, some of you might see, um, a lot of the different uh, paranormal reality shows. And a lot of them, you know, originally, one of the ones that was doing it from the beginning was The Dead Files, you know, uh, where, you know, she would go out there, do the psychic part, but Steve Deshami would be going off and do the research. And of course, he would contact genealogists and uh, newspaper archives and historians, and he would put together this picture and lately a lot of these shows are starting to do that because they realize that people are really interested in you know in is this like an urban myth or this place that's supposedly haunted is it really accurate or it's not or is there more to it which by the way i found that's why i wrote one of my books which is the lady in the blue kimono which was a bunch of they're all true they're all accurate stories um of all these really disturbing murders that happened, much, some of them never solved. And I came across them because I was doing research and other stuff, okay? And 
I think that, again, coming back to what we were talking about, the tours with Alan, is that I personally like it, and I think most people like it, when you go on one of these tours, whether it's historical or ghost, and you're getting all this rich detail facts, or that he tells you, you know what, the story on this is this, but in reality, the truth is that. Uh, like what we were talking about La Llorona, I had no idea that the true origin origin of La Llorona was out of Santa Fe. I mean, I knew it was in the Southwest, but I never knew that it was or it was the origins were out of Santa Fe. Um, and I mean, there's different versions of it. And uh, as far as, you know, whether, you know, uh, you know, some some put it that she killed her children uh, purposely by accident, out of jealousy. I mean, there's just, just a little bit ver different versions here and there, uh, and or that she's seen. You know, she steals children. She's a harbinger, like kind of like a banshee. Like if you see her, you're gonna die. I mean, there's different things, but I didn't know the historical part uh, tied into Santa Fe. But I mean, we talked <clears throat> we talked about so many interesting things that, guys, I really hope you enjoyed the show because I absolutely loved it. Uh, I have a lot of interesting guests that uh, I've got scheduled. Um, <clears throat> I don't interview during December, but I, I mean, I'm going to be releasing shows, but I don't because, like I said, uh, myself and a lot of my guests, we're caught up with doing family stuff, holiday stuff, which, by the way, I think is the way it should be. And... Um, uh, also, by the time this airs, I should have released it already. I, I'm uh, putting out a, a follow-up to the book, uh, the, uh, the 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 Sybil Chronicles, which is Walker Between the Worlds. I, I'm doing a shorter a shorter version called a novella. It's called Diabolique. It's uh, I'm scheduling it for release on November 29th, 2019. So please look for it. I'm gonna have it here on my website. And on Amazon and I'm gonna be doing some giveaways also uh, on that book once I release it and I'll let you guys know like I said <clears throat> uh, follow me on social media that's usually where I post a lot of stuff or sign up for my newsletter and as a matter of fact right now which by the time you hear this it will be over I have a giveaway <clears throat> of the um, of an apron for DC Comics the flash because so I thought you know what this is exactly what everybody needs with all the holiday cooking in apron. Yeah. So again, guys, thank you for being part of my audience. You are all absolutely wonderful. And again, for those of you who will listen to this a little bit behind the times, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Wishing you and yours the best. Take care. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at 
marlenepardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my true believer stories that I've collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marley with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing? Good, I hope. Um, I know you guys are going to be hearing this in a little bit. So I'm going to get ahead of the curve and wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, it's November. Everybody's, you know what I call the home stretch of the year. Like, you know, before you know it, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and it's going to be 2020. 2020. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was thinking, you know, I remember when the year 2000 was going to come up. And everybody was worried that there was going to be a collapse because computers didn't know how to handle the year 2000. And I remember, the, and of course, other crazy movies that came out, uh, you know, doomsday kind of movies. But back then, believe it or not, there was a lot of rumors running around that uh, the economies were going to fail because uh, all these computers that ran banking and all these other uh, structures or, you know, within companies, everywhere, um, just wouldn't know how to handle it. They wouldn't know how to tick over. And uh, and it, it, believe it or not, this was not like a weird fringe thing. There was a solid belief or like a be careful because you never know. And now it's, I want to say it's 20 years later. It's like, what happened? Uh, 20 years have gone by since that moment and uh, as, as a matter of fact and then in what was it 2016 we had the end of the, the the date of the mind calendar believe which was supposed to be also apocalyptic mm, nothing happened so you know and here we are but anyway let's get to the good stuff uh i am very happy very pleased to bring back a guest which you all thought was great and which i think is great and this is a gentleman by the name of Alan Pacheco. Now, Alan, uh, he's a native of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he's worn many hats. He's a renowned paranormal investigator. He's a journalist, a lecturer, a screenwriter, and a SAG-AFTRA actor and an inventor of auto tools. Now, he has a love for baffling yarns, and his experience has led him to write about odd historical events and the metaphysical. And he has several books and as a matter of fact, he also has a uh, tour company that provides tours, which I believe is for the last, either the last 30 or 35 years in Santa Fe. Uh, he, if you go to his website, which I visited, you will see so many wonderful testimonials uh, about his tours, about pictures, uh, the ghost tours of, you know, weird, you know, that, that aha picture everybody wants to capture when they go on ghost tours. I mean, just... 
just to go on that website alone convinces you that he provides such a great tour and so many people uh, find enjoyable. But anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Let me bring him on. How are you doing today, Alan? Hello. Hello, Marlene. I'm doing fine, and thank you for such a nice introduction. And first of all, uh, let me just say to everybody on out there, uh, wishing everybody a upcoming wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. And uh, everybody drive safe. And uh, I'm doing wonderful, Marlene, and I'm glad to be back on your show. Uh, I really enjoyed the last time here. Uh, your questions were were razor sharp. Your input oh. was, was terrific. You're a fantastic host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and no, on the contrary, I, I, I looked forward to having you back as a guest because you definitely, and, and I tried to get him to do his own biopic introduction because he's done so many things um, in interesting fields. I mean, besides what we were talking about, the tours as far as paranormal investigations and, and all these different areas because uh, Alan, like me, doesn't just consider the paranormal strictly ghost. Paranormal falls under the umbrella of cryptids uh ufos i mean that there's a lot of fields that fall under that paranormal thing but anyway um i know that i i'm gonna let you out because we could go i could go in so many directions with you first of all let me ask you has anything happened interesting on any of your tours recently which i know you've been doing them for several years and i know the last time you know i mean you you yourself you, i remember you mentioned that your family has deep roots there in santa fe right Right, right. Yeah, I'm uh, my my pedigree, as you would say, <laughs> and this can be uh, how to say uh, documented with DNA evidence. Right. It's not going to be like uh, you know the phony <laughs> stuff of uh, Senator Warren. Yeah, why well, it really steams me. No, I'm yeah. roughly uh, I'm I'm roughly uh, three fourths Spaniard, and that side of the family's been here since uh, the 15th hundreds and on the other side I'm an American Indian and uh, they've been here since uh, time immemorial exactly. and, and uh, with these two lineages here in Santa Fe uh, I'm going to I mean when you go on my tours you're going to uh, get the skinny no propaganda in other words uh, right. you're going to get stories that been passed on there and as far as American Indian you know there's going to be you know where we come from etc on over here uh, that looks like it's going to be Apache and uh, again you know you say well which one are you going to be uh, well Chiricahua Chiricahua uh, okay not Hikaria not Mescalero that's yeah. who uh, I mean, that's you know, the, uh, say, well, the tribe well, that are, are you, from? You, are you is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Mangas Colorado, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Geranimo, or Geronimo. Yes, yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, so, you know, when people say, well, you know, I'm from the U.K., well, are you from Ireland, Scotland? We'll just right. say U.K., but you've got a little bit more in, input on me. So, I mean, information on me. So, yeah, on my tours, uh, we, uh, I do ghost tours, uh, history tours. Of course, these are private tours. So, uh, if you have a ghost app, a ghost meter bring it along. I do them during the day mm -hmm. and at night. And I try to tack the tour towards uh, the person's interest. In other words, on these tours, there's not going to be any obnoxious strangers. It's your private tour by yourself or with your group, etc. Mm -hmm. And we uh, traipse through Santa Fe, and uh, yes, odd things have happened on my tours and on an investigation since last time we talked. And, uh, uh, you know, Santa Fe, or this area, mm -hmm. uh, for many, many reasons, uh, is a 
vortex for paranormal, for odd history. Uh, for example, uh, uh, here during World War II, uh, this is where history changed as far as the world goes. This is where Soviet spies were able to pick Uncle Sam's pockets clean with the secrets of the A-bomb. So this is hallowed wow. ground for the KGB. Uh, yeah, and of course with uh, the other things that have happened here as far as ghosts here, you have things that are just, uh, uh, you know, that even Rod Serling would not have been able to invent. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, when you mentioned that area, I mean, they have a lot of, from what I understand, a lot of areas like, you know, you know, with the, the, the Cocopelli and the Gilfs and the, all these drawings in some of these ancient caves are found in that yeah. area, right? I mean, right. this has a, a very long history, that area where Santa Fe is, is situated in. Right, uh, right. And then, of course, you know, historically, like you said, you know, when the Spaniards came in and, you know, in more modern times, but th there's a very, very deep history there. And I guess that maybe once every once because everybody sometimes thinks of paranormal or ghost as more modern you know uh whether it's uh you know gold miners or something like that and people sometimes forget that these areas uh there was a lot going on in the land even before then exactly and well this is one of these for example uh you know people say well santa fe uh, well, it's at the crossroads uh, with all these trails coming on in uh, to this area, and that's what made Santa Fe with all the very best, the very worst. Come to you want to go, you know, pre-Columbian, and you want to say, well, Santa Fe. Uh, well, for example, we have this phenomena, and, and there's these. We're on the how to say. We're a mile high in elevation. Even though it's high desert, we got pinyon trees and rattlesnakes here. Uh, we have also, uh, well, on the dorsal fin of the Rocky Mountains, so we get snow. As a matter of fact, as I'm talking to you, it's snowing outside, and it's roughly about 31 degrees. Wow. And uh, up in the mountains to the east of Santa Fe, these are, we're already a mile high, but even farther on up, you have the Sangha. Christos. These mountains, I said, is an offshoot of the Rocky Mountain spine there. Mm -hmm. And during the winter time there, the reason they're called the Sangre de Christos, the Blood of Christ Mountains, is because around dusk, uh, with the way that the atmosphere is, the mountains, the mountaintops, have a reddish hue to wow. them. This is as far as the world goes. In other words, it's going to be like something out of Edgar Rice Burroughs or, or H.G. Wells' right. uh, book of uh, the Martian, uh, how to say, foliage there in wrecked London of 1898. You have this right. red hue on the mountains, on the snow, on the trees on up there. It's, it's, it's a magnificent uh, look. And you have all of this, I mean, uh, you know, to the south, we can talk about the 30 third degree uh, uh, line that cuts through New Mexico, all this kind of stuff that makes for Santa Fe to be, how do you say, this uh, you know, vortex for crackpot history, for bizarre paranormal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the light, the ground, the people, uh, you name it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a paranormal deluxe. 
Right. And a lot of people don't realize that the Santa Fe Trail, obviously the Santa Fe Trail, which which is where a lot of people like would trek out west when they were going to California to the Gold. I mean, there was a lot of human traffic. It's not only people that settled there, but there was a lot of human activity that went through that area. Um, you know, as far as... Uh, 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 right. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, you went well, on after... Right, that... Yes, Malenia? yes, yeah. No, Malenia? I thought I lost you. Can you hear me? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, perfect. Anyway, no, what I was going to say is that, you know, sometimes people don't realize that areas like, let's say, Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Trail went through there, which was one of these routes that a lot of settlers or gold miners or, you know, gunmen, whatever, would take on the way out to California. Because, of course, in, you know, when they discovered gold in 1849 in California, everybody went out there to make their fortune or to make money from those trying to make their fortune. And... That kind of activity also a lot of times will spawn uh, is a source for active hauntings. Uh, and, I mean, that's why I'm saying as far as the area where you're exactly. in, it's so rich in history. Yeah, well, we had the trail, the Santa Fe Trail. We also got the railroad. Mm-hmm. I remember the, you know, the 1930s cowboy films, the Action Topeka Santa Fe. Yes. And other trails that come into Santa Fe, and mm-hmm. this became a uh, a place where fast money was made. You had very yes. good people, very bad people, mm-hmm. and at one time Santa Fe was such a okay, no limits town. It had the nickname during Wild West days as the Sodom and Gomorrah of the West, <laughs> and uh, you had uh, Santa Fe a mafia here that mm-hmm. and the area so if you ever see the movie young guns or young guns 2 yeah. uh that's a movie uh, featuring the exploit the billy the kid and the regulators right. yeah those bad guys that are going down to central new mexico to rub out billy and the regulators uh-huh. those are hitmen uh from the santa fe ring or stooges that worked for the dolan murphy gang which is you know bowed the knee to the santa fe ring uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Santa Fe has, you know, gangsters during Wild West days. We've had uh, uh, or UFOs of modern time. We've had ghosts from all eras, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, mayhem, be it murder, uh, yeah, brujas. Uh, yes. You, yes, like I say, Santa Fe, it's, it's a cornucopia of, 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 of the oddest of history and, and, and the strangest of the metaphysical. Well, one of, one of the things I like is that, you know, sometimes, you know, you could go and I've, and I've gone to, on different tours, you know, basically the, the person giving the tour will give you information that you could, for lack of a better word, you could Google. But like you said, you know, because I remember we talked about this the last time, you know, the real true story that sometimes is only somebody that's a native really knows the background, the, the, the backstory to the story that might be out there as to who, what, did what, you know, things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, on my tours, and I'll just I'll say, you know, go to Santa Fe Ghost and History Tours mm-hmm. dot com, or you can just say Al Pacheco uh, Santa Fe Tours or Al Pacheco Ghost Tours, whatever, and you'll get to me on Yahoo or Google, etc., mm-hmm. and you'll see all the information there. But on my tours, uh, yeah, you're just not going to get 
here is the story of where the ghost of Jane X was seen. Uh, yeah. You'll get the historical background of this locale, and of course, this is going to link to the ghost story that this is where a massacre happened, or this is right. where this gunfight happened, etc., or this is where the Brujas, the witches, the curanderas were. Uh, and yeah. then uh, you'll also get uh, information from my investigations at those locales. And at certain right. places on the tour, I will show you uh, Xerox copies that have been taken, or Xerox copies of pictures that mm -hmm. have been taken through the decades uh, on my investigations or even on tours, because believe it or not, sometimes on my tours at certain places, and this is rare, but it does happen, mm -hmm. and there's proof of that on the website, uh, that uh, people do get pictures of ghosts, of energies. Uh, sometimes uh, at certain places, uh, the batteries will drain in an apparatus, and then we right. leave the area, they'll come back to life. Sometimes they won't. And uh, even at a couple of places, like this, uh, people have been shoved. Uh, people have had a hard time uh, breathing. They feel as if they're uh, being not choked, but in other words, having a very hard time swallowing, like something's interfering with their uh, neck area. Mm -hmm. And these are in areas where uh, uh, tradition says that uh, this happened. History says that this happened. And on, yeah, on my investigations, yeah, there is. <laughs> right. I have proof that something happened, has happened there. Yeah. Right, because you've been able to go so many times, like I said. <clears throat> Some places... Maybe you're lucky and the first couple of times you'll get something, but sometimes it's being able to go back continuously under different on different days that you finally re either see a pattern or just there to catch it, to witness right. it, to experience, which, which you obviously have been able to do. So um, as far as, uh, because I know that, uh, I'm sure because I, I see, I, you know, I've done tours and you know, the majority of people usually are they enjoy it but you know there's always a skeptic in those groups there's always somebody there that was dragged along by you know have you ever had an experience with one of these diehard skeptics something happened to them and they kind well, of wigged out on you well they didn't wig out on me but i well i mean okay well here's a classic example i mean this is uh okay uh there's there was this one guy he was a good guy but he was a skeptic mm -hmm. and uh we went into this place, this haunted uh, uh, mansion. It's it's a hotel now. It's called the La Posada Resort, mm -hmm. and that's in Santa Fe. It's an exquisite resort, and I'll give you a little bit of background on it. This this resort has been in existence since what the mid 1930s. Prior to that, it was the mansion or uh, the the of uh, the Al Capone of. Uh, Wild West days. This is the man by the name of Abraham Staub. And the place is haunted. And uh, the main building is the old mansion, and there's other buildings there that have been remodeled, etc. there. And uh, one of the girl ladies on the tour was staying there at the hotel, and we're doing this uh, tour, and we were able to get on up into the murder room. In other words, Abraham Staub's a wife was dispatched upstairs in the Staub suite. Now, the partisans of the Staub family uh, mm -hmm. guess, oh, no, 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 that's not what happened. She just dropped dead or she suicided. But in other words, it's Abraham Staub, his M.O., he's got the hitmen, his fingerprints are all over the Colfax County War, the Lincoln County War, that's when Billy the Kid. 
And if you talk to any of the old, they're not going to have very nice things to say about Abraham stopping the Santa Fe Ring. Well, point being, as we go on up there into this into this room there, and this room, uh, Julia was imprisoned on up there for five years. Wow. And it's not it really like, kind of like Jane Eyre, except Jane Eyre was in the cellar. But this upstairs where she was imprisoned by her husband, uh, this uh, you know, his captains were able to go up and bring her food every day and clothing. It wasn't Devil's Island. In other words, you have hot and cold, uh, running water, big bedroom, big foyer, etc. But nevertheless, she's up there for five years. But I won't get into why she was isolated and all the shenanigans of that. But she's on up there, and then in uh, May of 1896, you know, it's it's curtains for her. Okay, so we go on up there, and I'm okay. showing this group, this this room, and I'm saying this is where this happened, this and that and that. So I'm always, I've always done my best to be nice to the ghost of Julia on up there. Okay. You know, before that went corporate, you know, go on up there, say hello. And, you know, she likes roses. Uh, you know, bring, uh, you know, uh, a vase with a rose on up there. Leave it on the mantle of the fireplace, etc. Well, anyway, so I'm. Oh, I go on in there, I announce myself, etc., and uh, we finish with the tour in this room after, I don't know how many, 20 minutes in there, whatever it was, and uh, I'm on my my way on out, and I say goodbye to Julia, and I just blow a kiss into one of the rooms there, and, you know, I don't see anything, say goodbye, Julia, and I close the door behind us, and then that man tells the other person, uh, this, this this other lady in the group there, and she said, did you hear that? Uh, no. And after Alan said, uh, goodbye, Julia, there was a female voice that said, goodbye. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so that's, yeah. yeah, so that's the most skeptical one yeah, of, of the bunch, and, and, and it, uh, it happens to him. So that's, yeah. you know, I would say a, 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 an audio type of confirmation. I've had other yeah. types of uh, uh, situations where uh, people have just gotten very unnerved, I can't believe this, or, or other people like in this one area that's close to a property that used to belong to the Santa Fe Ring, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, where uh, stories are that good guys and bad guys, you know, were uh, became fertilizer. You know, they were buried in the six-acre area during Wild West days. This one guy is, uh, uh, you know, he's having a very hard time breathing there. And I said, well, that happens to other people every now and then in this area. Uh, yeah, so I. Uh, other people have taken pictures, and uh, you know, back in the old days of 35 millimeter before digital. Right. I can't believe it. Let me show you this picture here, Alan. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm send a copy of it, and then with computers, people sometimes are able to say, "Well, that wasn't there." Uh, take a look at this in the right. in the in the viewer here, Alan. Look at this. And I said, "Well, we're in a haunted area." Exactly. And isn't it for the people that don't know ahead of time? Like well, you because you have you know you've been through it, so you know with due to the spots. But when people come and tell you, and you say, "I've heard this before," you know, so you know that they're they're having some type of repetitive experience, uh, as you know, especially when you don't tell them ahead of time. Is what I'm saying. You know that they tell you, "I'm I'm like that guy. I'm having a hard time breathing, or I feel a pressure," and you're like, "Okay." What are the chances that after a while, X amount of people are going to describe the same feeling? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't happen. I mean, this would be like, you know, hitting the lottery 
five right. times in a row or something to that effect. So on, on different places, I, I know a haunted location. I, I won't say anything because I do not want to influence a person and yes. somebody say, well, you know what, that's power of the mind and that's how come this is happening here. So uh, in, in some areas, uh, I'll give you you know, a heads on up and I'll say, okay, you know, con cuidado, you know, and right. I will uh, uh, tell them this is what happens here. And in other areas, I won't. And then something happens and I'll tell them and I say, well, yes. okay, now that this has happened to you, let me show you a photo here that was yes. taken X amount of years ago. And you'll see what I'm talking about. In that area where you experienced this, this is what happened. Or then, you know, this is what happened, uh, uh, you know, just last year, etc. And just tell them an experience of what happened. So, yeah, uh, I on, on my tours, this is no, how do you say, uh, you know, uh, surfing the pier area. Mm-hmm. We surf the big waves. So, you know, yeah. bring out your your elephant gun and <laughs> the big board and out we go. Yeah. Let me ask you, and, and, and I, you know, I, as far as the, the herb, some people call it a ghost story slash urban legend, which is La Llorona. Okay. And I know that it's, it's along the same lines as, you know, the hitchhiker ghost or Resurrection Mary where everybody has some version of it. Have you had any experiences with that urban myth as far as any sightings or people talk, telling you that they've had an experience like that? Uh, yes, yes, yes. And, and let me just say, you know, the, uh, first of all, Resurrection Mary, uh, that's legit. Uh, right. Now, there's going to be some stories, uh, and for those that don't know about it, that's going to be on uh, uh, Archer Way. That's a town, uh, a roadway mm-hmm. in Chicago, and it's about this uh, ghost that has been seen since, what, the late 1920s uh, on this road. And uh, there's a cemetery next to this road, Archer. And um, oddly enough on this here, Marlena, is that the sightings of her have gone down since they've uh, redone, resurfaced, redone the the road. Really? So it's nowhere near as many. Yeah, and uh, so the energy is not, how do you say, as uh, prevalent as what it was with this uh, ghost there. But getting back to La Llorona, mm-hmm. here in this area, uh, that's a confirmation. Uh, La Llorona, for those that don't speak Spanish, uh, that means the crying woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could, you know, do hours and hours on this. I'll try to give the, the, the short synopsis on this or try to, uh, but uh, it's a ghost that has been seen here. Mm-hmm. And there's different versions of her, but this is the legit story of where okay. it happened. And uh, it, it, the, the genesis of this is here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Really? And, uh, yeah, and to uh, the thing about this, it's going to be like Paula Yates of Houston, Texas. In other words, yes. this woman uh, ended on up uh, drowning her children in this water ditch, this water canal here in Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... Uh, off of Canyon Road, that's a road uh, east of in the eastern part of Santa Fe. Uh, the, specifically, the place, uh, the, can, the water ditch, the canal is called the Asequia Madre, the Mother Ditch, and uh, sometimes she's known as the Ditch Witch. Now, this ghost has been seen from uh, the headwaters of the Rio Grande, which is southern Colorado, Mm -hmm. through New Mexico, Mexico, Texas, where the Rio Grande uh, meanders into the Gulf of Mexico. And ghosts do not have that kind of travel radius. 
what does have that kind of tra- well, well, let me back on up. I'm gonna, and this is where I get into a lot of flack with some of the books that I've done or other radio shows that I've done. Uh, this is not a ghost. It's a misidentified energy. I think it's a jinn. Uh, a jinn, you're going to find those in the Mohammedan literature, in the Koran, etc. In other words, it's a shapeshifter. Right. And that is what has been seen. And these shapeshifters are not uh, humanity's yes. friends. They're out to destroy humanity. Mm-hmm. And this shapeshifter, La Llorona, uh, the crying woman, when she, uh, she, at a distance she's uh, very, very beautiful up close. Uh, she's, uh, you know, gosh, sin and death warmed on over, uh, right. a terrible hag from hell. And that's the story of La Llorona here. Yeah, so I've, on my, uh, here, I've done all kinds of, uh, I'd say, investigations on that. And that's how come I say there's, it's a, it's a djinn and been misidentified. And as far as, uh, every now and then, some people have seen her, heard her. Other people that you know they say have disappeared. Right. It was not UFO abduction. It was this shapeshifter, the uh, jinn, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's uh, yeah. This is this is point X. This is bullseye for as far as okay. La Llorona goes. Yeah. I didn't know. I did not know that the origins of the Llorona story was there out of Santa Fe. I mean, I knew it was in the, the southwest. Days. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it goes back to the days of the conquistadors, and okay. uh, yeah, I can, you know, on the tour, I've got many different tours. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I do history tours, I do ghost tours, I do lectures, etc. But I, I get a uh, do a little bit of La Llorona, and sometimes I go into more depth into it, and mm-hmm. uh, other times I'll just uh, let it go. But I'll just say one thing: you see here. Uh, again, too, and this is going off onto a tangent, but you know we're we're surfing the big waves. I, I maintain that there is a stargate uh, portal, you know, los los, los portales, uh, mm-hmm. uh, doorways, or, or uh, up uh, or a doorway that moves, that is hidden, that uh, is to the east of Santa Fe in that slang area, uh, the Pecos Triangle, where all these people disappear, right. and this type of uh, doorway that moves around out there in the Pecos Triangle. In other words, it's uh, a takeoff of the Bermuda Triangle, that type of mystery where UFO or craft have been seen, shades. I say that this is like a, uh, the equivalent of the 1966 William Shatner Star Trek uh, wormhole type of thing. In other words, through this doorway that opens and closes, that's where uh, craft can come through, uh, physical craft, also dimensional beings, uh, gosh, you name it. In other words, it's a galactic highway of a doorway. And this goes back to what some of the Mohammedans, or some of the uh, uh, Mohammedan books talk about, these doorways that move around in the Middle East uh, where uh, the jinn can come through. And that's what I'm saying where the doorway is. And that's how come Santa Fe has so much UFO activity on, uh, yeah, yeah. And again, too, <laughs> we're, we're right. going up all over oh, the map. Don't worry, but, don't worry, keep going. Yeah. It's interesting. I love it. I love it. Um, and because, I mean, there is, um, there, and, and it's, it's, it's really weird because almost one thing ties into the other. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, start looking at the the, the, the the source of it or where it could go 
And then sometimes it's like you said, it's not the expected stuff of like like what you said about that the Yorona is in fact a shapeshifter. Because you know, most people think of the Yorona, the Yorona as an urban myth where sometimes she like you said she takes people or she's like uh kind of like in a way a banshee like if you see her it's like she's saying you know somebody's gonna die you know there's there's always but very few ever refer to her that i know of as a shapeshifter right like you did which which would also explain like you said well that that... how she's seen all over such a wide area yeah, and the thing about that is, you know, uh, shapeshifter. Uh, again, too, uh, some of the things that are, how I say, I uh, that other people. Well, okay, for example, I, I, you know, that movie that came on out that made a ton of money, La Llorona. Well, okay, mm-hmm. that's um, okay. Yeah. That's they did it in such a way, but there's really no how do you say. Uh, uh, gosh, they did it for chills and thrills. There's really right. no. Um, I see historical background and how they did that movie, and I've yet to see something that really does, how do you say, go into depth about the story and about what has been reported here. For example, yeah, all right, uh, the world according to Alan, and there's a few other people that agree with me on this. Uh, uh, other things that are identified as that this is a physical being or this is a ghost. It's not a ghost. Again, it's a shapeshifter. Right. For example, uh, and I've changed my mind on this. For example, the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. that is not a being. That is another shapeshifter that comes through. And uh, uh, another thing is also the Skinwalkers. And we have a number right. of those sightings there in northwest New Mexico. And right. I don't know if we went into this last time, and you mm-hmm. can cut me on off and say, no, no Alan, this no, is... Uh, okay, for example, uh, there in northwest New Mexico with the Navajos, mm-hmm. uh, they were... Uh, when they ended on up getting uh, conquered by the uh, U.S. Army, in other words, these uh, the Navajos were the best slavers around. I mean, they, they had all kinds of uh, uh, slaves for, be it you know, nomadic Indians that they would right. sell. Uh, they sold Spaniards, Mexicans, Americans, you name it. And that's what got them in trouble. Okay. And uh, they're very they're very good capitalists now. They went from one <laughs> one one form of of, of, of capitalism to another one, right? And, with, with their beautiful rugs, yeah, and. Uh, so uh, when they were finally conquered in 1864, uh, some of the chiefs there said, hey, you know what, leaves our medicine men behind here because there is uh, doorway, doorway, portaleses, door, doorways that, uh, that move around on over here and open, and this is where we get the uh, skinwalkers coming in on there. We don't want to have any more of these on in here. Okay. And they said, nope, everybody is going down to Fort Sumner, and you are going to become Americanized. So they were sent down there. And that's the Trail of Tears. And then a uh, few years uh, later, uh, they were sent on back. And then you're saying to yourself, well, how come I'm on up here, uh, you know, with, with my tribe because of the slave? There was Indians enslaved other Indians, and that's how come right. I ended on up on over here as being one of the, or my ancestor being liberated, etc. So, uh, uh uh, we get back there, and the story is into the Four Corners area. Since those uh, Navajo medicine men were gone, mm-hmm. that all of these uh, skinwalkers have uh, are now roaming about. So now they've been having a heck of a time since that time to send them on back or try to how do you say keep them in check. But that's one of the reasons why you have uh, the phenomena and uh, evil tidings up in that area. For Let me example, ask you this: from from what I understand and 
that that uh, among the uh, the Indians in that area, you, they don't even want to talk about skinwalkers. Like it's like you get the stink eye if you bring up that subject. Like I'm not talking about that because right, they're so because afraid of it. Yeah, because they're saying to yourself, well, you know what? I could end on up how do you say ringing the dinner bell uh, mm-hmm. for this because. And again, too, you say so. Why is that? Because of. Uh, all the negative things that are happening on up there that are happened on up there mm-hmm. and uh, you say to yourself well gosh the murders the alcoholism this kind of stuff why even try to how do you say uh, give fear or give that emotion that may perhaps these things can pick on up on to come on over to a person's right. house and cause more mayhem and, and for example I was where I was going on this how is this for coincidence and again, okay. too, you know, the, the old line is, uh, is there such a thing as coincidence? I don't believe in coincidence. Well, the, of all the roads to build that what went north of Gallup into Utah, the Four Corners area, into the heart of Skinwalker territory, right. was old U.S. 666. Oh. Right, because yeah, it's, there as a matter of fact, the Skinwalker Ranch up is up the there in the Utah Basin. It was called that, w- that was labeled and you go to the old atlases you know Rand mcnally and that was highway 666 and people would see things what was that and uh, was that a skinwalker what there's been terrible car accidents uh, yes. all kinds of things on up there so yeah that's uh, uh that just goes to show you a little bit about how to say the energy of these things of uh, uh well what they can bring if they cross your path you know what, for, for those people that think that thing about the 666, whether it's, you want to call it superstition, back in the 1980s, I worked for a major corporation who happened to have a huge building numerically as 666. And everybody would refer to it after a while as a 666 building. Guess what? After a while, they petitioned the county to change the number of their building. And this was a big corporation that you think, okay, right. why would they care one way or the other? You know, you can accuse people of being superstitious as far as, you know, what does that mean? But, yeah, uh, I want to say like in the 1990s, they went to the county and said, we, you know, I, we need you to alter the, you know, the plans or whatever. You know, they, they're the ones that assign, you know, numeral, you know, the, the numbers to a building. Uh, give us something else, not the 666. Thing. Right. And they did. They changed it. Uh, so I understand completely what you're talking about when you say that that highway, uh, it's weird, but you have all the highways, that one. And to go into an area that has had, you know, through the centuries, all kind of mayhem, and you're just adding more to it. Yeah. And of course, you know, the, the joke is, uh, or bad joke, but I find it kind of humorous, is that's where uh, you see that uh, the hitchhiker, you know, from the Twilight Zone, uh, going my way. Uh, right. If you ever see him on old Route 66, uh, right. you know, wanting to go up the Highway 666, don't stop and don't give him a ride. Right. And that, that, that uh, Twilight Zone episode with, gosh, what was her name? Uh, the character's name was Nan something or other from Philadelphia. Uh, Orson Welles did the original one mm-hmm. uh, on a suspense theater back in the 1940s. And, right. of course, that uh, the hitchhiker uh, is seen on old Route 66. But nevertheless, when you get to Gallup, uh, you had the choice there of, you know, taking 
Route 666 or continue on with a double six to get to uh, Los Angeles. And, and you know something else, Marlena, on, on that there, too, just show you about, a little bit about this area here. And we're talking about the strange things, you know, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and all of this is uh, also the number 33. And again, too, uh, this area has so much, how do you say, uh, stuff doing to it, how do you say, uh, sinister numbers or right. sacred geometry. For example, the number 33, and I really don't understand this, and I've been try- studying this to, for not as much as I, I don't have time to really do that anymore. And unfortunately, the guy that uh, uh, knew a lot about this, he died about 25 years ago, and I was only able to talk to him for a little bit. But uh, number 33, for example, okay, um, okay uh, to clarify this, for example, with the uh, Masons, mm-hmm. the top of the line of the pyramid is going to be the 33rd level. Right. And with that 33rd level, you don't get to that level or into that club by uh, deeds, like you know, being a good Shriner and helping out at a burnt ward yeah, no, uh, no. in a hospital. or something. You, you got, it's, it's, you're picked to get on up there. People right. say it's old boys network, whatever. Okay, yeah. well anyway, there is something about that number 33. And, of course, with the meridian and how it comes on into the USA, that's going to go through, what, Charleston, South Carolina, and that's Mm -hmm. going to be where the first Masonic temple was. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that uh, the Masons do a lot of good. uh, You know, the first to 32, uh, from number one to number 32 level, 33rd level, it's so so top secret. Who knows what goes on there, good Mm -hmm. and bad or bad and good. On and on. But the thing about that is is that uh, secrecy, I'm always... uh, uh, suspicious about. Anyway, yes. getting back to this meridian, so we go through the 33rd, and as it, you can have X amount of, you know, on the 33rd, you can be X amount of seconds to the north of the 33rd, X amount of minutes to the north of the 33rd, or to the south of it, etc., but you're on the 33rd meridian. Well, yes. where does the 33rd meridian go through? Okay, Dallas, Texas, Dealey Plaza. Okay, that's where uh, the USA uh, had the coup d'etat when JFK was assassinated. Exactly. A lot of people really don't uh, put too much stock into that, no. but that's where everything went smash as far as the uh, secret society, the invisible hand, uh, right. taking on over the U.S. government. Yes. And what happened in Dealey Plaza? That's where you have the three highways coming on in, you know, uh, through Dealey Plaza. Okay, wow. that was the shock to the American uh conscience. Yes. Uh, in other words, there, there's a, like a living, breathing American spirit yes. that people, that, uh, okay, and you keep on going, going to New Mexico. Okay, remember I told you uh, X amount of seconds, minutes, you're still on the 33rd meridian. What does the 33rd meridian go through? Okay, Trinity, New Mexico. Oh, and what happened at Trinity, New Mexico in July of 1945? That's where the first atomic bomb went off. Bang! Wow. And then that's going to change, how do you say, the uh, outcome of world history, right? And what does Trinity mean? Trinidad, the, you know, the yeah. three, right? Three, exactly. You know, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, right? That's what we got there. Now they say the Holy Spirit. Okay, what's also on the 33rd? Hang on to yourself, Marlena. Wow. Roswell. Walker wow. Air Force Base. Yeah, 1947, July 3rd, July 4th, depending on which, if it was 11.30 at night or 1.30 in the morning, that's where a UFO went down, or was either, you know, crashed or got shot down, or who knows what, but it went down at, oh, you know, there on the 33rd. 
and uh, then keep on going and go across the Pacific. And I didn't realize this when I was in Japan, but uh, uh, the 33rd, well, flanking the 33rd meridian is Hiroshima and Nagasaki, wow. the two cities that got taken on out by the atomic bomb on the 6th and 9th of August, 1945. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and, and here's, here's something else, too, about the 33rd. You know, the only club in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, that you're able to uh, drink liquor, you know, booze, you know, wine, mm-hmm. whiskey, whatever, beer, that's the top secret Club 33 in Disneyland and you and you can only get into it by uh, it's a private club uh, you can only get into it you know by invitation uh, so, <laughs> yeah exactly so, and you makes you wonder what are the qualifiers right yeah yeah and then of course you know you go into more of this kind of stuff about uh, Disney uh, being yes. taken on over by black ops after World War two so it become yes. this propaganda machine and how yes. it's twisted Americans morality since the uh, mid 70s onward yeah all, all this kind of stuff but that, it's yes. amazing we're talking about the numbers and the power of numbers and we and again too what we've got here in New Mexico we're talking about Santa Fe and uh, I thought throwing the 666 and the and, yes. and the double three well no and also when you said that um that Route 666 that heads into Utah, that's where the Skinwalker Ranch up there in the Ute Basin is out right. of up there where they've had, well, now that it's they've kind of tamped down on people going in there, but some of the phenomena that they described that was going on there was pretty extreme. Right. And that kind of extreme phenomena has happened um, not only up there at uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, which Bigelow bought, mm-hmm. uh, but also the... Uh, uh, in and around Santa Fe. For example, uh, let me just say something here about, again, too, putting more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle onto the table here. And again, you know, if anybody has any information about this, go to my website, SantaFeGhostInHistoryTours.com, and you'll find a link so you can email me. But again, mm-hmm. uh, Bi- uh, what's his name? Bob Bigelow, uh, he bought that ranch. And you know right. that Bob Bigelow is one of the main men who is, how to say, a private contractor to NASA. In other words, yes. he is uh, doing all kinds of things with the satellites and yeah. other types of things. And you say to yourself, well, okay, this guy, uh, what's going on there at the ranch that he bought? Exactly. Was there some type of uh, Stargate portal? Who knows what? And he wants you know, more inside information on this. So, uh, yeah. again, too, again, too, that's not coincidence. He wanted that. He oh, no, no, that's, study it. that's the thing. He didn't open it up for... Like to on the contrary, from what I understand, they have very heavy security surrounding yeah. the area. Uh, uh-huh. Like from what I understand, extreme security, like no trespassing, and so it wasn't like oh, I purchased this to like run tours. For example, I'm gonna make it a money making thing. No, he's cleared. He doesn't want anybody on there. He's got tight security. Nobody's even allowed to come close to it. And I, I, from what I understand, I don't know how accurate this is, part of it was because some of the phenomena had diminished. Right. And I guess yeah. he was hoping that by making everybody, no people or very little people, they would be able to have it come back. And again, yeah. which leads to what you were saying, there's something there that he wants to have access to only, only for himself, in other words. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you know, he's been a good businessman. He's also been a good, uh, the man who would be king type of uh, yes. stuff there. And again, too, I, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's better that he has it rather than pull pot 
you know, the dictator of Cambodia or somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but uh, you say to yourself again, too, he's linked to uh, uh, NASA. And you know, then again, there's other stories, too, about just how much did Howard Hughes, uh, how much was he linked to NASA, too, with some of the stuff, be it the intergratron and other types of things that uh, his... Uh, personal pilot ended on up uh, the property, him buying there, uh, what is it, west of Zizix, there with the uh, Intergratron there in, in uh, Mojave. Uh, but yeah, but there, there's these places where uh, it can be very, very hot as far as energy mm-hmm. goes, and uh, it can still be hot, or it goes completely dormant, or it's sporadic, yes. and what hits these tripwires, who knows what. Like one place that was, how do you say, uh, had incredible phenomena as far as the missing goes, uh, that would be the, and then it went cold, would have been the Bennington area, the Bennington Triangle in the late 40s, early 1950s. And now that place is, is dormant. Uh, and, yeah, so, yeah. Where, where, where does places, that uh, uh, Bennington Triangle like, lie, Alan? Where is that? Where, I'm sorry. What, what are the that? points on the, what, what are the points on that Bennington Triangle? Well, uh, they're going to, Okay, it's going to be outside of Bennington, Vermont. That's a, mm-hmm. a, a town where they have that tr- tremendous uh, uh, revolutionary uh, pillar, right. magnificent thing there. And there's going to be the long trail that it encompasses, and it's going to be going out past the Somerset, Somerset Reservoir. Uh, I don't have the ex- Okay, right. it's going to include Glastonbury Mountain. I... I don't have you, the exact geography on it, but if for those people in the Northeast or those people listening, you know, okay, go to uh, uh, go to the Rand McNally and find the Glastonbury Mountain, the Somerset uh, uh, Hill Mountain uh, Reservoir, the uh, Long Trail, and that's the area that I'm talking about. And uh, for example, uh, the vanishings are just as, as as unique as what's happened. Or, or as perplexing as what's happened up in the Pecos Triangle. Uh, for example, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the woman's name uh, who she came from a very, very wealthy family, uh, and this is in 1946, and she was a student there at the university there in uh, uh, Bennington, and mm-hmm. she just walked up that trail on December the 6th, 1946 and she just disappeared and her body was never found uh, no bones no clothing and uh, the thing about this is that uh, her father had a tremendous amount of money uh, I think her, her name was right. what, Weldon uh, was it Jane Weldon uh, anyway her, her father uh, no Apollo Weldon I think Jane Weldon is from the go goes right the the 19 well you know also why i thought it was interesting is that you know that back in the 1930s lovecraft set a lot of his stories out of that in, in, in that area of vermont well, were, you're absolutely right sister i do not know what that guy was channeling <laughs> he, he, he got something there yeah and and and, and lovecraft i mean that guy yeah. He was out there, and he had some good stuff. I mean, I, I still I think Edgar Allan Poe is my uh, 
is the best. He's my fav as far as that goes. But uh-huh. Lovecraft, he's he's on up well, there. But he was yeah, but, talking but, about that disappearances in Vermont and how these towns or people, weird people, and also strange disappearances. And he had this whole thing going on long before. You know what I'm saying? Even though it, supposedly right. he made it up in his you know in his mind, but it's almost like what is it that they call you know life imitating art uh, kind of thing. No, I. Uh... Art imitating life, in his case. Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. Uh, was he, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to say something about, you know, uh, Paula Weldon. Her father was a, a, a industrialist. I mean, he made a ton of money during World War II. And I don't think they had this, uh, the, the state police would not been formed in, in Vermont mm-hmm. back then. And um, anyway, she disappeared. And this guy was so powerful that he was able to uh, get the FBI to investigate this disappearance. And again, right. too, I mean, uh, the FBI, and, well, I, I say, a, you know, uh, the FBI, you know, has got a slack wire record since 1963. I mean, because, you know, with Hoover and them saying that it's Oswald was a loading gunman, I mean, you know, God, right, you know come right, on, give me a break. Right. But back then, 1946, these were the guys that uh, sure. were uh, trying to uh, keep uh, industrial bases safe from Nazi saboteurs in the mm-hmm. East Coast area. So, you, you know, for these guys to not even become clueless and, and not come up with any evidence of what happened uh, to Paula Weldon, uh, that speaks volumes. I mean, the, you know, the, the, uh, you've got an area, let's comb it, uh, we're going to come up with some type of information. And it's not like, how do you say, like with, you know, Dallas 63, where they come up with a bunch of information, but right. then it gets squelched. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, that, that place is, is, is uh, say, a uh, had all kinds of uh, weird phenomena for, what am I going to say, for what, for eight, nine years, etc. Right, and, because it was it only like dormant. a certain, it was only like certain years that all these things happened, like mostly, right? It was like, it wasn't like a history, it was like certain years only that, that they had the disappearances. Right, uh, 46, I think, through uh, 53. Okay. And I think the last, uh, gosh, the last... Uh, Disappearance was with, uh, gosh, what was her name? Frida, gosh, what was her name? Um, Frida Langer. And I, Frida Langer was, uh, this was another one, I mean, another beyond belief type of story. Mm -hmm. So she and her husband, and I guess it's her brother-in-law or whoever it was, they go camping, and uh, the husband ends on up, building a camp there, and this is October of, I missed, I think, like, 53, and uh, the brother-in-law and the Frida go for a, ha- a hike up this trail, so they're coming, they're, they start to go on up the uh, this trail, she slips, gets her, her gets a little bit wet in this, in this brook, mm-hmm. so she's going to uh, walk back to the trail there, so I think it was the brother-in-law walks her like within 200 yards, okay, I can sign off, yeah, you know, you're right there, just around right. the corner, there's the campsite, so he takes back on off on up the trails, so when he comes back, what is it, maybe at dusk, uh, where's Frida? Well, I thought she was with you, you mean, my wife's not with you? No, well, did she come back to the camp? No, so uh, they have, uh, they go 
to the authorities, and I, both of them, what, passed their lie detector, well, whatever, primitive detector test right, they had back right. in those days. And they have a, a search there. And they search and they search and they search and no Frida, no nothing. And then six months later, in a place that they've already searched, uh, somebody finds Frida's decomposing uh, body there in, in, in right. this one area. In other words, how could this place that had been searched and searched right. and searched and searched, and then they find her body in a, you know, it was, you know, like, got beamed down again or something, and right. uh, one of her hands was missing, etc., and uh, people say, well, that could have been an animal or whatever, but, I mean, uh, yeah, that's the, the type of thing that they had there. For example, this one other guy, and I'm going to say this like in 48, his name was Middy's River. He mm-hmm. was a guide. He was in his 70s. And uh, he's leading this group down this trail uh, to, gosh, the Bennington area. And uh, I guess it's I guess the long trail. And eventually this trail goes all the way out up to uh, Canada. Uh, but yeah, he's ahead of the group there. And uh, he, he doesn't... What happened to him? And uh, all they find on that trail is a bullet that could have you know dropped from his uh belt uh-huh. uh, but nothing there and they've never ever found again body clothing right bone uh, of this guy and they said well he had he knew the trail he was a backwoodsman and of yes. course skeptics said, well he had a heart attack and he ran on off into the deli- uh with in delirium and uh fell into a uh well you know well that's really kind of uh yeah it's far-fetched uh, isn't it yeah, far-fetched. I mean, all these people disappearing on, on up there. And that's kind of like the equivalent of what happens over here in the Pecos Triangle uh, east of Santa Fe. And again, too, uh, you know, what is it? It's a combination of a lot of things, of a doorway opening on up. You've got mm-hmm. gin, you've got ghosts, you've got dimensional beings, you've got right. E.T., uh, yeah, you name it. Right. Is it one of those things that, was it intentional that they were taken, or was it one of those things, wrong place, wrong time? When an or- well, you portal know, opens and there you, you know, are. Gosh, yeah, one of the things about that was, you know, I, I heard this back what, in the 1960s and it always stayed in my mind was that there was this rock that moved around on up there in the Bennington Triangle. It looked like right. a, oh, well, it, was a, it wasn't a rock. In other words, it's uh, the rock, uh, the best way that the Indians of that area, I, I forget what tribe it was going to be, but they're going to be an offshoot of the Algonquin mm-hmm. would say that uh, uh, you know the rock would absorb you. So is this kind of like how do you say the way that you would say like it's going to be a mirror, a doorway, a portal, a portal, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you you know if you lean on it, you fall on into it, or does right. something come on out of it and get you, or that kind of thing? In other words, this it's going to look just like a regular door, but it's uh, right. you know, and I always that always. Uh, it always that always stayed in my mind. Uh, that I said, you know, even, again, once again, you know, Rod Serling uh, couldn't come up with that one there about something that moves around that's going to, yeah. you know, absorb you or take you from there. Right. Camouflage of a door. Right, and and the timing sometimes I mean, is, is important. You know that 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 it has to be under maybe at a certain date or certain situations for that to happen. That's why you'll have people well, yeah, that will go through the, the uh, area and they yeah. they're fine. 
Right. For example, with when uh, Jane Weldon, not Jane Weldon, I, was, I got the Go Go's on my mind. You know, uh, <laughs> sealed holiday uh, vacation song. Yeah. Okay. The thing about that was uh, she was going on up this trail, and the story goes that there was some hikers a couple hundred yards behind her, and this is the long trail outside of Bennington, and. Uh, she goes behind this big rock where the trail goes, and of course, when those two hikers, the man the, and the woman, the husband and wife, turn around the corner, they should be able to see her you know, a couple hundred yards still ahead of them, or, and she's not there. So, well, that was really strange. Where did, that ha- where did she go? And again, too, I mean, you, know, just, uh, uh, you have this uh, person who uh, you should be able to see, and uh, in that X amount of what? minute or so, whatever it was, or a couple of minutes exactly. of them uh, going those couple hundred yards, or 200 yards at the most, and she's gone. And that's kind of like what it is with uh, UFOs. You see them, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, gosh, like in two seconds, they just get a, a shot straight on up into the stratosphere, and they're gone. You can see one, and then bang, they're gone, and right. just go straight on up. Or if you sometimes, if you see a ghost, uh, well, where did it just go? It just it just blinked on out. It just well, vanished. Um, you know, David Politis, he's done a lot of this number crunching uh, as far as data is concerned for all these disappearances. And, you know, uh, and I know he, and, and he's very specific about saying I excluded, you know, people that were suicidal or predation of animals. So, and one of the last things I had heard, because on and off, I've heard, you know, different interviews that he found that a large majority of people that were had disappeared were of german extraction and i was like what is that you know that's so weird but sometimes you look at these common denominators and they don't make sense it's like how would i mean what are the odds that you're gonna have first of all these disappearances like exactly like what you described people that are lost from sight just for seconds and then once you start collecting the data that you find this pattern and German extraction, it's like, that's weird. That is really weird. Okay, well, let me say something about, and I'm going to throw some shade here. Go right on, ahead. <laughs> uh, P- Pilates, uh, or Pilates, how do you say? I, you know, that guy, okay, uh, some of the stuff that he gets is, is, is right on. But, uh, you know, he... Uh, for example, um, when he wrote about the missing on up here, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I contacted him, and you know, very you know, snarky. Well, maybe you know some things that I don't know, and okay. I was giving some information about this one specific miss uh, happening that happened up up here, what 1948, 47, whatever it was, right? Uh, up in, and 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 then again to uh, uh, the guy. Okay, some of his, for example, he did, uh, he did something about Mel Natal, and he did something about another mis- uh, person missing, or other missing on up here. So okay. I said, well, you know, I, I do all kinds of research on up there. Uh, you can and go onto my website, and you can see this, Marlena. You're going to see me doing for searches, for okay. uh, uh, investigations, etc. on up there, and with equipment and stuff like this. So he just kind of, how do you say, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, he wasn't, yeah, snarky about things, and uh, uh, some of his information is, is is good. Others is really slack wire, and said, no, you didn't get this. Here's here's the, and I'm not. This was not 
this was to help him. I said, do you have any information? Maybe, you know, uh, uh, here's this, here's that. And uh, anyway, so he, if he's right about German extraction, then wow, because that's one of the things that I was always trying to uh, calculate with my figures about is there any authenticity? Is it a uh, special type of uh, uh, blood? Uh, you know, right, right, you know, right. Uh, was there what, was there a physical something? Yeah, uh, you know, is it something rare? Uh, a B negative? What was the you know the uh, right. the uh, O pot? Whatever it was, and uh, is uh, time of the year? And mm-hmm. All kinds of, of stuff that and, yeah, and and I couldn't come on up with. So if he says it's going to be German extraction, uh, I kind of. Don't I'm 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 going to say well if he's you know I'll, I'll be if he's if he's correct then hoorah but I so far I have not come on up with uh, in, in in my research that that's a, a fact. Now one of the things about uh, German extraction and again mm-hmm. too with some of these things and this is very very interesting right. and this goes back to der Volk the you know uh the the german word you know for the people and mm-hmm. about uh fool society and that they are uh, a different type of people and uh uh well that's there may be something to that as far as if you really go into their mythology and some people say oh that's just a bunch of lies but if you right. go back into how the germans are uh, the Teutonic, uh, they are a completely different people uh, as compared to the rest of Europe. You say, well, that can you can apply that to the right. Italians, to the Spaniards. No, as far as who the Germans are and how they've retained their uniqueness, and it doesn't matter if uh, who uh, through their history, be it with the Romans trying to conquer them or the Romans right. conquering part of them, they were always der Volk, the Germans, and the way that they have this. Uh, work ethic and their logic. Now, their logic at times can go to extremes. For example, in, with their race cars in the 1960s, right. I mean, they're trying to make their cars lighter, and you get to the point with the uh, suspension and the springs, well, you know, this plastic's not going to work. You're going to need steel. That's how come your, yes, your, your, right. your, your, your wishbones are breaking on the car. Right, you're here. sacrificing one thing that you can't sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's, it goes back to like the World War II technology. Okay, that you have fantastic quality on the tank, but you don't need to be this over-engineered. Uh, you're going to need uh, quantity, but but you know, uh, thank God that they were not able to uh, get that idea and produce mass-produce the Tiger tanks, like because uh, uh, these were, I mean, they were just fantastic machines. But, uh, but the point being about that is the Germans are. Are, are are unique, and there's a lot of people here in the United States that do have uh, German names. A lot of brave farm right. boys from Germany immigrated on over oh, to yeah, the yeah, U.S. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were masses. Uh, they, 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 there were waves of certain groups of um, of immigrants, and Germany had definitely, you, there's a lot of states that were populated by certain groups, among them Germans, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm I'm not really too sold on that idea well, about that, and uh, and again, too, going back to some of the things that I've uncovered and the way that he was with you know how I tried to contact him and tell him a few things and the way that he responded and then on another uh, something about the book there uh, the guy uh, uh, maybe I just got him on a couple of well I don't well, no I'm not gonna let him off the hook I'm gonna say okay I've got a jaundiced eye to that idea okay well let's well and, and this is the thing. You know, because he was the, 
he's done a lot of you know he's i mean he's done several books and you know of course it went just beyond simple to, he's got he's done some on hunters and people have disappeared and you know and, and like i said i'm sure that gathering this information is very time consuming but when i heard this thing about the germans i was like how does how could he determine that because you know unless it's a very recent disappearance i mean i've done research myself newspapers back in the 40s and 50s and what and you could go you know where are you assuming that this person is of german extraction because of a surname you know right that's maybe the closest you're going to get as far as information about this disappearance they'll have the names of the parents or the family but still that's you might not be on the right track. In other words, what's the qualifier? I mean, how much could you say of all these people that you could say the bulk of them seem to be of German extraction? How, right. did, how did you find yeah, that? And then, you know, yeah, yeah, and then the thing about that, yeah, and that's, again, you know, the slack wire research on, on, on you know, saying, well, gosh, you know, like this one guy, you know, uh, uh, uh down south in Dixie, it gets hot. Well, I mean, you just, you just, you know, down south in Dixie. Right. Yeah. You know, you, and, and what he's going to, and my point being about this is, well, he's going to say, well, okay, Germanic name. Well, okay, Anglo, uh, Anglo-Saxon yeah. or Anglo-Saxon, that's going to be an offshoot of, of, of a German, of, of, of Nordic name. Okay. You're, right. Because English names, uh, the Angles are, 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 were a German tribe. The, the yeah. Saxons uh, were a German tribe and they ended on up in England. That's where you get the term Anglo. Anglo-Saxon, and the thing about this is you can say, well, the name Weldon, that's German. Well, yeah, but this this was an English Weldon, but okay, it's going to the same thing with uh, the name of, uh, gosh, uh, Jepson, or, uh, okay, well, maybe uh, uh, Tedford, well, I mean, okay, those are, again, could be Anglo-Saxon names, but uh, again, too, then that's going to be uh, linked towards the... um, uh, 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 German uh, stock. Now, Eisner, you know, that is uh, Der Reich. That's a name from the Reich, and that was a uh, person that uh, m- disappeared up there. All these na- names right. I just gave you were people that disappeared up in the Bennington Triangle. So with that, um, I, I, gosh, I, I've heard some people say, well, you know, it's, it's this ethnicity or that ethnicity, and so far I have not... No. Uh, uh, yeah, been able to uh, you know become Sherlock Holmes and say aha. Uh-huh. Well, or, you know, or Archimedes, Eureka. For example, like he, have, he no, says that a lot of the children that are stolen have some disability. Well, I'm saying stolen, disappeared, whatever. And I could say, okay, you know, I could see how that would be. You could verify that because most newspapers would mention something if a child had some type of disability, especially when they were in the searching phase, like this child. Okay, I could see how after you collect all this information, you go, wow, guess what? most all these children had some type of disability okay because that's usually mentioned but the the lineage uh that's the part i don't see how he was able to gather that information right and and i'll say one thing on that that just uh and again too uh anybody has any information on this Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know, and I'm going to give my website again, SantaFeGhostInHistoryTours.com. You can email me. But one of the things that we're talking about, uh, you know, trying to uh, make, how do you say, kind of like a blanket statement that's going to uh, uh, last, that's going to hold on up, mm-hmm. is about UFOs as far as the cigar-shaped type of craft. Now, the past 20 years, the 
classic cigar-shaped craft have been uh, redesigned, or, or, or maybe it's a new alien race, right. but it's more of, how do you say, like a uh, flattened mm-hmm. uh, uh, way, uh, like uh, wafer, uh, oblong wafer type of craft with, uh, with some uh, structures like on the right-hand side of the craft there. Now, uh, the classic cigar shape, th- those are very rare. I mean, the last that we've really seen of them was, well, like about 20 years ago. But the thing about that is uh, about the cigar type of craft, be it the, the oblong wafer or the uh, uh, old classic cigar craft, is that they would be seen like over major highways, uh, right. vehicle arteries, or over populated areas. Uh, and you say to yourself, well, why, why is that? Are, are they looking for something? Is that coming out over old Route 66? Is that out over this uh, small town in New Mexico? Uh, why is, are, are these craft uh, seen versus other craft that are seen, you know, geez, out in the middle of nowhere or something or over the ocean or who knows what, but as compared to these craft there. So that, that's just one thing that kind of, how do you say, I jump to as far as we're talking about uh, broad uh, uh, ideas about it just being a uh, Germanic uh, type of people. But th- then again, too, I'll say something about uh, the Germans and, again, full society and some of the stuff that happened before and during World War II. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible that the Germans, through their magic and a lot of people, modern uh, history books will just reject this, but if you go deep into this right. uh, with the occultism of the Nazis, yes. Yes. that they were channeling something, that they had linked into something that right. maybe gave them some tips about rocketry and about some right. other technology uh, World War II, because if you get into uh, the mythology, the ethos, the, the, the religion of Nazism, yeah. and the, the black sun, the swastika. In other words, they're trying to tap into something. Right, right. And, uh, and, and a lot of people I know think, well, they just have a lot of smart scientists. I'm not going to say no. But yes, but they were just, as, as much as they were into science, they were very, very uh, deep into occultism and n- discovering stuff that was, I mean, from ancient times forward exactly yes yes and one of the things too about that is you get into the occultism and uh, the branches of luciferian mm-hmm. that sparked the uh uh, that was the bedrock of of, of Nazism. Yes. In other words, I'm trying to think of the guy who was, in other words, who uh, financed uh, Nazism and ended up getting this other guy to be like the handler of uh, Adolf Hitler and got Hitler going. And right. the thing about this is, for example, uh, Aleister Crowley, the most sinister right. man uh, to, or one of the most sinister men to walk the world. He was a witch, a Luciferian is uh, Lucif- a Luciferian. Uh, yeah, he had, he was there, uh, you know, back and forth or on the edges of these other uh, groups there in uh, Germany before uh, everything went smash. And and uh, and on this, you know, about what were they channeling? What did they get? You know, and some of the things that uh, von Braun, the father of rocketry for the mm-hmm. Nazis, said, and about uh, some of the. Uh, you know, supposedly help that he got from right. parts unknown. Uh, I always found this very, very fascinating. And, uh, for example, Crowley, 
uh, you know, he was his own publishing company with all the stuff that he's he's written right. or wrote, I should say. And in one of his books, and I forget the title of it, he says that when he was doing one of his seances there in Long Island, New York, and I'm going to say this is like in 1913 or maybe 1917 or something of that effect, right. he, uh, he opened on up this portal through demonic sex magic or whatever, and don't anybody do that. I'm not, you know, right. you're just dooming yourself. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and this creature, he saw this creature, and this creature communicated with him, and the creature's name was Lamb. You know, like like uh, Mary had a little lamb, mm-hmm. lamb. And the way that he describes it, it was going to be, a, well, a gray, you know, a gray alien. Wow. And this was on up there by, uh, gosh, what's the name of that place up there? Uh, I would have studied up on this if I would know that we were going to be going to this area here <laughs> on the show. But uh, the, uh, it's up there by, uh, it's Montauk, uh, Long Island. Okay. And here's something that's very, very interesting about Montauk. Okay, so then, uh, later on, after all of this, uh, the government, Uncle Sam, bought uh, up northern Montauk area and had a uh, military base on up there. It's exactly. called Camp Hero. Yeah, and Camp Hero closed down in 1969, and some of the area, you still can't get into its fenced off. Other areas become part of a federal park there. And the thing about that was, this is, you know, where, where Crowley is, is, is doing his, his uh, you know, his... All his weird Summoning. Stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the thing, and here's, a, here's another link, another part of the jigsaw puzzle here. So in 1940, what is it, late 42, for, for sure 1943, there in the Philadelphia Naval Yards, that's where they're doing the Philadelphia experiment, Airman. trying to get a craft to become invisible because uh, the U-boats are just taking too much of a toll on Allied shipping crossing the Atlantic. So supposedly, fact, lie, half-truths, etc. Well, exactly. Uh, and, and, and I mean, this um, people don't realize that even, you would think of Aleister Crowley as being a very adept magician or whatever you want to call him. But even he himself, when he had that house on the shores of, uh, of, of the, the Loch Ness Monster Sea. Yeah, like Inverness, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bolskine House, I believe it is. I don't know, I, I believe that's the name of it. Yeah. Supposedly, he left, he summoned stuff, and he left it open. He, in other words, right. he didn't bother to close it down, and people don't realize that. And you would think somebody like him would know what he was doing. And well, that's what I'm getting at with that's what I'm getting at with the story on over here about about Montauk here. Mm-hmm. Uh, great minds think alike here, Marlena. Okay, because you see, with that there, uh, suppose okay again too. You know the facts, the lies, what people have said, the half truths, etc. Uh-huh. The Philadelphia experiment. Where did it get moved on out of after 1943 Operation Rainbow? It got moved on up to Camp Hero. Uh, uh, there where uh, the crust was thin, uh, like my late brother would always say, you know, the, the, the veil is thinning. Yeah. Uh, you know, God bless Patrick. And But uh, he'd say that, and that's where the veil was thinning, and that's how come Alistair Crowley was able to open on up that and see where uh, uh, this, this being from another dimension. And supposedly right. with the... Philadelphia experiment, and one of the, the, what was it, the second time that the ship vanished, this time it what, vanished for 15 to 20 minutes, according to uh, the, the stories of the crew there, it was that the, the ship was not gone for 15 to 20 minutes, it was gone like, what, three months, 
and another void, wow. another dimension, where there was these praying mantis intelligent creatures there that were the a- enemies of humanity, and that's where the, what was it called, uh... Uh, the destroyer escort, uh, I was going to say the Sheffield, but the Sheffield was a ship that got hit in the uh, Malvinas, the Falklands. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, wh- where it went there. And then again to, uh, you know, yeah, so you're talking about a doorway opening on up, and then again to uh, who ended on up in Aleister Crowley's mansion there at Inverness, or there on the Loch Ness. Yeah, they, they had uh, a lot of weird stuff uh, going on Led there. Zeppelin's uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, band member who uh what was his name was it uh, uh who was the guy who ended on up right oh did i lose him But, yeah, so again, too, uh, getting that kind of contact and what are they channeling. And again, too, it goes into the music business of a lot of things that are going on with some of the... Yeah, they had they had a fire walking. there like yeah. uh, not too long ago. A couple of years ago, they, they, the, the house suffered like a big fire. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, I've heard of a lot of people that have, you know, gone legend tripping around it, having really bad experiences, even after they left the area. Uh, a lot of weird, weird stuff. Really right. unusual things going on with that place. Yeah, and Jimmy, well, I think it was Jimmy Page. Wasn't he the one who choked on his uh, vomit there? And he was the one who owned that mansion there right. that had been Aleister Crowley's. And if you look at, again, too, Aleister Crowley, uh, the Golden Dawn, Luciferianism, mm-hmm. uh, and then also with the... Uh, who Led Zeppelin was attached to, and then again to yes. with uh, Kenneth Anger and the uh, uh, another Luciferian who he's right out in the open about that. He must be in his nineties in Hollywood, and right. uh, with uh, what was it the other work that he did for that Mick Jagger satanic film that what was made in '69. I mean, a lot of this stuff uh, it, it, it is link to in other words you know what they're channeling is not going to be positive you know it may have a good beat and you can dance to it as they say on the old Uh, dick clark show but yeah this stuff is danger danger will robinson well you know what and everybody forgets when alistair crowley passed away he passed away in poverty uh he had an addiction i believe it was uh morphine he was uh you know for like you know this is what you got for all your troubles of invocation you know, yeah. no riches, no fame, no, yeah, nothing. You know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that throughout his lifetime, he outraged. He got run out of town a few times. He was, uh, there's a lot of places that did not want him, a lot of cities that he was not so, welcome. Anyway, Alan, about, about um, that, we, Aleister Crowley, everybody, you know, everybody always thinks of, you know, he was so notorious and he was supposed to be the most evil man, but people don't realize he, he didn't end up like you would think, okay, uh, he ended up in poverty. Uh, I think he didn't have any money. His health was horrible. He had an addiction. Uh, I mean, he must he might have been you know what you know what they say walked on the wild side, but didn't help him much. You know, into old age, he was dependent, I believe, on several people to help him financially, or he would have been destitute on the street. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't, don't well, he realize was, yeah, that. Yeah, I did not know about him in poverty. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah I, I do know that he lived. Uh, I, I did think that he did leave, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, a life of luxury even to the end because there was other people that would finance and that were into the dark arts, and he was able to do that. He may not have had money to his name, and he may have gone through all of his inheritance. Right. From a wealthy family, but uh, as far as uh, him, you know, living like a third world Cambodian refugee, I don't think that that's what happened to him. But again, too, you know, they're going to. Well, you know what? Take care I... of each other. Uh, for example, uh, you know, and, 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 and again, too. Go ahead. No, well, you know what everybody thinks of, and, and I know what you're saying that. You know, during his life, he basically, from what I understand, he either had sycophants or the women he were with. There was always somebody there that would basically bail him out, um, you know, monetarily. But you would think that for all his, you know, black magic stuff, it was like, okay, so you're going to tell me that at the end of your life, when, you know, Maybe you just need, he, he, he didn't die in luxury. He didn't die well off. He didn't die uh, where he, he had just a few people come in and for like a better word, I, I know that sounds weird, uh, kind of like uh, feel sorry for him in the sense of, in other words, if it wasn't for these people stepping up and giving him and giving some money, he would have been okay. on the streets. Okay, I, uh, you cut on a out there, Marlena. Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yes, yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. No, but what I was saying is okay, you're that. Cutting on... Okay, let me see. Okay, okay. I couldn't better. hear you. I couldn't hear you. How about now? Can you hear me okay? Yes? You can hear me? Yeah, it's kind of strange talking about Crowley and all that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can <Okay>. hear you. <laughs> That's funny. Here I am, bad mouthing Crowley. <laughs> And you know, hey, 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 you know what? He didn't end up yeah. in a good place after all this black magic stuff, and we're cutting out <laughs> paranormal sabotage. But uh, yeah, it, 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 but my point being that you would think somebody like him that had all this, he would have died. He would have died in the lap of luxury, uh, very well attended to, and he didn't. He, and, and people don't realize that, especially back then when he was, even when he was younger. He was, uh, there was a lot of places and cities that did not welcome him, did not want him around because he was so notorious for the wrong reasons that uh, he that he was restricted sometimes. Some some yeah. cities did not welcome him at all, at all. And um, yeah, he was, he was way out there. Right. But, and, and getting back to what you were yeah, saying well, as you far know, as that, about, that, you know, these... that he picked certain places, in other words, like you said, in Montauk, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I'll just drop a pin there. There was a reason why he used certain locations be beforehand. There was a reason. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, certain areas in this world, uh, uh, like, again, too, the, the veil is thinning in certain areas, and that's how come we get the mojo here in santa fe or also for example uh the mastermind of evil for example here here's something that's going to be kind of interesting and again too again and this is just how bad mainstream media and cnn and the like are mm -hmm. is they will or, or hollywood is and i'm just coming from a sag after actor right. is for example uh, with the awards 
you got people like Meryl Streep and Selma mm-hmm. Hayek applauding Polanski. And here is Polanski, oh, who uh, raped a 13-year-old, uh, had all kinds of things that yeah. come on out about other women that he's raped and drugged. Yes. Uh, he claimed that he was a, how do you say, uh, survived uh, the World War II horrors of a concentration camp, but he never he never struck me as that. And I've met some people that, that have. He never struck me as one of those type of people that, that did. Maybe, you know, he survived it because, uh, you know, his his father, whoever it was, was, you know, friend of the commandant or whatever it was, right. but, uh, and he survived in luxury. But the point being about this is here's Polanski, and mm-hmm. evil, evil guy, and he is in uh, being protected by other people with power that yes. have no moral compass, and also, for example, look at the movies that he's been attached to, uh, Rosemary's Baby, yes. and, uh, yeah. Also, his you know, they say about his poor wife Sharon Tate. Right. You know what well, a coincidence. Know, Sharon... He's in Europe <laughs> at the time that the whole household gets decimated. Very well. You know brutally. what? Sharon Tate was a Satanist, and that ne- never ever comes on out. Uh, she ended on up doing this movie. Uh, in other words, it's you know. Eye of the Needle, and it hardly had any release here in the USA, and it talks about sacrifice and about satanic themes, and uh, she ended on up, uh, you know, throwing her lot in with uh, uh, Luciferians. Yeah, a lot of those type of people that do that. I I, had never heard that. That's very interesting, Alan. I did not know that. And then again, too, uh, for example, uh, okay, uh, one of the guys that's that got killed inside the mansion there with uh, Sharon Tate. You know, they're not uh, 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 lily white innocent, uh, uh, mm-hmm. these people there. For example, I'm going to say his name was Freitag, but when it wasn't Freitag, it was one of Polanski's uh, uh, pals. He okay. was the conduit, he was the drug dealer uh, uh, bringing in drugs right. into the USA. And yeah. J.C. Bring, another guy who ended up getting yes. knifed to death in the mansion, he was the candy man to the stars. He's the one who's giving, he's the guy who came with the Sebring haircut. And he right, was the right, one that he was a hairdresser, right? That he was, right. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, 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 yeah. So uh, you look at this, and then again, Abigail Folger with her family's yes. connection to uh, the uh, MK Ultra, or, uh, and then again to the couple nights later, uh, the Lobiancas. Mm-hmm. You know that Rosemary Lobianca, and this is extraordinary. In 1969, I mean, $20, $100 is a lot of money yeah. back then. She had $6 million in her bank account. Explain that one to me. What? Yeah. You remember Rosemary and Leo LaBianca? They're yes. the ones that end up yes. getting murdered. Yes. Uh, after, yeah. And they, uh, they say it's a you know, it's copycat, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, type of murder there. Right. They're the ones in Los Feliz there. Right. I mean, there's so many things uh, uh, linked that uh, Satanism, drug dealing, and right. what is going and And, and it. Uh, that that's how this is all came together on this as as a hit, and they're trying to say, okay, it all has to do with just this evil, evil man right. and uh, Charlie Manson. No, it's much more complicated than that. And as far as uh, 
uh, Lobiancas go, or Labiancas, uh, with uh, Rosemary. She's the second wife of Leo, and mm-hmm. she was, you know, many years younger than, than this guy. I don't know, what, 20-some years, whatever it was. Right. You know, we could say Leo was looking for, no, he was a sugar daddy, whatever. But uh, right. the thing about that was she was had a, a wig uh, business okay. and how were they bringing drugs on into the USA? Smuggled in with the wigs because wigs used to be big business back in the 1960s. And uh, you know what? I remember. Uh, you know that was the time that women would wear those hairdos up. Because I remember my yes. mom had a wig. I remember from the 60s. You know the that it was like that, not a bouffant, but you know where it was like. It was that yeah, style yeah. where you're absolutely right. Yeah, I remember wigs were a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So all of this, you know, is, is linked together, and when you, like you're saying about, uh, okay, uh, it does not muster the test. There's more to it. And right. Yeah. You know, and, and here we're going about, you know, we've gone from Luciferianism and and the link there and what they're channeling to what we got with uh, modern day media with Polanski and well, and Sharon Tate. And you know, there's some, you know, again too, you know, the the Temple of Set, yes. uh, all these. And if you look at Hollywood now today with what we got, you got a lot of people with no moral compass who just want to get on the bandwagon. They want to be like on the winning team. Right. And the more, how do you say, obnoxious and liberal that they can get, yeah. the more, how do you say, points they're going to get as far as being able to get uh, this TV gig or that t- or movie gig, etc. on over here. And nobody, is. Uh, there's very few people that have gone into the, how do you say, the... Uh, uh, the nuts and bolts of, of, of what really happened there in 69. And yes. I'll, I'll give me give a plug for my tours, and I want to finish on up on, on, on the nuts and bolts of uh, 1969 here of, of uh, uh, Charlie Manson. Uh, you see, on my tours, on my lectures, uh, you will get, how do you say, see, that's uh, what I like. a, a Ph.D.-level type of stuff. If you want some right. information about that, and every now and then I do get a group that is up to Ph.D. level, mm-hmm. and they ask some fantastic questions. So my tours aren't going to be, how do you say, uh, McDonald's type of drive-in. Right. You're going to get the true story about this ghost or right. what happened here in Santa Fe here. But, you know, with Charlie Manson there in Vacaville, okay, uh, for example, there where he was in prison, and, and I find this just to be so damn fascinating that, you know, don't believe in coincidence, there in mm-hmm. that cell block area, uh, okay, Charlie Manson's the perfect uh, guy to, how do you say, be experimented on by Blackhawks, MK Ultra. Yes. In other words, getting somebody who has no family, uh, all by himself, nobody's going to protect him. He's been a ward of the state since age 8 or 13, etc. Yeah. And, and uh, program him to do this, to do that. But Charlie was too smart, and he ended up breaking his leash. And in that uh, area, in other words, MK Ultra is going to be like somebody like Sirhan Sirhan to be the right. patsy. In other words, to get somebody to do something that they were, regularly wouldn't do. Right. And this is through drugs, brainwashing, etc. There, in that cell block area on that row, that's where Donald DeFreeze came from. Donald DeFreeze was an inmate there. And what happened when Donald DeFreeze came on out? He started the SLA, the Sibonese Liberation Army. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, and, and there has been some records released that, yeah, that the CIA was messing around with some of the prisoners uh, there in this, uh, that, you know, nobody's going to protect and they're going to become their, how do you say, you know, uh, uh, their little r- robot. You do what we tell right. you. Uh, and, and, and you and, know that, that movie, The Manchurian Candidate, that when it came out, I think well, it was in the 60s, right? 63. 63. And it seemed like a, 
it was like more like a conspiracy fictional kind of like you know thing and it was like now we're realizing man that was pretty accurate right you know and and the thing about that here's some some <laughs> some really eerie stuff about this here and i mean this is just how you say uh gosh uh, uh Creepy type stuff. Let's see, as far as I'm concerned here, but uh, yeah, Frankenheimer's uh, film was so so good. Or I, I, I thought it's 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 a masterpiece. The new film, forget about it. And yeah. I like Denzel. I think he's a very very good uh, actor. One of the the best. He could break the color barrier no matter what era he was in. He's that good actor, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. But when that movie came out in '63, and then after the JFK assassination, yes. it was pulled. Yes. And then it was going to be re-released in 68, and then what happened? Bobby Kennedy gets it. So it finally uh, saw the, how do you say, the uh, uh, light of day on what NBC, I'm going to say in 72 or 73 on a Saturday night movie. Right. But the thing about this is, is John Frankenheimer, who made that film... And Frankenheimer, he made some masterpieces like Grand Prix, The Manchurian Candidate, etc. here. He made... Uh, uh, he was he was he was believed in RFK and uh, I mean uh, that RFK was going to become the next Abraham Lincoln right. and uh, he made uh, some commercials for the RFK campaign oh, really? and the night before or, or yeah and the night of RFK's assassination there on June fifth, nineteen sixty eight and I can remember this like it was yesterday the the, the what happened in there was that. Uh, RFK, after you know the results are coming on in, he has dinner there at Frankenheimer's mansion, and then he goes to the ambassador to uh, have uh, to greet the people that mm-hmm. now it's on to Illinois, let's on to Chicago, let's win the nomination there because right. he won the California primary, and then outside. Manchurian candidate Sirhan Sirhan and the conspiracy and uh, poor RFK gets murdered. And yes. again, too, you know all this hogwash that they're doing nowadays on TV about, you know, the Ukrainian quote, if they really want to do something, I say, where there is evidence, check into the JFK assassination, the RFK assassination. I mean, that, uh, but again, the mainstream media doesn't want to do anything hard, and they want to be part of the ruling elite's uh, uh, government. No, no, you know what? I think that for a long time, a lot of people were under the impression that uh, if not the media journalists, true investigative journalists, would look at the facts strictly. You know, fall whoever had to fall. That was it. But we it doesn't seem to be that way. It seems even now, recently, certain stories are squashed, and then others are basically massaged with kind of quasi, you know, not good sources. And it's like, Okay, so how long has this been going on? You know, was Walter Cronkite in on this? Was he also... Because remember back then, what people don't realize, there was, what, three main channels or right. outlets that people got. So when people listened to this stuff, they took it as gospel. Uh, you know, it was like, that's absolutely the truth. Especially if you had, let's say, like, you know, like a Walter Cronkite who was so serious and had been doing this for a long time. And it makes you think, is this the way it's always been? Where... Certain things are suppressed and others are highlighted? Well, yeah, well, I think within Cronkite's case, I mean, Cronkite, I, I like the guy a lot. I used to just love his, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
uh, him doing the moonshot uh, yeah. type of stuff. I mean, because I could, he was better than Mr. Science because he'd explain, you know, okay, this is yes. how the lunar module is going to uh, dock with the Apollo 11 uh, uh, capsule. Yeah, I mean, he was great stuff. I mean, I, I and, uh, but as far as his conclusions about 63, Dallas said, well, Walter, you just don't know about ballistics. But the, what I really liked about him was in 68 after the Tet Offensive, you know, since he came on TV, and he was in Saigon, and his conclusion was, in essence, was, what the hell are we doing here in Vietnam? It's yeah. time to get on out, find an honorable peace. And I thought to myself, that that's wonderful. That goes against everything that the, yeah. uh, I say, networks want. And right. but yeah, so uh, but uh, as far as I mean, nowadays they're even more in the pocket of, right. I say, the uh, invisible hand, and uh, they want globalism, and right. uh, you have uh, uh, people with great power. That are just how you say like uh, Joseph Goebbels with an ego. Now, now you, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're Cubana, and, yes. and, and there's this one Cubano who's a disgrace to the Cubanos, and, and I forgot his last name on. Oh, and he does these terrible uh, 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 questions to inflate his ego at in the, in the press uh, corps. What's that guy's name? Who's he work for? Uh, uh, CNN. Oh my God! What's his? I know who you're talking about. Uh, I didn't even know he was Cuban. Um, yeah, the guy that thinks it's all about him. Well, yeah, and, and, okay, and, and then you got uh, Soledad O'Brien. I think, you know, Soledad, yeah. the reason that your parents came on over here from Cuba was yeah. because it was, it, was, it was bad stuff. And you want to go against the Second Amendment? You want to do this? You want to do that? Yes. I mean, if it's so damn great, then you go back, Soledad, and you're not going to make me $1 million. Uh, well, maybe she would because she's that type of person, and she would ingrate herself into right. the Castro regime, and she'd live like a princess. I mean, because that's the way, yeah, I mean, I just cannot stand these people right. who are going to say everything is bad about the USA and no, Fidel I don't and the rest I don't, are, are I don't wonderful. understand that because, you know what, <clears throat> uh, if anything, the Cubans understand very well what it's like to live under communism. I mean, this is this yeah. was not like second or third hand. Uh, you experienced it firsthand. And, you know, contrary to what a lot of people say, you know, my family was middle class. Nobody was rich. It wasn't like, oh, everybody. Okay. And I mean, I was born here in Miami, but my family, a lot of my family fled and we were very lucky that in the early 60s they got out. But, you know, you hear a lot of stories and people don't realize in those, what social, socialism slash communism, which I believe the socialism is just not to scare people. They come and they take mm -hmm. over and they'll tell you because they did it with my father's family they had like a they had like a land agriculture and they said all of this now belongs to the people we will allow you to keep this house as in not keep it it's not yours but we'll allow you to live here but from now on all these fields this is what you will grow here and that's it you forfeit you have the government owns everything and they will even come and take inventory yeah inside your house and say that you know because they say this belongs to the people and um i heard a lot of stories of uh during the like during the 60s you know that you had to apply to get out of cuba they would come and they would take inventory to make sure that you had left the people's things they would torture basically mentally once it became known that you were due to leave into the that you were going to be able to get to the united states they they they, they called these people worms gusanos this is what they would call them. Uh, so what I'm saying is that's one of, that's like, that's, there's a lot of stories 
that are much more horrible. So it's exactly what you're saying, Alan. When you hear these people here saying socialism and, and blah, blah, and Che Guevara, it's like, are you, you, you guys are out of touch with reality. Truly, they are out of touch exactly. with reality. And if these people in the late 70s, early 80s are going to get a, a, a windsurfing uh, device and brave the sharks, brave the waves yes. to sail to get to Miami, mm -hmm. then that tells you, you know what, uh, you know, socialism, communism well, uh, isn't going to work. You know, the only time socialism, communism works is when you have a disaster and you've got to have, you well, know, government coming on in to help with a hurricane and yeah. you're going to be giving food to everybody yeah. or stuff like this or to, yeah, uh, you That's know. It. Uh, That's yeah. it. It's a, it's a tough... When things are so great, why would you need to prohibit your population from leaving? Yeah, Let me tell you exactly. Something. You want to leave the, right now. You want to say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go live in Guatemala. I think I'm going to go live in Chile and France. Bye. See ya. Hey, I'm going to go and live as an expat in uh, the Philippines. Bye. Nobody's yeah. ever stopping you. In Cuba, you cannot come and go as you please. You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. And you know, I think about Bernie. And I, yeah. You know, Bernie... I mean, you know, you're you're channeling Joe Stalin. Well, not Joe Stalin. You got you're channeling. Uh, who's he? I don't know who he's channeling. But in other words, because he uh, he'd be like a Berea, more sneaky. Uh, 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 yeah, and that's. I say to myself, you know what? Uh, what you're trying to do is 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 kill the the, the goose that lays the right. golden egg here by going socialism and communism. And that's just how bad right. uh, our media has become. It's and I. How we got into that, I, I don't know. I know, but we're, <laughs> we're talking about Sherrod Tate Manson. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so there's a heck of a lot more uh, uh, to the story about what happened. And again, too, you have all of these roots of evil, of Luciferianism going on into the Hollywood system and uh, secret societies. And well, uh, you know what? And maybe this is how we got started. You know, all these things happened in the decade of the 60s. Like between uh -huh. 1960 to 1970. And it makes you wonder, is it now that, for, what, 50, 60 years that finally things are coming to light about what was really going on behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things about that is, you know, is, is, is uh, uh, for example, and it just goes to you about Tarantino. I mean, this guy has you know, uh, as a kingpin in Hollywood, and he could have made a heck of a lot better movie to really show what's going on uh, there with uh, uh, the shenanigans, uh, with right. uh, what was going to the, the Tate household, Polanski, mm -hmm. uh, the drug deals, etc. here. But right. it goes for the, for the fluff. And yeah, and, and now with, how do you say, the internet, and they're trying to censor that, uh, there's more and more truth coming anyway, out. Anyway, okay. what you were saying about uh, as... Uh, talk something. Yeah, go ahead. About yeah, about uh, the facts, the lies, the what's you know the USA propaganda. Yeah. For example, a lot of people will cite the Bujalosi book as being mm -hmm. gospel. That is just a fantastic novel, right. and uh, about what really happened there with uh, uh, the Tate LaBianca murders. Right. And again, Bujalosi was again a mouthpiece. He saw he's kind of be like a, uh, what's her name, Joy Bahar. Right. I mean, you know, she sold on out. She wants to be part of uh, make good money, live a comfortable life. So she'll right. give the company line. And that's the same thing that happened with Bujalosi. He says, okay, I can do this, and mm -hmm. I can make Charlie Manson the poster boy right. for everything evil. And then again, he tried to, with a terrible book, tried to make it later on that Oswald was a lone shooter. And again, too, it just doesn't stand on up to uh, evidence. And, for example, when Jesse Ventura uh, uh, c c 
got him on the, you know, said, let me debate this to you. Uh, you know, if, well, Bujalosi would keep on saying, cut, let me not have any, oh, we're not going to uh, post this on uh, on TV or on video here. And mind you, uh, Jesse Ventura, he, I, I don't agree with everything that he says, but mm -hmm. at least he has an open mind, right. and he's uh, in the same camp that I am about uh, uh, the conspiracies of uh, Oswald and uh, maybe he's right. well, and, and, and that's the thing. When all like when you said when he wrote these books, let's say about the Manson murders, people took it at face value. I yeah. want to say Americans, all in all, were very innocent. We were very, we believed this stuff. If this if this person had a certain standing, an attorney, and he wrote a book, everybody thought, of course, it's the truth. You know, in other words, people didn't think there is a reason for pushing this version out. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right, and that just occurred to me now. I mean, the gullibility of Americans. I mm -hmm. mean, you talk about the sheeple, and again, yes. too, I mean, I'm sure you being Cuban, you're going to feel the same way I am when Bernie praises socialism or Warren or something to this effect. Right. I mean, it just turns my stomach. Yes. That's not what made this country. No, absolutely not. It's not. It's not, like I said, and, and, and you know, contrary to them, you know, the, 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 they have all these things, and, you know, when you're listening there, you're like, you know what? I know so much suffering that's occurred because of what you guys are proposing and you want to put this on the Amer on Americans. It's like, I can't believe you guys are doing that. I mean, talk as far as I'm concerned, that's a deep betrayal. Uh, I don't care how much they want to say it's for good reasons. It's like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and you know what? This is, this is one of those things that they talk about. You know, the internet, the flip side of the internet, it's brought about its bad things. But the good part is that it, alternative information is disseminated, right. which right. I think it's the way it should be, that Americans should be allowed to make up their mind. You know, hear all versions. I'm not into suppressing one and letting another one. Put it all out there and let the Americans make up their mind what's right or what they want to support or what they want to believe. But this thing of like, no, we're going to squash that and this other one, that that's what I have a real big problem with. And, yeah, so do um, I. You know, and, and it's a shame. I, I'm seeing stuff, you know, and I and, and I take it, it's only if you're, you've lived a certain amount of time, you know, uh, that you are like surprised, like, Mike, let me pinch myself. Is this really going on? What? What's, what is this? You know, uh, as far as, you know, um, so much, uh, what, what do you want to call it? Um, that the, basically they're, they're, you know, I, I'm always thinking, wait, the United States has always been known as the place for free speech. You know, it was right. like, uh, yeah, sometimes you would be very uncomfortable with what you would hear because you were totally against it. But that was what came with having a country that allowed free speech. <laughs> it was like, okay, you know, but no, some of the stuff it's like, man, how did we get here? It's, it's been a real yeah. wake up call for a lot of people. We are, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm, you know, right in step with you on this. And one of the bad things about this is, again, too, with the, how to say, uh, the educational system and yes. how it has become, uh, how to say, a brainwashing tool yes. to get people to become the sheeple. And there's this terrible book that they used to make you read in high school, and it was called 1984. Mm -hmm. But by gosh, I mean, that guy sure... Yeah. Exactly. It was one of those books like... what's going on with Big Brother. Yes. 
And it was yeah. just, it was like and a dystopian, that's like, uh, that's never going to happen kind of thing. Like, yeah. Right. That's... Yeah. And they want everybody to uh, not have a, a single individual thought and to just go along me, with uh, globalists. Let me ask and, you something, you know, Alan. No matter how bad it is. Yeah. Especially since you're, you know, into, you, you have so much information about Hollywood. And I'm going to say, I, I, I was kind of like late on the, that I'm realizing that a lot of movies that were being produced were done in such a way that they would be accepted by China to be shown shown in China, and I was like, "What?" Right. I didn't. But at the beginning, it was like, and I remember, and I'm going to tell you what. I, when when you mentioned Tarantino, that's why I remember a few years back, Tarantino was producing all of these Chinese, like but ancient Chinese, like people that fly through the air when they're fighting, and I was like, "How'd you go from Pulp Fiction to this? Like, wh- wh- how? Did, what? You know?" And then I didn't get it, but I was like, okay, well, maybe he's, this is his. And now I'm hearing where all of so many movies were being made, but done a certain way so that they, the Chinese government would say, okay, we will allow you, you know, we're going to allow this movie to be shown, which of course meant a lot of money for, you know, whoever, I guess, the, the production company, everybody. And it was like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Well- Okay, with, uh, I say, the greening of China and with more money in the pockets there that, unfortunately, you know, uh, that's where our industry went to because of, you know, the uh, what the Clintons, the Bushes did with their mm-hmm. treaties there to uh, uh, strip America and ship all the industry on over there. Well, now you got all these people in China that can buy movie tickets. And, yeah. okay, with the big brother there, they're going to say, well, we don't want you to know right. that Mao was uh, worse than Adolf or Joe Stalin. And we don't want this, we don't want that in the movie. And uh, we're signing the checks here to yeah. and giving you the X amount of millions for your salary, so you do it our way. Yes. And these people uh, say, yeah, okay, you know what, I've got a good life, and I'm going to uh, uh, go ahead and uh, do it like you want. And that's uh, one of the things about... Uh, red China, you know, the Chai Coms, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, uh, yeah. uh, the People's Democratic, whatever it's called, China. Uh, yeah, they do control and they have a big sway on yes. over uh, uh, the uh, industry. Now, for example, uh, gosh, I had a small part uh, in uh, a TV series called Breaking Bad. Yes, and I remember that uh, the story was, well, all you guys, you know, uh, you've got to get checked on out by the uh, uh, the Oriental faction, the Chinese here, and we'll see if you, if, if you qualify. Okay, so it doesn't matter if, if, if I won this uh, casting call and I, right. I, I'm... This, I've got to go through this to see if these people from uh, the mainland are going to uh, like what they uh, uh, see and uh, go from there. So yeah, they weren't have, you surprised uh, though when they when you heard this as an actor, Alan? Weren't you like, huh? Who's got a what? What? You know? I, no, I, at, at that point, no, because I was seeing how things were going, and I thought to myself, you know what? Uh, there's still a few creative people on out there, and I like working for them. Right. But these other companies, I can see how it is. Is okay if uh, if I'm going to be doing uh, having that kind of uh, mindset of being how do you say uh, uh, anti-American and being mm-hmm. a leftist, then I'm going to be in like Flynn with this group, or if I'm going to be doing drugs with them, or uh, being a perv with them, or whatever it is, right. uh, then. I'll 
I'll, I'll be okay with them. But, uh, yeah, so I, that did not, I, I, I saw so many things going on with different films, and be it from A grade to Z grade that mm-hmm. was uh, coming on out that uh, I thought to myself, okay, that does not surprise me. But what did surprise me was that a lot of the gatekeepers right. uh, uh, were, how do you say, so incompetent. And again, too, they had gotten their jobs, and, and they didn't know anything about film or uh, right. say, okay, well, we got to cast this person. And if you say, well, okay, do you want me to do it like, uh, like uh, and I say, like Michael Parks did it, and then came Bronson, do you want this? Or, you know, or, or are we going to do a Frankenheimer type of shot with, with the screen test here? What, what? Uh, you know, and again, too, you know, they, they don't know what you're talking about. And uh, uh, just, just do it your own way. And I'm, I'm trying to get some type of, how do you say, uh, 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 compass reading on how you want this. This is where I thought, okay. So in other words, you can see the garbage that comes on out, and you can see it, well, again, too, it leads to the gatekeepers. There's a few good gatekeepers, uh, casting directors, but the vast majority of it is they don't know their film history. And, uh, again, too, the most creative are uh, small-timers and uh, people that are going to uh, uh, be, how to say, at a, uh, either being indies or at a great right. distance from the Hollywood corporations. And you get yeah. some Australian companies that are doing very, very well, too, as far yeah. as creativity. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely can see what you're saying as far as indie films. You know, they usually... They would be like the, the, it would have to be extraordinarily good to get attention. I see that they're going to be the leaders because people are like, I think people have caught on to like, yeah. Uh, And I think that's why even now a lot of the movies are not doing that well. Like some of these superhero movies and uh, block, supposed blockbusters don't do much because I think people are kind of caught on to what's going on. Yeah, you know, for example, one of the big things here is, uh, you know, like with uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Now, I was, you know, in, in the automotive tool business and racing for a long, long time. And I could, you know, tell you about Ken Miles. I could, you know, the true story about Holman Moody and building those engines so they last at Le Mans. I mean, the stuff that, uh, the, the stuff that goes on that gets green-lighted for stories, right. I mean, uh, is, 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 you know, just gobbledygook. And the good stuff, I mean, uh, uh, again, you got a bunch of hacks. Well, yeah, that, I mean, what was it the other day? What did? Oh, as a matter of fact, I went to see that movie, the the Joker, the one, the last one that came out uh-huh. with Joaquin Phoenix. Wow! Let me tell you something. That guy basically transformed himself. I was like, I hadn't seen him in the film for a long time, and it's kind of like disturbing. The movie's kind of disturbing because you always think of the Joker as he's portrayed in all these different Batman or movies. And the, he just, his portrayal was like jaw-dropping. My husband left and he was like, this is really depressing. <laughs> and, but um, yeah, it was like, stuff like that is like, you don't see that that often because... Well, yeah, tell you what, he's channeling. I mean, you know, you know Joaquin, the, the, you know, his yeah. family yeah, I know. Uh, came I... from a sex cult there yeah. in... Uh, they're, yeah, they're yeah, they very unusual people. <laughs> That's to put it nicely. I didn't know it was yeah. a sex cult, though. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah as a matter of fact, you know, they're, uh, they're passing around kids, and Joaquin's brother and Joaquin and the rest of them were, are, you know, uh, boy toys to uh, that group. And that. uh, they were, that's how come they were out of the country there in, what was it, Venezuela or so Guyana? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so what he's doing is he'll, you know, just channel that. 
energy from when that's not acting. That, Let me tell you something. I mean, well, and it's really funny because the premise of the movie towards the end, and spoiler alert, anybody that is, hasn't seen it, you know, at the beginning, of course, you know, and, and everybody knows the premise of the movie is that you have somebody that appears to have some type of mental illness and the system, blah, 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 blah. But then as the movie goes along, you discover that in reality, there was a history of physical and sexual abuse when he was a kid. That, yeah. you know, it was like, huh? That, yeah, it was a very disturbing movie. And of course, yeah. um, and, and, and it kind of frames, you know, the you know how they always have these backstories to these villains? Uh-huh. You know, it kind of gives it a different slant as to how he's embraced and becomes the yeah. Joker, the villain. Uh, but yeah, it was like, and I was looking at the movie, I was like, oh man, this is dark, really dark, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but what I'm saying is, you don't see that, uh, like I said, a lot of the movies, people just don't go see them anymore, outside something like this, that because they're like, it's like, I've seen this version of the superhero, how many times am I going to, you know, see this? Um like like you were saying, as that as far as indie films, it's like okay, you're gonna hope that indie films are going to save the day as far as interesting original stories, not a remake from 1960 or 1970, uh, redone a la 2000 something, because right. they 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 they, they kind of like switch the message around or the portrayal of the characters, and it's like. You're spoiling the movie. Why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, it, almost like what you said when we talked about the Manchurian Candidate. I thought the original movie was great, and it's like, okay, let leave that alone. Oh, it was fantastic, and the, and the yeah, the new one you cannot uh, uh, top it. And uh, yeah, I mean Angela Lansbury, uh, uh, gosh, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and you say to yourself, wow, Frank, he he did. I mean. I never thought he was that good as Maggio and From Here to Eternity, but in, in that movie, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. From James Gregory, or not, uh, uh, to uh, gosh, all, everything in the direction, uh, the panning. I mean, that is, uh, gosh, what uh, brilliant! I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, that one scene of the TV interview with the. Uh, Perks. That that's fantastic. The the blood splattering uh, on the. Uh, a picture of that, you know, you have Mao and 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 Stalin, and uh, there's just all kinds of things in that movie that are are fantastic. And then you look at the modern stuff of what they're trying to do. So, well, if right. you had a little bit more creativity uh, and with that kind of budget, I mean, geez, Louise, I you give me that budget, give okay. me one twentieth of it, I'm, and I can uh, do better than that. I'm going to ask you something, and it's something that as an actor, maybe you could tell me. I've seen some, when you talk about CG, I've seen some films, you know, that basically they're using the same technology that they do for these games, you know, for these high-end games, where they're so human-like, the the film, it almost looks like you're really looking at a real person, not a CGI. And I was like, man, this is this is is this where we're gonna head to, where we don't have actors anymore, or just their voices, in other words, and it's only gonna be a CGI construct. Well, you know that.
okay, and let's get to Santa Fe again and to Epstein. You know, Epstein's Lolita Ranch was here in Santa Fe, right? I didn't know that. You know, uh, Epstein, the one that was uh, yeah, 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 yeah. murdered. No. You remember that, all the oh, okay. underage That's right, uh, right. women, the, Prince yes. Andrew? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, they were all, their, their big thing about that is to uh, the next leap into uh, uh, evolution, to be man merging with machine. Right. And... Uh, you being a godlike and you mm-hmm. can live forever and with this you're going to have this virtual reality type of uh, existence right uh, you will have there'll be you know what x amount millions of slaves to but it's not going to be you know 7 billion people on earth to uh run their uh, you know grow their food etc and what was going on here with some of the meetings uh, here in Santa Fe uh, was about the next uh, leap as far as where humanity is going. Right. Seed the human race uh, was another one of his uh, pipes. Yeah, dreams. I heard that. He and, of course, he was involved with... Yeah, okay, well, this is going back to what you're talking about, uh, uh, green screen and uh, right. uh, non-reality type of stuff of us. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's the next step into uh, technology of what you're going to be seeing and as far as are you going to be able to fake out the people and saying that this is reality when it's not, when it's just special effects, be it from TV or seeing something in the sky. Uh, or Yeah, there's all kinds of things that can be done. And, again, too, it's all part of that. Yeah, that- Deep fake, uh, what they brother. call deep fakes. What's that? That's what they call those deep fakes. The one, you know, well, they, you know, when yeah. they use that, you know, that you, they've have actors, yeah. like let's say Star Wars, where they'll make them younger. You know, they'll do like mm-hmm. a flashback, and then and, and that, right. that's fine, that's great, you know. But now that that they call deep fakes, like how far does this deep fake go? Where right. uh, all of a sudden. You could make somebody appear to be. I mean, the the, the possibilities are endless and sometimes scary when you think about it. But yeah, I, and look, yeah, and look at what we're able to do, like in the nineteen thirties, with uh, with for uh, pictures from the Kremlin with the Politburo, uh, different people being uh, snipped on out, or, or from nineteen uh, twenty. 1920- pictures of Trotsky being snipped on out, and it's just Lenin and Stalin, or right. snipping out Berea. Yeah, what, that's the thing about this, is about singularity and about uh, mm. the next thing. And Epstein was just the tip of the iceberg, oh, yes. and uh, he had to be silenced. But oh, again, yes. to getting back to Santa Fe and all these weird things again, too, here, you know, give it a few more years. To say, wow, this is almost how to say uh, as as mind shattering about a new type of how to say life forms uh, cyborg of what they're trying to do yes. with uh, what they're discussing here at the uh, Lolita Ranch uh, outside of Santa Fe here in Santa Fe County. Right, right, right. That that you would always have at your disposal a young, healthy body, but your consciousness would always be the same. Your self awareness, and uh, they basically, you know, like the idea of these people that supposedly had themselves frozen. Well, don't worry about it. We'll keep mm-hmm. your awareness, your brain, whatever. If, if we could put your, let's say, your brain, your memories, who you are in a chip, and all we have to do is insert it into either a biomechanical, totally biomechanical body or totally mechanical transhumanism. Yeah, it may, it's kind of scary when you think about it. And, of course, absolutely, you know that the only ones that were going to have that type of privilege would be elites. You know, if you were... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and if you look at, you talked about transhumanism on over here, and about what little we do know about uh, history before the Egyptians, etc., before the Babylonians. Remember the Chimeres or the Chimeres. Mm-hmm. And again, too, about uh, you have uh, the body of a lion, the yes. head of a man, the wings. You've yes. got... Uh, uh, you know, Anubis, human form with the mm-hmm. jackal's head, or etc. And uh, you know, if you look at some of those tablets or some of those paintings, it looks like you know, is that is, is that a a leash or is that uh, s- stitch marks? I mean, of where you've got yes. this and that attached to uh, this animal, and that's what they're uh, doing. And, and you know, again, to going back to. Uh, uh, Camp Hero out there in Montauk, uh, we know what is across the strait at at uh, from old Camp Hero. Right. You, do, do you know what's what's what, what's there, Marlena? What? Plum Island. Plum Island. I was Plum. about to say Plum Island. Yes. yes. And, and, and tell the audience about Plum Island, about what goes on there. And again, too, this cast of, with what are they channeling? What demonic energy? What what evil things are they channeling? Giving us this kind of technology, and that's what's going on at Plum Island. Go ahead and tell the audience well, about Plum Island. Well, as a matter Island, of fact, of... It, you remember in Silence of the Lambs when yeah. uh, Hannibal Lecter, they're trying to bribe him into cooperating, uh-huh. and she's telling him, we will allow you to go to this island and you will have free run of the place. And one of the eyes, it was either Plum Island or one that was adjacent to it. Uh, and he I, was said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I, I missed that one. Yes. Okay, okay, because I, I, I got so angry at that movie because they just didn't... I thought it was really overrated. But, but, but anyway, uh, the, the, but the Plum Island, ladies and gentlemen, that is a top secret yes. uh, government base and that's where they're doing all kinds of how do you say uh, mutations with animals. Yes, and, and, it's, uh, and you can't go on there. It's words, like you, know, you, it's... you cannot you cannot go there. That that place is like uh, it's it's you know fenced off. It's nobody's allowed there. Uh, animal, I'm always yeah, animal diseases by, uh, and stuff like that. That's what they were studying yeah. supposedly. and and it's uh, yeah, and it's patrolled by. Uh, 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 Coast Guard, naval, uh, uh, fast boats with weaponry, and uh, it's fenced off. So you're doing all kinds of stuff, and every now and then something washes on up, and you say, what is this? And they'll find right. that on Long Island. And it's like a combination type of animal. And again, too, what were we talking about there? With the opening of the doorway mm-hmm. by accident with the uh, Philadelphia experiment that was transferred to Camp Hero, then across you have... Plum Island. It's still top secret area at Plum Island. Right. It's, and it's, then it's, again it's owned with, by the United States. There's like, there's no private ownership of anything right. on and, there. Yeah. And then you have in that mansion there, uh, Hero will no longer exist, is where Crowley was opening on up that dimensional doorway. And what was he channeling? Lamb, this. Yeah. So you see what it, you're talking about? These, the elite. Uh, and this goes into you know aspects of the Illuminati and other types of ruling families. Just exactly what have they been able to tap on into, and why do they have control centuries after centuries? And how come they keep on? I say uh, uh, their iron hand keeps on closing and closing in trying to control us more so. And now there's the big fight with the freedom of people say, hey, there's something going on here that is not right, and we do not want these. Uh, uh, politicians from generations to be part of the ruling class anymore. Yeah. And again, 
goes back to Santa Fe. I mean, of all the places, we talked about all the ghostly activity, uh, A-bomb secrets being stolen here in Santa Fe, all the strange uh, sacred geometry of, of the area, and then we got Epstein and the Lolita Ranch on over here, and all these people I didn't know it was that close to Santa Fe. Here. I knew that that ranch was out there. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I heard from what I understand that, you know, since when he lived out there, you know, he was a registered sex offender because of what he happened here in Florida. But since he was saying, I right. live, you know, that the law is you have to register where you live. So even though he was out yeah. there, he would say, I live in the Virgin Islands. So in other words, that's why he was not forced to register locally there as an offender, because supposedly, technically, he didn't live there. So that's how he got around that one. Well, yeah, there's some truth to that, and there's also something on else inside connection there. But, yeah, one of the things about, like, for example, with the film business here is they'll say, well, okay, you know, you're getting a tax break, and uh, oh, yeah. we want some New Mexicans on the film set here. But then you got people from New York or California who have a P.O. box here and say, well, I'm a New Mexico exactly. resident. And, of course, they know that they're not the higher-on-ups, but you've gone through that loop there, and we can hire you, and it's the old buddy network. Of but course. as far as Epstein there, with his connections with ex-President Clinton, who can, or Hillary, who's going to be running for president again, uh, you know, she can pull the chain, be it with, you know, the constabulary. And then, of course, he was uh, friends with uh, uh, Bill Richardson, the governor of New Mexico. All these powerful people on over here, he's going to be able to, uh, you know, get away with not being uh, registered as a sex offender here. So, yeah, right. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, it's, so there's... I mean, Tisa, but again, I want to come back to, I'm going to say, con considering everything with the Internet, I think a lot of this would have remained unknown if it wasn't for the Internet, as far as disseminating exactly. information. Exactly, and that's what's very dangerous about what they're trying to do mm -hmm. is trying to uh, censor this and say, okay, oh, yeah. you know what, that's going to upset somebody, that's hate speech. Oh, hey, no, yeah. this is facts. Oh, right, no. And it's like, wait, we've been doing this for the last quite a few decades. We want to consider, we want it to continue, and it, it's slipping from our control. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's you know, that, that, that every, everybody was, you know, was everybody was hypnotized, like, oh, okay, you know, okay, well, that person said it, and they're an expert, or they're, you know, they've got a rank, or, you know, and everybody just followed along because we didn't know any better. And it turned out, and a lot of people now are waking up going, huh? What? They what? <laughs> I like, yeah, I think there's a lot of Americans having rude awakenings. Uh, maybe in the last five years, especially. Uh, yeah. That uh, kind of like, yeah, an unpleasant awakening anyway. But anyway, Alan, I, wanna <laughs> I could keep talking to you forever. I want to thank you so much. You have been such a wonderful, wonderful guest. And I hope you're going to come back because I think we could talk all about a lot of other things. And it's, it's, it's just been great. It's been it's been wonderful. Likewise, and uh, we were all over the map. I really yes. enjoyed it, and yes. that's what makes this uh, program so sweet and so good. And uh, yeah, I wish you a wonderful holiday, Likewise. and uh, all the people listening on out there, drive safe. And uh, I just want to say one thing, you know, uh, before we go here, sure. to those people that you know are experiencing. Uh, our, our, you know, alcoholism, drug addiction for the holidays, etc. 
get help, be it AA or wherever yes. you got to go, get help. Don't do anything stupid. Yes. Your, your life is too precious. You've got too much more to, to do in this world and to help other people. Yes. And just get help, and there's always going to be a, a tomorrow. And uh, just do the right thing and go and get help. Yes. And with that, everybody have a wonderful holiday. And I guess what uh, I'll talk to you again come ah. next year. So have a wonderful end of 2019. And uh, lastly, uh, I want to say a few things to you off of the air sure. when we uh, so stay on the line, and I'll okay. talk to you afterwards. All right, okay. hold on, hold on. Let, we'll, let, okay, guys, I'm gonna bug out for just a second. I'm back. Okay, yeah, it's a, I, I needed to talk to. Well, we, you know, like sometimes people want to talk about certain things, and I understand, you know, that we we wanted to talk privately because not everything is meant to be uh, on air. I love talking to Alan. I could probably do a 24-hour Alan Pacheco interview marathon. But yeah, as you can tell, he is well-rounded. He's, he's, I'm telling you, I, I've looked at his website as far as his tours. He's been doing it like 30, 30 to 35 years, a really long time. And you could tell the testimonials, the pictures that people send him. You could tell that people love his tours and he's got great feedback. Uh, so check out his website, which by the way, I will have a link to it. Uh, on the credits of the show and, and I'm sure if people that are listening to the podcast you heard him mention what it is and also if his email if he's got anything along what he's looking for um, and, I mean we went all over the map but that's why I like talking to him because so many interesting stuff so many things out there and um, like I said you know sometimes and, and God knows that's one of the things I do sometimes when I go traveling I take these different tours whether history tours or ghost tours and I've gone on some that they were okay. And even the presenter was okay, but it was like, you know, I've heard this information. I would, you know, you pulled this off Google, right? And it's like, it's okay. But you know what, what I like when I go on tours, is like, you're going to give me what I don't see on Google. You're going to give me this behind the scene, the backstory to the backstory about what happened here. You know, like, oh, you know, this place is supposed to be haunted by this lady, whatever. So supposedly blah, blah, blah. But the real story is, that's what I like. And that's what Alan gives because, of course, when you live in a certain place for that length of time, especially if you've been doing tours, you get the, uh, you get the real story. And I don't know if a lot of, uh, you know, some of you might see, um, a lot of the different uh, paranormal reality shows. And a lot of them, you know, originally, one of the ones that was doing it from the beginning was The Dead Files, you know, uh, where, you know, she would go out there, do the psychic part, but Steve Deshami would be going off and do the research. And of course, he would contact genealogists and uh, newspaper archives and historians, and he would put together this picture and lately a lot of these shows are starting to do that because they realize that people are really interested in you know in is this like an urban myth or this place that's supposedly haunted is it really accurate or it's not or is there more to it which by the way i found that's why i wrote one of my books which is the lady in the blue kimono which was a bunch of they're all true they're all accurate stories um of all these really disturbing murders that happened, much, some of them never solved. And I came across them because I was doing research and other stuff. Okay. And 
I think that, again, coming back to what we were talking about, the tours with Alan, is that I personally like it, and I think most people like it, when you go on one of these tours, whether it's historical or ghost, and you're getting all this rich detail facts, or that he tells you, you know what, the story on this is this, but in reality, the truth is that. Uh, like what we were talking about La Llorona, I had no idea that the true origin origin of La Llorona was out of Santa Fe. I mean, I knew it was in the Southwest, but I never knew that it was or it was the origins were out of Santa Fe. Um, and I mean, there's different versions of it. And uh, as far as, you know, whether, you know, uh, you know, some some put it that she killed her children uh, purposely by accident, out of jealousy. I mean, there's just, just a little bit ver different versions here and there. Uh, and or that she's seen, you know, she steals children. She's a harbinger, like kind of like a banshee. Like if you see her, you're going to die. I mean, there's different things, but I didn't know the historical part uh, tied into Santa Fe. But I mean, we talked <clears throat> we talked about so many interesting things that, guys, I really hoped you enjoyed the show because I absolutely loved it. Uh, I have a lot of interesting guests that uh, I've got scheduled. Um, <clears throat> I don't interview during December, but I, I mean, I'm going to be releasing shows, but I don't because, like I said, uh, myself and a lot of my guests, we're caught up with doing family stuff, holiday stuff, which, by the way, I think is the way it should be. And... Um, uh, also, by the time this airs, I should have released it already. I, I'm uh, putting out a, a follow-up to the book, uh, the, uh, the 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 Sybil Chronicles, which is Walker Between the Worlds. I, I'm doing a shorter a shorter version called a novella. It's called Diabolique. It's uh, I'm scheduling it for release on November 29th, 2019. So please look for it. I'm gonna have it here on my website and on Amazon, and I'm going to be doing some giveaways also uh, on that book once I release it, and I'll let you guys know, like I said, <clears throat> uh, follow me on social media, because that's usually where I post a lot of stuff, or sign up for my newsletter, and as a matter of fact, right now, which by the time you hear this, it will be over, I have a giveaway <clears throat> of, the, um, of an apron for DC Comics, The Flash, because so I thought, you know what? This is exactly what everybody needs with all the holiday cooking in April. Yeah. So again, guys, thank you for being part of my audience. You are all absolutely wonderful. And again, for those of you who will listen to this a little bit behind the times, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Wishing you and yours the best. Take care. <laughs>